All right, guys, this is After the Pod. We had a good one. It was long, a lot of good info, some disagreements. We ended with a triple crossfire, double, I guess it's a double crossfire, triple bet. I think I convinced you, Fez, at the end. But at least you went to neutral on it when you were against You had it. some very solid handicapping and, and pregame.com research. <laughs> this wasn't my best show, to be honest. I thought a lot of people shined. I had so much info. Mackenzie and I were rushing to get this all done. It, it kind of discombobulated me a little bit. But I think all in all, you guys, let's just say this. I feel like that RJ, wherever the rankings are, this wasn't the best day for me. But I like my bets. All right, so we'll get right to it. We got one offer for you. Now, college football starts this weekend. There's seven games, and it's week zero, as they say. But zero, that's not fun. We don't want zero profits. So we give you a chance for 75 bucks off any football subscription. It's one use. It's through Monday. But let's think about this. There's games Saturday. And they're gone on Sunday, and then Monday they're gone. So if you're going to use it, use it fast. Take advantage of it. 75 bucks off any football subscription. Now, listen, this coupon code is not ideal. But you know what? When you're making 75 bucks using it, deal with it. Line 75. L-I-N-E-7-5. Line 75. What's it mean? Nobody knows. But it means you're going to save 75 bucks. Use it, go to pregame.com, and it can be on any football subscription. Now, the one I think is best is we get AJ, who is the college football champion in the last three years, over those three years, and Fez, who's Fez, two-time Super Contest, et cetera, et cetera. How many units are you up this year? 70. Is that at pregame? It's no other sites? It's at pregame only. That's oh, okay. I only okay, sell at pregame.com. It's actually plus 73. Only sell there. Okay. Plus 73 units. 73 units. Now, is that up or down recently? That's up. Up, up, up. Line at 75. I was losing both games tonight. One on both. I, you were high-fiving. I love the passion. Greg Shaker was up 38 units last college football season. Nover up 27. Good fella. Consistent winner up 22. But what I really like is AJ and Fez with the dream package. And that way, is Fez's college good? Yeah, it is. It's not as good as the NFL. AJ's college, gold. How's his NFL? Eh, it's not as good as his college. It's fine. Well, why not get the college from AJ, the NFL from Fez, all in one package for the same price as if you were getting both from one person? That is a dream. That is one of those packages you could get. You can get any of them. Line 75, L-I-N-E 75. Enjoy. On to the show. Counting down to the start of the NFL, but I don't care about that. We've got an NFC preview, and we're batting real effing money. Thus, there's no effing around edition of the Wise Guy Roundtable. To my right, A.J. Hoffman. Best three-year record in college football. We're betting him in the NFL. To his left, Steve Fezzik, the only two-time Super Contest champion, second-best NFL handicapper on the show. Oh, Mackenzie Rivers, the best. No, <laughs> Mackenzie's here, but so is Scott Seidenberg. Let's get straight to it, because Scott has to leave in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but we got some good news. 
we got some good news. Starting, you guys are recording tomorrow, right? We are recording Record on Wednesday, release on Thursday, but then, from then on, it's a day earlier. AJ on one side, Scott on the other. We asked Scott, what's your best sport? He goes, I'm good at all of them. I said, come on. And then he gave me a list. Number two on that list behind baseball was college football. Yes, sir. It reminds me when AJ said he was, wanted to be a comedian. I said, I knew you for years. You've never made me laugh. I've never heard any wisdom of college football out of you. Well, I give guess, me, you, I guess me, you're going to have to tune in. Give us just a teaser take. Like one, one like kind of like this is a hot take for college football, but it's a legitimate take. Mm, Clemson will not be the fourth team in the college football playoff. Ooh. So they're, right now they're the fourth favorite, right? Yep. There's the high State, Georgia, nope, Alabama, all in the tier, right? Right. Okay, you're going out of order, but okay. Whatever, no, ma- whatever makes you mind, feel good about yourself. In my mind. <laughs> because there's a big three and then Clemson. There's a big yeah. three and then there's everyone else. Yeah, but no, Clemson's at the no. top of that list. There's the big three, then there's Clemson, and then there's everyone else. So for him saying Like I no said, Clemson, there's a big three and then there's everybody else. And, he thinks Clemson belongs to everyone against else. Clemson. Yeah. All right. Now, but it's, I mean, I can say Google's going down. Why? <laughs> why? Why? Uh, I think it's only going to be a few the curse weeks of Trevor Lawrence. before we see Cade Klubnik, the true freshman, take over as the starting quarterback for Ooh. DJ Ui Ungalele. And is that a bad thing? No, I think it's actually going to be better for them, but I think the fact that they'll have to go away from DJ means there could be some struggles this year. You also, see, the coordinator's changing. There's a lot of turnover with that And there that hasn't program. been much turnover at that program. Mm-hmm. Until Debo wore that Newsmax shirt. Then, then the shit hit the fan. I don't know. It could be a coincidence. AJ, you see the professional way. He was almost playing with the difficulty of that name. Ungalalele? Yeah, but the way yeah, he, was, he, was, he was almost like, imagine there'd be some, some t- like the Fonz. Are you really going to talk shit to me about name pronunciations? You're well, like. <laughs> RJ, it's ukulele. I have problems G. with one name. Okay, G. Ukulele with one a G. One name, what? You said on, on Straight Out of Vegas the other day, you were, you were reading the headlines about Kamaro Usman, and you said, the big fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never heard of the guy. I can say Usman. I never heard of I him. I thought it was so great that you said the big fighter was favored and he went down. Isn't he a welterweight? Why is he screaming in the mic? <laughs> I tried to move off mic. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so. It's like the Fez symptom is he always is off mic, but then when he yells something, he thinks, I got to get into the mic, and he turns and yells into the mic. <laughs> it's only been six, six years you've been six, working on it. <laughs> All right. We got a special show. Here's what the show is. Thousands and thousands of dollars are at stake, and we're not kidding. Here's how it's going to be. We're doing the NFC this week, AFC next week. Fez is on one team. I'm on the other, and then we got a three-headed team, AJ, Scott, and McKenzie. Why three-headed? Because this is not their sport of expertise. They're, they got good insights, but do they really want to go with thousands of dollars against Fez? No. And I suggested this for their own welfare. I don't want someone being depressed. I do, but only to a certain point. Then I, you know. So, plus I figured they wouldn't want a place for these stakes if they were doing it by themselves. So why don't they just combine it so we'll get all the money anyway. It'd just be easier. You didn't hear that, did you? No. Okay, good. I was assumed before you said it. So what are we going to do? Each division, we're picking one force bet over, one bet under. Now, the logic of that, Fez, maybe you can share it. In the same division, you don't want to be betting overs 
with a bunch of teams or unders with a bunch of teams. Why? Obviously, with the teams playing each other twice, which it's lends itself le- towards lends itself to in any one division. If you had told if you told me, hey, the Bengals went over, all right, that's the only information I had. Well, then immediately I'm looking to go under on the on the next three teams because more than likely the Bengals have a good division record, which is going to make it really hard for the other teams to reach their season win number. If you made a bet, if we're looking at the ROI on a series of bets. If you bet one over with a team, or let's say one under even, which you have a bias towards, if you bet one under in a division, you've got fair odds. You bet the second under, both those bets now become less uh, viable. Exactly. You never would want to correlate. You never would want to parlay them. If you bet three, but even without parlaying, is is the your ROI by definition is going to be your end result of all of them, and you're going to have a lesser chance to win any of the individual bets when you bet all. You don't know what's going to win. You don't know what's going to lose. So over a series of bets, you're worse off. If I just by flipping a coin, if I played one over and one under in each division and you, based on the coin flip, played either both overs or both unders, but it was random, I would have a better chance to beat. But by definition, your two paired together has less of a chance to win. You'd have a better chance to go 2-0. and oh. You wouldn't have a better chance to win. Oh, I disagree. The, it, win as in, as in, if we said at the end, who made the most money versus the bookie. Yes. You're saying you don't think there'd be a better chance? No. Boy, I disagree with that because intrinsically – once a team wins, if a team wins enough, it means they won more than an average, their expected number of games, which means statistically there's a chance that they, or a better chance that they beat a team in their division, which means it could be the second team, which means the odds of generally winning for that team go down. Directionally, I fully agree that once one team does what you said it was going to do, uh-huh. the other, all the other teams, you cannot go in that other direct, in the same direction. But if it, I agree if it doesn't that. have a net profit effect, why would there be a rule? But we'll get to that another yeah. time. Okay. There's logic in general, don't do it. Yes. All right. We don't know exactly why cigarettes are bad in every way. <laughs> But we know not to over, you know, smoke. Though I appreciate people who do. They're rebellious. You know, I've only had lunch with him one time. But it was breakfast. Uh, Richie Bachelary years ago. But it wasn't, you know, five maybe. And we ate at Wise's. And we came out. And he goes, you want a cig? And I, it had been 10 years since someone offered me a cigarette. And I thought, that's cool. Why haven't more? No, I don't smoke. <laughs> but I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. Richie's always got a pack in the, yeah, the, the shirt pocket there, yeah. All right. Now, what's the stakes? We're going with, by the way, on the best bet, it's worth three units. The uh, regular bet's worth two units. Whoever wins the most units, and these are season win totals, it's $1,000. So 3000 e- or 1000 each of the teams, winner take all. Winner take all. Um I don't know, Fez, you think we give maybe 500 to the second place? So 2,500, 500? <laughs> I thought we were going to give to charity. <laughs> oh, God. We'll do that in our own Sure, time. let's give some to second. And, and, and people can privately do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I, charity's fine. The human fund. Does <laughs> <laughs> that Costanza? Yeah. Charity's fine, but I got to tell you, shows, like, when I, I stopped going to a movie theater... Because they wouldn't t- stop asking me for change when I would get a ticket to go right. to charity. I literally stopped going to that theater. It was relentless. They asked me at the ticket buy. They asked me when I was given my ticket. 
They ask me at the concession stand. Well, how about now? Every time you cash out a uh, a slot ticket at the machines, it says, "Do you want to round? Do you want to make the donation with your change, or do you want to get your slip back?" You know, if the company was matching it, I can deal with it. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. you're not matching it, and they give you a list of charities to all push the, su- the button, supermarkets are doing it too. Yeah, they give you a list of charities to push the button, or you just say no donation and get your voucher. Well, I won't be. Did you read that article, by the way? Twenty-two million dollars last year alone, Vegas brought in with unclaimed slot vouchers. Superman three, round the Ooh, pennies man. up. And 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 do the casinos keep that money? It's a split between the uh, the the state and the. I'm thinking maybe Christian. that they should give their cut to charity. Mm-hmm. They should. They're asking everybody else to give donations. Yes. I and oh, by the way, we got the picks in already. And any crossfires, automatic 300. We got three of them. And, uh, oh, I guess it matters if it's a best bet or not. We'll explain in each case. And you can fire the button, the green button, at any time. And here's the thing. This is new. If it's a best bet, the person firing the green button against it gets plus 110. So we figure if it's your best bet, we want people being aggressive. If it's your normal bet, it's even money. But at any time, I'm going to be firing on a few of these. Let's start in the NFC East. Oh, by the way, you do have a deadline today. You'll be back tomorrow with AJ. Mm-hmm. What division do you want to start in? Uh, I'll go anywhere you want to go. Let's, let's start in NFC West. NFC, NFC, oh. Oh, NFC West, you want to start? Let's start in NFC West. Okay, okay. NFC sure. West. And because you're limited time, why don't you make yeah. your first pick? All right, our best bet is the Cardinals under. Okay. Uh, eight and a half. There's so much going on with this team. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, out for the start. Um, I, I think that they are the worst of – well, no, you did the Seahawks. But I don't I, – I, I am not fond on this team. We see them have second-half collapses year in, year out, looking at their schedule, looking at – But the second-half collapse led to 11 wins last year, right? Sure. I don't buy that this year from Kyler Murray and company. Okay. But – so let's think about this. Every year – Mackenzie, where's my yearly um, over-under sheet we made? That's the long printout. Okay. You want to walk out and show it to me? I, I guess what I'm saying is it feels like since they, they uh, drafted Josh Rosen, Arizona, had one year with him. Mm-hmm. What was it? Wilkes was at the coach. Yeah. One year yeah. and out with him. Yep. They said, we're going for a quarterback again. Went Kyler first. Every year they've improved. This year we're expecting a three-game regression. Yes. I mean – I'm kind of saying that rhetorically as in, like, does that resonate? Like, you got it doesn't make sense necessarily make the case. Well, they're and crossover division games, uh, AFC same West. Same every year. Oh, okay. AFC crossover. West this year. So we're talking about playing against the Chiefs. We know what the teams are. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Okay. That makes their schedule more difficult. Top 10 most difficult schedule. Exactly. Uh, again, losing their biggest offensive weapon for an extended period of time is going to have a significant impact on them. Well, let's quantify that. So, Fez, what's your opinion? You know what we should do? We should, if it's not a crossfire, we should give our opinion on the, the, the same bet as people make. And what's your opinion on this one? Oh, I like it. I think... You like the under. I do like the under. You know, you, I know Arizona won 11 games. If you look at the statistics, uh, they were about the same offensively and defensively, so the 11 wins was... Well, about the same? What does that have to do with... They could be dominant in both and be the same. 
So what do you mean about well, just from like a yards per play and the like from that they oh, oh so you're saying that they were like an average team based on yards per play yes okay and so well how how they win eleven games I'm sure they did well in close games and and they just like you mentioned RJ they free fell at the end of the year statistically they weren't just like average they were they weren't just bad they were really bad the last five weeks of the season Kenzie where's the fourth quarter win share also in your packet I can walk yeah it out. show me where this is. Oh, here, I got it. I got it. All right, let's see how lucky Arizona really was. All right, so fourth quarter win share. You're probably familiar with it. They were within a tenth of a win of their legitimate final. So, okay. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is we have come to trust this fourth quarter win share. I just wonder how much is this a hangover of the way that playoff game looked? It was one of the worst playoff performances we've ever seen. Rams were only laying three, three and a half. Kyler causes a bunch of hubbubaloo in the offseason. He's calling plays. Kingsbury's being surly. None of this really seems to matter, though. The playoff loss does. I don't know. I'm just saying this feels square. Like, if someone wanted to be sharp, if someone had an IQ of 107, and they just were starting to bet and they wanted to seem sharp, would this not be one of their plays? I don't know. They look the, bad. They started fast. They faded. Now, because it's I definitely do, a big reaction to what we just saw. What was their win total? That's a, that's their an best player won't be there for the first several games of the season. Let's well, it's half a season, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're we're talking about Hopkins. Yes. Yep. Okay. So let's quantify that. What's Hopkins worth? A point a game. Point a game. All right. So eight games he's missing. Is that right? Eight points. Quarter of a win. Quarter of a win. Okay. Now, it feels like when you're dropping three wins and the fourth quarter win share, say 11 was a legitimate number of wins, where's the other ones coming from? And I'm asking, I'm open question. You know, I'm not trying to. I think the Cardinals got lucky in a a lot of ways last year. How? Uh, Well, for one, they, they fumbled 26 times, they recovered 23 of them. Okay. I agree with that. So, how about how many times did the other team fumble? And they re- did they recover an inordinate number of them, or did they maybe not recover? The defenses recovered 2.7 fumbles over what they would be expected to recover. Now, where did you get this data from? From the interwebs. So you did this research? Yes. Right? Like, can I see your sheet? I'm just interested in what see data my you sheet. Have. Uh, yeah, don't you have it's a- just notes that I wrote oh, down. Oh, okay. You don't have it for all the things? Yeah. No, no, for, no. For me, look, they're only, they're only favored in six games this year. Mm-hmm. And even in some of the games they are favored in, it's under a field goal that can go either way. And I, I just think the market is telling us that this is a team that's going under this win total. So, Fez, the, the idea that you can have fractional wins, because I think what he's saying can be very deceiving. By the way, Hopkins is missing six games, not eight. Right? So now we're doing six points. What do you do, Fez? Is it 34 points or, or 33? Yeah. 34? 35. Okay. All right. Um, so it takes 35 points for a win is the way the math says. Six points is now, what, one-fifth? One, we're talking yeah. about one-sixth now of a win, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, would you agree w- with my point about Scott's point, which is how many times you're favored or not favored, usually your over-under is going to line up with your fractional wins and it's just deceiving if you're favored or not favored. That's right. So if you're a three-point favorite, that's .6 wins. That's not a win. 
That's point six. Mm-hmm. If you're a one point, but, but if you're a if one you're three point, point dog, point four, that adds up, right? But, but you just wanted where Scott. I think Scott. Well, the point he was making is a lot of times you see a team like they say how many times a team's favorite. Well, if they're a one point underdog, that's a point, almost a point five. Who cares who's favorite? Well, but you're plus one or minus one. One point favorite though, right? Exactly. Same thing. Exactly. But in the course of just seventeen games, yeah. it can be skewed one way or the other and be deceiving. Yeah. So, so obviously you just want to add up that array of 17 numbers and point, you know, .28 chance to win this game and a .70 and a .55 and bing, bing, bang. You and convert, it, you and convert anything, the spreads the se- to money lines. The season wins are a more liquid market than the look-ahead bets right now for the game. It's a, it's a great point. I'm much more am likely to trust a season win number as being rock solid versus, you know, even week two. I'll use an example. Like week two. Uh, Tampa Bay is at the Saints. All right, mm-hmm. the Saints were getting three and a half in some places. That's a great bet, by the way. That's uh, uh, that's an Easter egg oh, best freedom. bet. Yeah, Saints mm-hmm. plus three and a half hosting Tampa Bay. They might be favored. They I mean, do it might be well pick them. Tampa. It might be pick them by the time they play. Who do you like in that game? Plus three and a half. Yeah, I hear you. We're on the same page. <laughs> all right, so Scott, you're going to be back tomorrow with the college. Yes, and you can follow him on Twitter. Scott's on air. That's S C O T T S. Scott's on air. Correct. Talk to you then. I'll see Try you. not to make a lot of noise on the way out, all right, bud? <laughs> all right. I think we're starting to see, Fez, that you're wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to press the button on these guys. So, like, I'm waiting for the case to be made. We're only doing four divisions. I'm waiting for the case to be made where we just said Hopkins is a sixth of a win. Now what? Well, I, the big picture, I'm going to keep it simple. I think Arizona is an average football team. How'd they win 11 games? Average teams have good years. They they overachieve. They the ball bounces but right. It's your they play ability well. to assess their cornerbacks. Your ability to assess their linebackers. It's not to my it's not my area of expertise. So, so who's assessing it? Who, who are we leaning on? Because I don't see where they're an average team. I mean, by I, the end of the year last year, mm-hmm. all right, they 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 clearly were an average team. Okay, yeah. so now magically. We can say, well, they were good the first six weeks of the season, so we should make them good again. I'm like, I'm much more inclined to, to wait the back end of the year Ooh. and where they were at because there was, it, this isn't like a losing team that wins that five games. That, but that doesn't make sense if, in my opinion, if you have a team that or a coach year in and year out that starts fast and ends slow because he's done it year after year. If you kept saying, I think this ending slow is the mm-hmm. truth, you'd be you'd be wrong. It's a good point on Arizona because Arizona always ends badly. But I'm much more likely to say, you know, the ending point is a more accurate point if a team that's slumping that still made the playoffs. Because, like, you get a team like the Giants and they're just like, ah, who cares? We hate Joe Judge. You know, we're just but, mailing uh, it in. But we're versus- back to the idea that one playoff game, which doesn't even in, be have any involvement in season wins— is overly inf- if well it wasn't just that one play it was really the, they beat Dallas and they had like six crappy games they lost to Detroit they really had a bunch of terrible outcomes the last six weeks of the season no I agree with you I mean let's look at it it started with Green Bay they lost that game by three then San Fran they beat handily so maybe it didn't start there Carolina they lost thirty four to ten they beat Seattle you know really this swoon wasn't so swoony and then they had a bye they beat Chicago okay. Got beat by the Rams by seven only in that game, uh, 30 to 23. Then they got beat by Detroit. That's the game. It's like, oh. All right. But then they have a, like a, remember that game against Indy that came down to the wire? Mm-hmm. And then they beat Dallas. And then they had a meaningless game against, oh, I guess it wasn't meaningless against Seattle. 
So really, where were all the bad games Maybe it, Maybe Indy was free-falling back then, and so I'm not giving him much credit for that No, we that remember Indy had just beaten the Patriots. But the Indy collapsed at the very end of the year. Against Jacksonville and the yeah. Raiders, but that was... I mean, what I'm... Listen, no one thinks that the Indy wasn't a, a top... 12 team last year. Yeah, possibly, you know, selective memory. That, that I remember that Detroit hey, loss as being really bad. Yeah. yeah I, but, I mean, go, uh, I mean, Mackenzie, you on this pick? You going to talk? You going to turn the mic on? Yes, and then I'm going to turn it off and continue to talk. Okay, so make your point. Last year they were at eight and a half win total. This year I don't think they're going to be as good and they have a harder schedule. Okay. So you don't think they're going to be as good. You know, we can't. It's hard to ask for more than that, but maybe just a little more. Well, they had a, eleven wins. I heard that, and they were over forty-seven points with turnover luck, which is a research. Are you just going to read from my sheets that we did? It's an eye-popping number. I but, know, but I mean, what I'm saying. So make that point one more time. They gained forty-seven points, not just due to turnovers, but what we identified as turnover luck, which is like a win and a half. Okay. All right. I think there's a point there. So let's talk about this concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any observations from this? I, no, you, you went through all the games. So I, I, maybe I'm overreacting to the Detroit loss. Yeah. Right, the Carolina loss is almost as bad as the Detroit loss. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the Carolina loss, when you lose 34 to 10 to Carolina, there's something wrong. No doubt. The Sam Darnold. No, I, I, I don't think he was playing at that point. But no, I, I hear, I don't remember if he, I don't think, I think you he might am. be right. You might be right. Um, it's funny, when we get to the AFC next week, I looked at the Browns. The Browns really didn't swoon. It, it, it's weird if you look at the season. It, it's a, we'll get to that. And it, it was P.J. Walker. It was? Yeah. Texas Ranger? P.J. Walker, Texas Ranger. All right. So let's and say, it was Colt McCoy, not Kyler Murray. Oh, no, I, now, oh is that right? So, Colt, so they lost with their backup quarterback, but they went 2-1 and one with their backup. That impressed me when they did that last year. Two and one with a backup quarter. You, who does that in the NFL? That burned me in contests. We had six-point line moves and, and Colt, Colt McCoy to the rescue, yeah. So let's talk about the win total for Arizona. Last year, it was eight and a half. They won by two and a half wins. Year before, it was seven and a half. But remember, that was with only 16 games. So um, still, it was a little relatively lower. And then the first year... Well, I guess that was the first year from Kyler. So they went over by half a game his first year. Oh, that's interesting. So the win total Kyler's rookie year was 5.1, and they ended up winning five games, McKenzie? Yes. Wow. So they, they go from, like, the worst record, and they got the number one pick. They won five games. So really, you know, it's funny with these point ones, we might have to think about grading them differently because if the line was five, they didn't lose, right? Even if the yeah. big was towards the over, right? Push with within 10 cents. Makes yeah, sense something like that maybe. So let's say they push, they win by half a game, they win by two and a half games. But now for the first time, they went from 5.1 wins to 7.5 to 8.5, and now they're staying still after 11 wins. Mm-hmm. AJ, what's your if someone said give me in third, you know, 30 seconds, 60, a concise main reason you're down on Arizona. Hopkins is out. We figure that's worth about six points on a season. Go ahead. I think Chandler Jones being gone from the defense is is pretty impactful as well. 
Uh, and I don't like the tumultuous offseason. I don't like what Kyler Murray did in the offseason. I don't like that they're still bickering about play calling and things like that. We're even seeing into this preseason. Uh, and I, I just I don't believe that, that Kyler Murray is an MVP caliber player. And maybe maybe in two years I look like a dope. But I, I just don't see him. But if he's an MVP caliber player. Like he was in the, the first 11 be, games last but year. But the line wouldn't be eight and a half. No, but that's what he was in the first 11 games last year. So what I'm saying is if you're right, that has to be the case for this line to even start making sense. So that's not the reason to bet under. Like, that's what I'm confused by. If the line here, it's almost like the uh, Green Bay example from a couple years ago. They won the 13 games. You were mm -hmm. down on them. Like, I think most Sharps were. But it was like the line was like nine. Yes. Right? And it was like they won 13 as nine. There's been an adjustment. Uh, it feels like, how does this go lower? Could you imagine Arizona eight? Like, let's go to that whole idea. If I said the line was eight, you'd be like, what the hell? They're going to be below. It could only be that, you know, major problems with Murray and squabbling with the the whole the contract. It has to, it has to study four hours a night, you know, type of. A week. Oh, yeah, you're right. A week, really? Yeah, that's what it was. Think about that. It was Four in hours. addition to all the other work they do. They do, you know, NFL guys do a lot of work. But if the line was nine, would you really be like shocked? That's where it opened it. That's no. what I'm saying. So no. what I'm saying is, it feels like this baby's at the edge. It feels like this baby's at the edge. Well, I got to do it. You didn't want that, did you? I don't mind it at all. It's one you of my favorite. Want... It's one of my favorite bet. My favorite bets. Yeah. All remember, right. Remember, I hate overs. I hate overs because of the tie. There's a little bias in the market. The average should be 8.5. Chances for a tie. So the average team should be 8.45, but the average team's actually 8.55. Perfect example, 2019 Cardinals. They went 5, 10, and 1, better than expected, but you lost if you bet over 5. No, you didn't lose. <laughs> You pushed. <laughs> yes. Art is really quick with the with the logic like that. <laughs> High level math. <laughs> but 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 that kind of is the point. It took all that confluence of events to push them, and they've been going over, over, over. Mackenzie, do me a favor, because you got this in the data, you don't have it in the printout. Give me the win total on every team that won eleven or more games last year. Gotcha. This year's win total. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, how, how far of a regression they're going to have. I mean, what I'm saying is I, I doubt any other team has, is in close to eight and a half. Think about it. Well, we'll see in a sec, right? Let's talk for a minute about McKenzie said something about turnover luck. Remember in uh, Wall Street when Charlie Sheen was making, uh, he was talking about Blue Star. He goes, this is my, you know, Mona Lisa or whatever, my masterpiece, remember? I don't remember that. He's talking with uh, Daryl Hannah. They're making sushi. Oh, I, I, I always fast forward through the Daryl Hannah scenes. It's what that's. Oh, well, she's in that rubber suit coming up out of the ocean. That part, I, I, that, <laughs> I think I hit, I hit pause. I mean, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't usually fast forward that. I'm just saying. That's just, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm right. How about you, AJ? Do you? No, I don't. When does it all end, huh? How many yachts can you water ski behind? How much is enough? I'm not a fast forward guy. No, like Mackenzie was saying, he forwards 10 seconds at a That's, time. That's mind-boggling to me. So this might be the Mona Lisa of stats for me and Mackenzie. Mm. Now, check it out. Turnovers matter so much, right? So this is what we did. We said, well, how many, you know, PFF does a really good job with turnover-worthy plays. They're saying these are passes that should have been or reasonably could have been picked off. 
Now, there's a ratio of turnover-worthy plays to actual interceptions. It's uh, .587. So there's more turnover-worthy plays in general. So a little more than half of them turn into interceptions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, we figured, well, look, if we get all the turnover-worthy plays, multiply it by .587, we'll get an idea of how many interceptions they should have had. And then we'll compare those numbers. Okay, that's an interesting starting point, right? Yes. Then we said, but how much is an interception worth? Well, we happen on the super sheet to track the EPA effect of any, every interception on the team. Now, why would we care about one team's interceptions over the league-wide when it comes to value? Because certain quarterbacks are smart enough to throw interceptions in spots where they don't hurt you as much. Like, for example, end of the half, you throw a long pass, it's intercepted. What's the EPA effect? Hardly anything. Third and 26, same thing. Arm punts, yeah. So we take the league. Arm punts. We take the league average, we take the team average, and we split it. Because we think there's wisdom in the bigger numbers, but we think there's specificity to the team. Then we said, what's the marginal delta, or what's the delta on interceptions based upon turnover-worthy plays times the number of points each interception costs? And then we do that both for the team and then the defense. How many turnover-worthy plays did the opposition supposed to have? And then we get that number. Then we went to fumbles. And we said, well, fumbles are simple. Did we use 50% on the recovery rate? No, offenses actually recovered 59% of fumbles last year. All right, so we said, how many fumbles did they recover? How many should they have? What's the delta? What's the EPA on fumbles? And then the same thing with the opponent's fumbles. So we have four deltas on the four sides of the turnovers and how much each additional turnover is worth added up, and we've stacked ranked all 32 teams by their luck in turnovers. This sheet of paper is probably worth about $2,000 to you, Fez. I may give it to you for free. What do you think about the methodology? Love the methodology. And then you turn that into points, and then you turn that into 35 points as a win, and you come up with— Except we a, did 34 points as a win. So it's, a, it's like a—it's the same thing as the Pythagorean, only though this one's better because no, like, no one knows about— the Pythagorean's obvious, and this isn't obvious. All right, so here's the teams. Dallas was the luckiest team in the league. They actually benefited in turnovers by almost 70 points. And we heard all year long about interception, interception king. That's what Dallas, that's what their defense was thriving that on. That cornerback, is, yeah. What's yep. his name? I forget. Audrey Diggs. Yeah. Um, number two was, uh, where is, oh, Miami benefited a ton, which wouldn't jump out. I haven't heard people talking much about that. And I hate to say this. Uh, we'll go the other way for a second. The worst team, the team that did uh, got hurt the worst by bad. This is by bad luck, and it's also by perception, whereas people don't know it. The second worst team was the Chargers. Now, here's this is fascinating. If you look at the Chargers' turnover margin, it's minus one on the season. That's almost even. But the Chargers, because of when the turnovers happened, how many should have happened, et cetera, were hurt by 48 points. Wow. So like one, almost one and a half wins. Yeah. And then the very... Almost like they could have made the playoffs with that. Exactly. Herbs. <laughs> only needed one. The, only, the worst team was the Jets, 55 points of disadvantage. Hmm. Now let's just quickly go through the Jets just to give you an example. So the Jets were supposed to have... Um, Let's think about this. They, they actually threw over 15 more interceptions than they were projected to. That's points. 
That's uh, interception points. Oh, it was 15 was the points. Okay, so it's 20. So where's the actual numbers at? I have, I have the full uh, table. Yeah. Okay. So, so about so, five more interceptions. Uh, yeah, we'll just Something think of like it as points. Yeah. So the average Four interception points is, what, around five? 4.5. Yeah. Okay. So about three, yeah. So 15.8 points because the interceptions they threw that they shouldn't have. All right. Then the, uh, their defense got six points less, fewer interceptions than they should have. Right. So that adds up to 21. Then if you actually look, uh, oh, I'm sorry. The six and a half, 6.1 is fumbles. So if you look at the offense, it ended up being about 21 points where it was their disadvantage on fumbles and interceptions. And then on the defense, they had 16 less points than they should have on interceptions and 17 less fumble points. So you add, I mean, it's 15, 6, 16, 17, and you add it up, it's 55 points. But nothing was particularly, like, glaring. I mean, their, 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 their net margin of interceptions, the net takeaways wasn't good, but the idea of how bad it really was... Because the assumption here is, like, I'll give you an example. Aaron Rodgers had, like, six interceptions, but he was actually lucky he should have thrown just a couple more, if you look at the math of sure. it. So um, you think someone as good as Aaron Rodgers, he'd be hurt by this because, in theory, this analysis is telling you what should have happened versus what happened. Not saying who's good or bad. It's good or bad relative to the obvious turnover numbers. Packers had 18 turnover-worthy plays, should have had 11 picks, only had seven. So he still was the best quarterback in the league, right. but still, those extra picks, their, their 13 wins, assumed he didn't have those. Right. What do you think? Pretty good? Very good. Uh-huh. Very good. And what I love about this is it's not like you've heard the whole, eh, turnovers are largely random stuff. And this is not random. It's like, boom, Aaron Rodgers threw a bad pass. Half the time it gets picked off, but last year only got picked off a third of the time on average. Now, if we track play-by-play, we'd have a couple advantages. One, we would know which turnover-worthy plays turned into interceptions, which didn't, and we could look at the EPA on those individual plays. So it's not perfect. It's, pr- it's pretty advanced, that, I think. Yeah, I like it. Now, let's continue. I pressed the button on this one. You're sticking, though with leaning towards the just because i lean unders so i'm boring all things being equal i lean under and arizona was the third team that benefited the most from turnover luck 46 points so a win and change so here's the teams with 11 or more wins last year and their win total this year buffalo 11.8 that's more than eight and a half isn't it fez yes tampa bay 11.3 all right green bay 11 and they lost the best receiver in the game hmm. for the whole season, not six games. Justin, K- Justin Jefferson? <laughs> KC, 10.5. Rams, 10.3. Dallas, 10. Tennessee, 9. Arizona, 8.5. A lot of those teams lost a really good receiver. Tampa lost Antonio Brown. Green Bay loses Devontae Adams. Uh, Kansas City loses Tyreek Hill. Dallas loses Amari Cooper. Tennessee loses A.J. Brown. Arizona loses DeAndre Hopkins for six games. 
But somehow Arizona's at eight and a half. Everyone's high. I think a lot of it is what the numbers that you saw when DeAndre Hopkins wasn't on the field last year were atrocious. No, it's, it's small sample size will do magical things. A lot of it, I hate to go back to, it's a quarterback league. So Tennessee and Arizona don't have respected elite quarterbacks. Well, I think what you're saying is, is whack-a-mole. I don't even know. Not whack-a-mole, <laughs> whack-a-job. Kyler Murray, well, where is he in your ranking? 14th. Well, you understand you're extremely off on it. How I mean, far off is he from Dak? The market is what I'm saying. The market has Kyler Murray probably eighth. Really? I think so. I, well, I mean, what Mike Sando say? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. We look at Sand. I noticed today, I didn't read it yet. I'll have to take a look at that. Sando says 13th. He has mm-hmm. Kyler 13th. Yes. All right. Wow. ESPN just did, um, they, they must not like Sando getting his attention. <laughs> Because they convened a quarterback a round panel. Ta- a panel, and they're taking this seriously. Can you see where uh, Kyler was on that one? Yep, looking up. All right. Well, I, you know, I'm going to double back. I mean, uh, that Sando one's really respected. He was ninth on ESPN's Yeah, program. that's what I would have thought. So I'm on the low side. Okay. But uh, I think the fact it was within two shocked me. So, mm-hmm. all right, but let's say is eight and a half is saying a purely average team, mm-hmm. right? And... Let's think about this a second. They won their division, right? So they got a first-place schedule. No, the Rams won the division. No. 12 wins for the Rams. Rams won. So the Ra- Rams Remember won. the Rams were the three seed? You've pointed out many times. No, but they were the four seed. The four seed, yeah. It's the four, so they have to win the division. Oh, that's the a good seed. point. That's a good point. Yeah, Cardinals so, played at L.A. Wild card round. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, thanks. Hey, I was wrong. Every, everyone has chipped in on that mark, one. Mark that tape. Did, did you? I mean, did you see the way? Fuck, that, that was oh, awesome. Just, I mean, it was crazy. That was awesome. What just happened? <laughs> My cousin Benny. The, the, the defense is wrong. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. And the way it was real studied. McKenzie goes, yes, as you recall, like they were on the road in that first game. It it's, feels like a leap year. Yeah, it's it like <laughs> Jesus God. All right, last thing. Um, Mackenzie, where is the? Uh, oh, I sent it to you. I don't think you did. You print my uh, strength of schedule stuff. Yes, one sec. All right, I just want to take a gander at that. But let's move on, and then we'll double back to that. Fez, we got a. I got a bet on this. Your pick in this division. My pick, best bet, 49ers under ten. Ooh, it's crossfire time. Now, thank you. It happens that I have the under also. So that means, but AJ and McKenzie have the over in San Fran. He's not. And Scott. Yeah. We'll call it the syndicate. The team is the combine on Little House on the Prairie. They used to go like, it was like, Paul, are we going to join the combine this year? You remember that? And it was like, they'd get their wheat and it'd all be, and sometimes you go, no. That 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 swindling dudes trying to take one percent off the top. I mean, he was always fighting against some combine. Do you ever watch Little House in the Prairie? Exactly. So that means we both crossfire bat it against the combine. Let me ask you, AJ. We know Mackenzie has a, a family bias, mm-hmm. being Kyle Shanahan's first cousin. He didn't push for this though. He didn't have to. He was Spengalied, you guys. Maybe so. Did you like it too? No, I didn't like an over in this thing. And had I given it more thought, you might have I, wanted to think about thousands I, of dollars. I would have put it together that both of you would be on, like you would be on the under. Uh, but here, I'll give you the real reason why we landed on San Francisco because I don't like any of these teams over. The reason we landed on San Francisco is because they have a flat number ten, so there's a better chance for us to push. Huh? 
I've, I feel like I've cashed my ticket already. I mean, you might have. I, no, but it's, he's making an interesting point. If you feel like you're negative EV on a bat, you want a bat that's going to push. Have a better chance. That, yeah, th- your, your ROI is bad. That's interesting. You, you, you know, I'm going to keep this ultra simple. My bottom six starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now, uh, Wilson, Davis Mills, Trey Lance. Push the button. Geno Smith, Fields, and Lawrence. Five of those six teams have an over-under of six and a half or less. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And San Francisco's is 10. Whack-a-mole. A bad quarterback <laughs> does not win 11 games. It's a no-brainer under. Here's the thing. I think you're being a little unfair, but I think your point is right. Here's how I would say it. If we knew Trey Lance was as good as Kyler Murray, what would San Francisco's total be? So I would up. Let me do the math here. So I'd have to upgrade them four points in my uh-huh. power rating. All right. So I'm 17. So that's 68 uh-huh. extra points. So uh-huh. that's an extra two wins. Okay. And their total is what? Their total is 10. So they'd have like the biggest win total in the league. Yes, it would go to tw- have to go to 12. If they got a quarter, an average and quarter, a slightly y- average, above average quarterback in your mind. Yes. Doesn't that tell you how wrong this number is? Yes. <laughs> right. Imagine if they had Dak Prescott. Give me an example. Of a team with a bottom seven quarterback that's won eleven games in recent history. Here's the thing: we don't know enough to know if he's bottom seven. What we know, we is don't know we enough don't to know, know exactly to know that he's not the worst. So if we talk about yeah, but if we talk about a normal digital, first off, I do believe that his rookie year has to downgrade him. You can't be in a system that long that wanted Jimmy G not to be the quarterback. And when I say that long, I mean the whole season. Jimmy G have a hurt hand. And they still won't start. They won't even put packages together. So there's no – does anyone here – well, Mackenzie, we'll just ignore. <laughs> He's biased about this one. thing. He's generally not biased. But, Fez, would you agree with me? The fact they're not even putting packages in last year means he was behind the curve, the development curve for a rookie quarterback. Oh, oh absolutely. You know, we just spoke about Arizona. Well, one of Arizona's cl- wins was against San Francisco. Arizona scored 17 points. Well, that was more than enough against Trey Lance. All right, maybe he got in the end zone. Maybe he didn't. He fumbled. So now here's the question. Is if we accept that last year was a downgrade – but let's say we forget about it and say let's give him a normal distribution, Trey Lance, of how a first-year quarterback that has good pedigree, first-round pick, let's say, does. It still means that more than half the time he's not above average because I think with a first-year quarterback, average is the middle of the – you know, I mean, think about it. Last year there was average Mac Jones. Average would be good. Mac Jones was good. And no one else was. was there's, sur- there's survivorship bias. So, so all, oh, of course, we, we all knew Josh Rosen was going to be NFL ready, but then you just delete him out of the database because it's like he doesn't exist. But even you forget if you about don't him. have the bias, it's, it's about 30% to be above average the first year you're playing. Gosh, I'd go less. I mean, I'd like Trevor Lawrence. I think can't it's less can't than miss that. Trevor Lawrence. Oh, once in a generation. The first year is a tough year. Sucks. And now the question is, is this Trey Lance's first year or second year because he's not playing? The last time we – what and was it? nothing we saw from the data says he's better than, than what we thought. You know what really discouraged me was the when it was his first start, I thought Kyle Shanahan is a play-calling maestro. He is. He has to have a few tricks up his sleeve for this. Depot misdirection, trail run for 20. Yep. He had two starts, and he was really inept in both of them. To me, it's like there's no magic in the bag. 
Josh Hernsmeyer, who writes for 538, very well-respected analytics guy, he said he believes Trey Lance could be a fine passer. He thinks we're way overestimating his ability as a runner, mm. that he's not in the, even in Lamar's universe. He's not even in a Hertz's universe, that he's more like a Josh uh, Allen. Can we look up what his um, I mean, Josh Allen led the league for for Can we look up his over-under? But for- what I'm saying is when it comes to – his utility as a runner, and and again, maybe the Josh Allen was before he started running. Josh Allen gets lots of yards because the defense lets him because he's so dangerous. He can, you know. I just, well, Josh Allen's also really fast. I, we know no one can say anything against the Bills at all. We're saying Josh Allen's a fine. Do you think Josh Allen's as good a runner as Lamar? No, I don't think there's ever been a quarterback as good as Lamar. Exactly, but Lamar was Lamar, Lamar, but he led the league. He led the league. So like, if that trumps everything, I think Josh Allen's a better runner than Jalen Hurts. Okay, I mean the stats say he's not. If you look at yards per attempt and EPA and all that, but all we know, you love Josh Allen. You know Lamar gained like sixteen pounds. They're like interviewing Who did? Who did? him, Lamar Jackson. Okay, and they interviewed him and 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 they they said yeah you, he put on sixteen pounds of muscle. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> it's like it's all muscle. I, I mean, we'll talk about it next week. I really value the fact he's not rushing to a contract. I mean, you know, maybe it will hurt him, but I— Well, I don't like he's negotiating his own contract, though. So now he's got to do all his football work, and now he's got to, like, look over with him with an hour— You know, micro—what what, what do they call that? The magnifying glass? Yeah. You know, the, it's a catch point. I'm sure he's got a, a, a really high-powered attorney to, to look at things, but he doesn't have an agent. Yeah. You know, I know it could be a brilliant— like third level play because in a way it freezes Baltimore from being too exploitive. Mm. Right. Imagine if you're like this company that can come in and you got the best lawyers, right? So you want it to be no holds barred in negotiation, whatever. If some old lady comes up and goes, I trust you guys. And I think that we should do it without law. I won't have a lawyer. You do what you want in a weird way for PR that company gets hurt Mm. because they can't take as much advantage of her. I think Lamar, in a way, might be freezing them from because you hear it all the time from the analysts. You know, the Ravens are not making this move or that move because they are afraid they'll be viewed as being exploitive. <laughs> yeah, kind of interesting. That, that is very interesting. Question for you: Jimmy G gets released, okay? Okay. What does it do to this over/under number? I, I, I argue it move it at all. I argue it's going to go down. There's in the back of it, even though we all know that Jimmy G is not going to play for San Francisco, it's still out there that he's you know that. Do so you think these are inefficient markets? Semi, semi-efficient. They're not 100% efficient. So Lance is rushing yards right now, 500. Why is there so many like weird numbers, like 500.5? Like I it's get that that's what they think. I think I get that's what they think it's supposed to be. But it's like every quarterback is like 14. It's, it's really because it's the opposite of AJ's. They don't want to push. It's be, it's because these Dumbo bookmakers like correctly say like over under on number of total bases for a baseball player either 0.5 or 1.5 because they don't want the push. You know what? When it's 500, I think you can take your – I think you can refund the bet. That's an interesting point. Or maybe say put that, uh, that we go all even number on yards bets, but ties win. Ooh. Now, that would be like a tiny that, – That is that is strong. Like everybody, that? everybody wins if it lands on the number. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's a good point because it would be both ways. But but how? What's it going to happen? One prop, the whole, or, or and think of the PR they'd get. That's from what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. free, buddies. Right. But that means they'd make less money for the minute, Cockroaches. so they're not going to do it. All right. Let's let McKenzie make his case. So, I think you're 
Guys are right. That is all Fez, about. Fez is going to the bathroom yeah, right now. Go ahead. This is hilarious. I didn't want to leave. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's all about Trey Lance. If you believe in him, and, and I mean, if you think that so, he's, what makes you believe in him? The pra- I mean, it's going to sound silly, but the day-to-day practice reports about the challenges that he faces and how he's overcoming them, stacking days together, as, as Kyle says. So let me ask you a question: Has there ever been a time that a quarterback who had the the job handed to him that that, that struggled in camp in a way that it was publicly known? I mean, said another way, isn't there a strong bias towards positive camp reports? Yeah, but I'm talking about the negative and positive reports where they're, they'll tell you. The you don't have to scream. The very fact that there's any negative reports means there's a preponderance of negative and they can't not talk about it. You're saying because there's negative reports, you think it's a sign of extreme candor? I'm saying the progression from day one of camp. But he had more. Now. He's had more. Ne- but the question isn't the progression. The question is, where is he now relative to a starting quarterback on a team that's supposed to win like 11 games? I think he's average at worst. And I think, I, I think we're going to so see which that quor- So let's look at the teams that have uh, a win total as high as the 49ers. All right. So. Why don't you give me a because I again you got the raw data regarding the win total. I've got I've got, it, got here. it. The Bills. All right, so hold on. It's Josh Allen, Bucks, Tom Brady, Packers. Okay, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Rams. I you know your boy, <laughs> Matty, Matt Stafford, Stafford, Ravens. Okay, Lamar, Chargers. Okay, Herbs, Cowboys, Pres- D- Dak Prescott, Broncos. Uh, Russell Wilson and the Colts and Matt Ryan, former MVP. So you believe that Trey Lance is better than half of them. I think he's better than Dak Prescott. I think he's better than Jalen Hurts, who's right behind him. Whoa, in whoa, whoa, wins. whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you changing the criteria? I mean, we're, I'm just slightly. Yeah, you're changing it. the pool. Okay. Sure. But what we're saying is they're below. This is the, now this is the 49er country and it's a who's who of quarterbacks. A who's who. And there's Trey Lance. And he says, I think he's the least average in that crowd. That means he's better than half. Oh, I thought he was saying he's average That's for the league. Yeah. No. But I meant to say that he's like 16th in the league or better. Okay, so then he's the worst in that crowd by Mike Sando. Yes. So the worst court. How are you feeling, AJ? Again, I told you I didn't feel good about this at the beginning. I didn't feel good about – but no matter who we said, I wasn't going to feel good about the over in this division. I, I swear the only reason I like – Why would you like the Rams over? What's the Rams total? Uh, how, much, how, many, how many more games are they supposed to win than San Francisco? Ten and a half. And how many – So Fran? I would have had to win 11. And how, oh, is that how it works? How many is San Fran supposed to win? Ten. Okay. So do you believe the San Fran and the Rams are like almost even teams? Yes. So you're that down on the Rams. I'm not down on the Rams. I just they think just their win total's high. High? Well, it should have been nine and a half? I mean, I, I think it should have probably been about ten. Okay. So ten and seven, you think? I also think if I would have come in here and said the Rams, you would have called me the, the squarest square ball well, in the square the of history. Over. I know, but last year I See, played I the Rams over. Understand, I don't think you understand what, what, what square is. Square is everyone's going one way, and you say – I'm coming okay, do you think the there's ride. do you think there's general optimism for the 49ers this year? Yeah. Do you well, think there's well, more tickets over or under 10 on the Niners? Well, what what are the Super Bowl odds for the Niners? 
They're like the fifth favorite to win the Super Bowl. That's the definition of optimism, right? And, and there's only like seven or eight teams with a win total that high. I mean, they're one of the top five, six, seven teams in the league. By Number all, seven, yep. By all accounts. Yeah, I, I do think there's optimism. I think it's insane optimism for with a quarterback. We just went through the quarterbacks. One more time, read them for Fez. He, was, he left when McKenzie started talking. Josh Allen. No, t- hold on. These are the quarterbacks that are on teams that have a win total as high as the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan. It's basically my top. And Trey, and Trey Lance, what name doesn't fit? <laughs> <laughs> this is your SAT test. Uh, Trey Lance. So I've got I've got nine I've got nine top nine quarterbacks, and I've got a great indie squad with a capable quarterback, Former and I have Trey MVP. Lance. Yes. Yeah, I've never seen anything like this. Make, it, 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 this is one where at the end of the year, when San Fran wins seven games and Trey Lance is terrible, we'll look back and say that this was the dumbest number we've ever seen. I've never seen so – we were on SOV, you might have heard this, and uh, a couple days ago, and I said, when has a team that has a top-five roster other than quarterback had such a big question mark at quarterback? Cleveland. Um. Uh, when last year? No, this year. This year. Oh, yeah, because it, but it was they spent out the, they, they had They knew this, it was coming. They had this roster, right? And they said we're going to trade our entire future to get a good quarterback in here, and then a confluence of events made it so he won't play every game this year, but they made a huge effort to get a, an elite quarterback, right? Yep. And Deshaun's a top 7 quarterback. Indy last year. Except I don't know if Indy's top five, but I hear you. And but that's a, what pops in my head. No, I hear you. I hear you. And then we can debate that because my point will be in a weird way. That's not a bug; it's a feature. Meaning they said we're not going to spend money on a quarterback, so we can spend money in a bunch of other places. Oh, I caught you know I caught that show. I thought this was like AJ's shining moment. He pulled like no, it's McKenzie pulled Jacksonville out of his oh, rear end good. from 2017 AFC title game. Should have won. I thought he handled himself well to the Heat, but the Heat was intense because it's illogical. The 49ers traded more than the Rams did for Matt Stafford to get a big question mark. Mm. I've never seen – I mean, I've never seen a trade like – it. really – and then you add in the intrigue that Mac Jones was by Adam Schefter. How often is Adam Schefter wrong? And then a couple months later, Adam Schefter... All it took was once. Wow, but then Adam Schefter, re- a couple months le- took for once in what we got. Well, what was the most publicized one they just got wrong? He had something wrong. In you might the- be thinking of Woj in the NBA. Oh, you're right. For the first time. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I mean, Schefter doesn't get many wrong, yeah. and it, it's very interesting. Like, three or four months later, might have been even after the season, he restated his reporting, mm-hmm. said, I'm standing behind my reporting. Now, he didn't want to dredge that up for, unless he was sure. I would bet right now a monster bet Kyle did not – his initial – he had to be talked off of Mac – or he had to be talked on to Trey Lance. That I would make a monster bet. Now you feel like his whole career is at stake – I mean, what kind of pressure is he under? You know, I got to pull back the curtain here. There's a professional better, my friend Jim. He's on the East Coast. All right? Jimmy. Jim, Jim. Yeah. And Jim, Jim has a system that seems way too simplistic. And he says, Fez, I win every year 
season wins every year. And he says, here's what I follow he, you. Here's what he does. It's simple, but it works. He says, I look at a team with a good coach and a good quarterback. And, Colin and, talks and I play over or I pass. And I look at a team with a bad quarterback and a bad coach and I play under and I almost never pass. Now, Here's a situation where you do have a good coach, but you got a really bad quarterback, and so you just—I'm not can't. sure how bad he is. I think, yeah, I think you're overstating. It. I think the you're saying you have a question mark. At you have a huge, a much smarter mark. thing to say. You have a below uh, right now. You have a rated quarterback that's below average. Radio College is saying it's a smarter thing to say. That was aggressive. Radio College. That was aggressive. I, I got to be—I got to be a gentler, kinder person. I, I, I was a jerk to somebody the other day. No right. way. So, a kid comes up to me, RJ. He said, he, he says, the saying ain't so, Joe. He says, oh, you blocked me. I want, he came and said, I want to introduce you. I'm like, oh, I got, well, I got a guy, you know, this, this is nice, you know. And yeah. he says, oh, by the way, I blocked you. I said, well, there must have been a good reason. And he says, yeah, I was really critical of you on, on Twitter. Okay, so he ran out. So this is interesting. He decides to block you on Twitter. I blocked him. Oh, you blocked him. He sees you in person. And he runs up like he's seen Alvin. Like we're buddies. Yeah, he wants to introduce him himself, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I wrote some real critical stuff about you." And I'm like, "Well, why are you talking to me, dude? <laughs> you know, leave me alone." So you were rude. Yes. I told him he was he was signing up for the contest. Do you t- remember who he was? Um, like, what, meaning, do you remember what he did online? No. <laughs> All right. So this is a time to take pull back the curtain even more. <laughs> We have a friend in, a, a longtime friend of the show, and I was hoping you would jump up for just 30 seconds and give us a critique of Fez's chest because <laughs> Fez is in a weight loss contest. I mean, let's just say you look weakened, but it was so funny. I've known Fez like eight, nine years. I've never seen him with his shirt off. Why would we? don't go to the pool and stuff. But now how many, how many pounds have you lost? 30. Now – you weren't overly happy before. So you were what to what? 230. To 200? Now 200. Six feet tall. Okay. Yeah. So 230 and 50, it wasn't bad. I mean, you didn't look like you were starving. But, okay, 30 pounds, though, you look slender now. Someone, uh, the visitor came in and said, uh, hey, I got some T-shirts. He made up dirtiest player in the game T-shirts. They were cool. And Fez jumps up and goes, let me see that thing, and rips off his shirt like Hulk Hogan. I mean, not, <laughs> not like, like not like in the shreds, but you took – have you ever seen anyone take their shirt off? The, the fastest I've seen someone take their shirt off like that is a commercial on Pornhub for, like, for, for this sexy chat line where the girl's saying – well, you take yours off first. And then she goes, oh, darn, I'll do it. And takes it off real quick. It was like Fez. It was very, very fast. And so after, t- so, and then what we saw was shocking. The mic is yours. Uh, yeah, just walk up and talk to Fez's mic. 100%. Uh, you know, it clearly. Have you ever is- seen, you and Fez have been doing some business. You've been a fan <laughs> of the show, what, like five plus years? Yes, yeah. And you came in, you, you used to live in Napa. Yep. And oh, give, give, give your name to whatever yep. degree. Mike Adams. And, right. uh, yeah, and you do now. business. Yep. What's your business? You're saying you're doing electronic uh, hardware or I guess fixtures? I own a lighting company in, in Tucson, Arizona now. It was, isn't there King Tut associated with, was that, remember that song by, uh, how'd that go? I don't know that one. King Tut. Yeah. Oh, oh that? Okay. Steve Martin's King yeah, Tut. Yeah, He goes, born in Arizona, moved to Catalonia. King, King Tut. Exactly. 
But two, oh no, I'm thinking of the Beatles, Get Back. Wasn't Tucson, Arizona in that? Yeah, on a, standing on a corner. No, that's, I'm thinking of that's Winslow, Winslow, Arizona. Winslow, Arizona. That's, that's yeah. JoJo that's was a man from Tucson, Arizona. Is yeah. that what it says? Yeah. I think it does, doesn't it? JoJo was a man from Tucson, Winslow, Arizona. Arizona. But huh. that's a different Let's look, look at that up, AJ. I'm it up now. Okay. So is there any business you can promote? Like the people, if anyone's looking to buy fixtures. Yeah, we, we ship them all over the country. What's so. the URL? Speaking of the mic. Uh, it's Arizona Commercial Lighting is the name of the company. All right, yeah. so that's $1,000. <laughs> now, uh, be honest now. What did you see when his chats got exposed? Uh, first thing I said was, wow, okay. Wow, how? <laughs> well, when I first saw him when he showed up today, I was you know noticeably thinner. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know, I hadn't seen him in a couple years with COVID and all that. So when I saw him, it was like, wow, he lost some, some weight. I knew about the bet, but I noticed that it was, you know, rather slippery, you know. My first thought was, <laughs> you ever see where sometimes someone has a fake chest? It's almost like it's plastic. I thought you had somehow you had like, uh, you know how people have butt implants or whatever? I, it looked like almost like you had pectoral implants. There but, was definitely definition there. Yeah, there was definition, but then it was like he, I mean, it, the last time I saw a chest like that, it was a bodybuilder. I mean, it was like he has to, I go, do you wax? So do you, let's settle it now. Do you wax? No. How I, you, I get so my ear. I get so my hair. I don't have much hair anyway, so I, I it's got, all on your head. I get my ear trimmer. Do you think this, and, make, and do I, you think this makes it more likely that you have a toupee? Because yes. if someone has a gigantic head of hair and their chest is hairless. No, because there's lots of bald guys that are, like, are sprouting. It's like they look like cavemen ex- on the back. Exactly. And they have lots of hair but there. But it doesn't mean it just inverts. It means <laughs> no, it doesn't seem like it's correlated very much. No, yeah. It, it, usually because it, it's because the testosterone actually causes you – extra testosterone causes you to lose your hair. So it's actually the more hair in your chest, usually the less hair on your head. But I don't think it goes the other. I don't so have much hair very... in my chest, so I said, "You know what? It's like that commercial where the guys are going bald. It's like you may as well just just shave it all off, you know." And so I just, I, just... I thought you looked like a superstar Billy Graham. Yes, like that that kind of look. <laughs> Ooh, except little less tan. Except at old timers. Like the old timers night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad yeah. hippie to hit people with his crutch. But right? a little less tan, but the same. Like if you oiled yourself up, I think yeah, you could pull it oiled. off. I, I caught him off the LEDs. That yeah. sweat. <laughs> the lights are, are are beating down on me. Light a match next to him. Let's see what happens. <laughs> AJ, you've been, a, you know, you had a professional MMA fight. You had many amateur fights. You've been around a lot of shirtless guys. Yeah. How taken aback, I mean, how shocked, like when he was going to take off his shirt, if you at that moment time had stopped and you said, what's his chest going to look like? How long would you have had to contemplate before you came up with what it looked like? Uh, I it would, was beyond comprehension. It was. I, and I, honestly, his physique was better than I expected it to be. Well, why do you think he took off his shirt for the first time in a yeah. decade? I was covering up for like years. Any thoughts, Mackenzie? None. By the way, JoJo was a man who thought he was a loner, but he knew it couldn't last. JoJo left his home. I thought was a man that thought he was a woman. That's the, fir- the very first. But okay. this one, JoJo left his home in Tucson, Arizona for some California grass. So you did the inverse. How's the grass in Arizona? How much of it? It's not legal down there? No, you can have it. It just doesn't, doesn't grow very well. 
Hmm. Well, you still got like the grow oh, lights in talking, the closet and stuff. I, I think what you guys are talking about different kind of grass is what I'm getting. Well, I, I, I was shocked how green Phoenix is because there's lots of underground now, is this water code for drugs. I know because <laughs> it's like people will say it's dry if there's not a lot of drugs. You're saying it's green, but you're saying it's the color of green. Is this money related? You know, this is like that song, Lakeshore Drive. Sometimes you can smell the green. Mackenzie, you know the song. What's the lyric? Sometimes you can smell the green if your mind is feeling fine. Now, is green money in that case? No, it's uh, the grass of the Lakeshore Drive Road. Lakeshore Drive. No, it's not. The nickname nickname for Lakeshore Drive. It's a metaphor for something. LSD, Lakeshore Drive. They call it the LSD song for a reason. All right. See, so it is a metaphor. I thought that was Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. That's also a metaphor. Now, you say grass. You're talking about, like, golfing. Yes. RJ was talking about reefer, <laughs> the devil's lettuce. Now, I'm, I don't like reefer at all. Oh, I, I used to smoke that skunk weed, like seeds and stems growing up. I, the first hit I ever took, I had two bottles of Boone's Farm. It took, finally triggered me to say, oh, let me try that stuff. I had a beer can bong. You ever try one of those? Yeah, so yeah. we crushed down the beer can, put a little spot, you know, hit it. I had never puked in my life from alcohol, ever. I w- it was famous. I was like seven, 16, 17 years old. We were at the riverbank, as you would expect. Hit that, two bottles of Boone's before the football game, right? So we drive up there, and I say, you know, I, you guys go in. I'm going to stay in the back, the back seat of the car, right? I close my eyes. I hear him knocking on the door. It's like five seconds later, but it was like an hour and a half. I was just done, passed out. I wake up and they're like, we're going down to the wherever. Oh, the dance. There was a dance. We get, I go, guys, you go in. I'm going to stay in the car. Same thing. Fine. The first thing I really remember, I'm up on the main loop, puke over my shirt, just standing, waiting, hoping it could get late enough. My parents would be asleep. Yeah, I, me and we did not go together mm. after that. I went to the uh, the pot store yesterday. I took my mom. She wanted some. Uh, You're causing her that much stress. Uh, well, she came to visit. She's from a non legal state, and she wanted to to buy some pot. So I took her in. Pot. This is, that- is uh, uh, marijuana. <laughs> I think people know what pot is. No, yeah. it's just I haven't heard that phrase in a long time. Uh, is, really? I call it weed still, and that's old school. So. Like, I think it's can they love cannabis. Yes. Because it gives it like a tactical beauty. Uh, yeah. But so we went in and she bought more weed than I was allowed to purchase in one transaction, which I've ne- it's never had. I don't buy weed very often. And if I do, I don't buy very much at all medicinal purposes only. So it's like for the me. drugstore. You can only get like four of the. Yeah. There's like, a, I didn't know there was a limit. And mm. they were like, you're going to have to take that to your car and come back in and purchase the rest. Boy, it doesn't seem like there's many constraints in that case. No, it's like the not. lobster buffet at the Palms. You know, there's only <laughs> one, one lobster tail per trip, but you just get back in line. Exactly. I've heard about that. that apparently, you've got to get in line before it even opens to make it by the time it closes. True, but I have a diamond card, so I cut the line. It, it, I can isn't get that what I'm there. supposed to have? A diamond. You promised me one on air, didn't he? Still yeah. don't have it. Let me, look, oh, I didn't mention you this. You said you have to go down you're, there with You're going to love this. Uh, it's a companion card, diamond card, okay? But So in this case, it's a companion seven-star card. Yeah. As soon as you get that, you can use that. Is for, this? Am I saying if I sign for it, I'm your companion? Yes. So deal with it. What exactly does you that mean? You cut the line and you get free parking. <laughs> what, 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 what more can you But But now, so then you walk up the palms and you say, I'm a seven-star. You don't need. They're not going to ask, is it a companion seven-star? They're just going to say you're a seven-star. Bang, you're a diamond. Now you don't. 
don't now, say bang and companion. Bang, bang. You know what? You, you, you know what? Bang, bang. You know, you, you taught me this. You eat two meals uh-huh. at once, like within two hours. Uh-huh. You know what the reverse bang, bang is? Oh. You you throw up two meals. Close. You skip dinner and you work out like a madman instead. It's the reverse bang, bang. That sounds terrible. Well, I tell you this: if you do that, you probably bang, bang more. <laughs> I mean, all right, let's think. I'll get I'll get to few, your cards. I got a few thoughts in my head. One is I'm walking to the desk with Fez to establish our companionship. And right when we're like four steps away, he whispers really quick, hey, we're going to have to hold hands up there. Hey, put, or something hey, like that. Hey, put your wedding ring in your pocket. <laughs> I think he let me get my joke out before Sorry. he jumped right on top of it. Go ahead. You want to? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, but you know I would. Now, kiss, no, you know, but yeah, yeah. On the cheek? Yeah, Italian style. Okay. Tony Soprano did it with Polly Walnuts. What the no, hell? No, you'd have to lean over and do it like that on his cheek. Like uh, That noise was a very, very depressing. It turns you off of like the a, seven stars card. It was card. like Adrian Adonis. Remember when Adrian was? was <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been great. My pick. All right, so we're good here? San Fran under. Love it. Yes. I don't think they've made much of a case. No. <laughs> you want uh, I, Yeah, do I want out of it? Yes. I had to pick an over in this division. I too late now. Okay, Fez, you have under San Fran. Now you've got an over bat in the West. Yeah, Seattle over five and a half wins. It's Cha-ching. big to the over. I button, but I'd push it right now. So you, you're pushing Yeah, it? yeah. I'm going to keep this simple. If I'd never seen a season win for any team, and you had asked me what would I have expected Seattle to be, I'd be like, I think they're going to win six games. So the fact that their season win number is below six, you know what? Seattle is not a bottom feeder. Seattle is not a team that, like the Jets or Houston, that wins four games year after year. I refuse to believe with a coach as old as Pete Carroll that they're suddenly going to just start tanking. I think they're going to keep trying. I get well, it. Hold on, though. If you go into the year with either Geno Smith or Trey Lan- or I'm sorry, not Trey Locke. Lan- Lock. Lock, you're kind of giving up on the year. You're kind of sc- – I don't think they're giving up. They're just screwed. Well, Jimmy G they could trade for. Yeah. Jimmy G's a huge upgrade. You know what? Who's, I know they're both in division, but it's it's possible they get Jimmy G. It's possible Jimmy G gets released, and somehow he finds his way to Seattle. Well, you're making the bet right now. In which case, I, I win automatically if, yeah, if we get it. I him. think it looks good for sure. All right, so here's what we know about Pete Carroll uh, in win totals because this is fascinating. This year it's at 5.9 or 5.8, the way we're kind of calling it. Um, now let's look at some recent years now. All right, so by the way, this is – the lowest win total. We look back five years, hmm. and we said, okay, there's six years now, this year plus five. Who's the sixes, which means the lowest? Who's the ones, which means the highest? This is one of the sixes. These are the teams that have the lowest win total in the last five years, including this year as the sixth year. The Steelers, and this is with more, you think about more games, right? Hmm. Seattle, the Patriots, Falcons, and the Falcons. I mean, I think it makes sense Seattle's lowest because it's the first without Russell Wilson. Right. It kind of doesn't as much. I mean, the Steelers is kind of interesting. Big Ben, it's, I'm not sure it's a downgrade, a quarterback. But let's look at the numbers of Pete Carroll just to show you how different this is. So he had, uh, let's think about this now. The win total was eight and a half last year, nine and a half the year before, nine and a half the year before. So... 
that was right there in the second tier of playoff teams, always at nine and a half when it was 16 games. Now, how many points is Russell Wilson worth a game? Seven over, six over uh, luck? Yeah, let's do the math. So we got Russell. Luck. I got Wilson. You know, I only have him. He's not as elite as he was. I only, yeah. So I only have him as my number eight quarterback in the league. How many points better than average? Two points better. And how many points below average is Drew Locke? Three points worse. All right, so five points again. Times 17. All right. 85. It's about three games. Okay, three games. And then if we say last year was eight and a half, so it puts it in the universe. Yeah. Okay. Now, Seattle was unlucky in some ways. Um, Let's look at turnovers. That was one, if I recall, that jumps out at me. Uh, Seattle was the 28th most lucky team, which means they were very unlucky. Uh, I guess fifth most unlucky team. They got they cost themselves 28 points. Well, they didn't cost themselves. There was 28 points of bad turnover luck. Mm-hmm. That's one game right there. Consider with his mallet finger, he missed three games, right? And then he had like three games he wasn't near himself. No. So this team had uh, six games without the you know true Russell Wilson. Yes. I think last and I think all this talk about Russell versus Pete Carroll and that Russell is fresh and new and he wants to cook and Pete Carroll's an old stogie. You know, you look at Pete Carroll's one of the. I think it'd be impossible to say he's not one of the five best coaches of the last decade. I mean, yes, you, yes, you look and, at just and, results. And yes, and now you could say he got a little bit older, so maybe he's yeah you know, borderline top ten. Not quite what he was. Even if he's an average coach, why why has this become automatically the worst team ever? Yeah, exactly. That's why, like I said, if, if I just woken up, if I'd been in the Bahamas with Brady like the past year, and I just got back and you told me Seattle's over under six and a half, I'd be like, yeah, that seems about right. You know, I don't think I'd be rushing to bet under. I I, I This would have been my second. Oh, okay. Now, this is fascinating. If you look at the fourth quarter win share, so this is saying, what was the chance of winning? Did they win the game? So this is really replacing clo- you know, record in close games. This is so much better. Seattle was the fourth or the most unlucky team, the most unlucky. They should have won two more games. Mm. And they did win seven. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm telling you, a lot of things point you to Seattle. You got Lockett and Metcalf. It's a passing league. You don't have a good quarterback, but you got two really good wide receivers, two of them. Now, what's interesting is AJ just pressed the button, which opens up me to press the button. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with Fez. Oh, I'm happy I got that piece. What, what's your take? Uh, the Seahawks won seven games with one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. Now they've got the worst quarterback in the league. But he wasn't one of the best quarterbacks. Yeah. He was he was perceived to be, but he had a, the, like the mallet finger I think, and, and missing and, an action. Yeah, and, and you're still grading him two points better than an average quarterback, which m- maybe that was the case last year. He, he, nah, I, he wasn't two points better last year. I'm but, saying but this how year. How good Russell Wilson is this year doesn't even matter to this yeah, conversation, that, yeah. right? Yeah. The, what matters is how good was he last year versus what they have this year. Right, and he wasn't. He wasn't a top. I mean, there's he a was lot. meh. He was average, He's, especially after the injury. Mm-hmm. And then, who's to say to what degree he was even bought in? Because exactly, it, and 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 there's nothing worse than being a quarterback. I mean, 
Look at Big Ben. I mean, he he gutted through a lot of a lot of the years, but like, it, see, I disagree with that. Russell Wilson with mallet finger was still a top a warrior. You're yeah. right, and you got and you. I mean, but but like with the really quick releases and everything that he got, but maybe, but, but a lot of quarterbacks, like the Aikmans of the world, that win and Marinos, they win all these championships, or, or they they go to the playoffs year after year, and then on the tail end of their career. The fire's just not there anymore. Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Jimmy G, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Those are the five quarterbacks behind Russell Wilson and QBR last year. I wonder where Derek, where Drew Locke will be this year. I'm sure he'll be right up there. No, I mean, if the, if the bet was who was at even money, who was a better quarterback, Drew Locke or Russell Wilson, if somehow we were betting the other side, you'd be right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Hey, we so do have the, with the he he was the tenth in QBR last year. We, Russell Wilson was, and they won seven games. We do have a really good backup quarterback, so we got two kicks at the can here. No, you don't. You have two mediocre backup. No, quarterbacks. both. No, Drew Locke's a very good backup quarterback. You you think that Drew Locke is an? I is, think Drew Locke like 40, stinks. You think he's like the forty fifth best I, quarterback? I do. Um, hmm. I think the fact. That Seattle was almost a game because of the turnover, bad luck, and two games because of the fourth quarter win share, and then six games that Russell Wilson wasn't Russell Wilson. I mean, obviously, well, three, he was out. I mean, you would agree Russell Wilson for multiple games after he came back from the injury was not himself. Was not himself. Plus, I love... Betting on a team like the city of Seattle, the fans there, they're loyal, man. If this is not like L.A. or Philly where the team can like go to the playoffs three years in a row and then they stink and they get the boo birds come out. They're still going to have a massive home field advantage. I wonder about – so Jimmy G's a free roll. I, I mean, I guess my point would be I don't think this could go any lower. This feels like one of those cases, can you imagine it lower? Oh, what? no. If it hit – I mean, five and a half – there's five and a half and there's sixes. Let's face it. So obviously, yeah, this one's a, that's, I guess that's what we need to like. Where are we? We graded five point eight. That's well, what the chart well, says. I mean, okay. Yeah. And there's no subjectivity here. Yeah, we'll just adjust the vig. It's good. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that's what you had written down, Mackenzie. Five and point eight. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's no subjectivity. All right. All right. I like my bet. Now, next game is mine, and it's the last one in the West. I'm going over Rams. Super Bowl champs. Yeah, but here's the thing. Are they priced like it? I mean, right now, if you look at Super Bowl odds. They're fifth. The Rams are behind the Packers. The Rams are behind the Bucks, And, I mean, they're not that far. I mean, I guess San Fran is a little bit behind them. It just seems to me, like, what's been the downgrade with the Rams? They, they, they lose, lo- Von, lose Von Miller, lose Odell Beckham. All Quarterback right, so, got an injection oh, oh. in his shoulder. Hold on a second. So Elbow. All right, so I, I would say the Bears receiver is an upgrade over Beckham. Oh, yeah, A-Rob a- might be. And they're saying in camp he's just like, At the worst, same. Yeah, so let's accept that. Vaughn Miller, I agree, lost. But otherwise, I mean, I guess Whitworth, you know, that yeah. left tackle they're happy with from all, you know, again, this is camp He stuff. looks like A.J., by the way. Whitworth? Yeah. Huh. Um... You agree, AJ? No. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he's a giant bald guy with a beard. But other than that, Mackenzie, put his picture up. Let RJ decide. The, uh, we've but done he, this before, we've and done R- it before, and I, th- I was RJ thinks that he might be black. Oh no, that's a that's the given, right? I thought that the question was that some people said. He, 
I yeah, because remember, Mackenzie, you read about it and you said he he identifies. Don't I remember that? I remember there was some question about it. I don't remember him identifying as black. Huh. That's A.J. Hoffman. <laughs> they lost Robert Woods, too. It's funny. There's one of these pictures. He looks like um, the Fresh Prince's dad. <laughs> he does, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> I like the Fresh You know, Tyra Banks was on there before she was Tyra Banks. Mm-hmm. Looker. All right. Um, to me, the Rams brought back more than the average for a Super Bowl team, meaning if you take a typical Super Bowl team, mm. you got them bringing it back, they brought back more than typical. Thus, did they bring back everything like Tampa did? Like, no, but more than typical. What's impressed me is ever since Belichick depanced the Rams and the coaching staff and McVay in that Super Bowl, I thought – Oh, he's a, you know, he's all hat, no cattle. And he's, he, he's a good talker. He's young. He's good looking. L.A. The more I listen to the real analytics or the real X's and O's people, they think McVay is a true innovator. That what he did with, with uh, Stanley, he, uh, pretty much an unknown, Staley, an unknown defensive assistant for Fangio plucked him made him D.C. at a young age, and the guy was so good he had a head job a year later. Mm. Then you think, oh, it looks like he's resting on his laurels. He's going to a guy that didn't teach his too high safety to, Raheem Morris. And what they're saying is by the end of the year, and the, I would recommend the athletic NFL pod if you like X's and O's because they go into it deeper than any show I listen to. And they were talking about some of the innovations the Rams did on defense. And I, I, I could try to regurgitate what they said. I wouldn't do it justice. But let's just say the gist is they're innovating. The culture there is he's such a maestro with, with, with the, the modern player. Hmm. The modern player reacts to him, McVeigh. And that's one of the greatest assets you can have. They want to go play for him. Doesn't he? He's a motivator. It's like, motivator but, but, but and he's not also, 90 like Pete Carroll. So. And he's also, though, I think he's a culture builder. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, another thing about the Rams, they were really compromised in the running game. They went, they, they, <laughs> they leaned on Akers, and Akers was terrible. I mean, he was I back mean, from an Achilles. Yeah, like he wasn't close to 100%. And, and I mean, they have Daryl Henderson. They, I mean, they have a good. Yes, running back too. Also, so the fact that they were just banging Acres for whatever reason, he was gaining his two point eight yards per per carry, and they still won the Super Bowl. And now with two good running backs or two capable running backs, I should say. Well, but neither one of those running backs has even practiced in the preseason because they're both already banged up. Yeah, but, but that's no one's no one's playing in preseason for the Rams. So not, they're not practicing. Yeah. The same. So, th- so yeah. you are, are Matt you, Stafford's practicing. So are you a um. Uh, are you that? Would you go under on the Rams? I mean, you no. haven't pressed the green button. No, I won't go under. Uh, it just, I mean, it it feels too obvious. It feels, for lack of a better term, it feels square. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It would be if this price was different. The schedule's really hard. That's the one thing that. So, McKenna, why did I wouldn't you get my over. schedule analysis? I hate it to you. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't. See, oh, here it is. Okay, I'll tell you about the schedule. Thank you. How's your schedule look, RJ? Well, I tell you, <laughs> as I find the L.A. Rams here, you know, I have a theory on the Rams, by the way, quick aside. 
So in the, the Fast Star database, which is the play-by-play -play that we've been working with extensively now, and we should have some nice products for you guys. Um, L.A. is known as L.A. The Los Angeles Rams, who I've always done L.A.R., and almost everyone I've ever seen does L.A.R. in L.A.C. for the Chargers, right? New York, NYJ, NYG. Okay. The NFL has endorsed them being L.A. Really? It's crazy. I just changed them to Rams. I go LAC and Rams. It's, this is my story now. Okay. And <laughs> my turn to step on it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, well, I, but I didn't step on you because no. I said something different. But he, <laughs> here's the interesting thing. The Rams owner is one of the richest owners. He's a power broker, right? I wonder if they have someone on that staff smart enough to realize if we get the LA moniker and that becomes even just with the data people and who knows how that trickles out. We'll be the L.A. It's not L.A. Rams as if there's another L.A. team. We're L.A. Mm. That, that, that's, that brand space, that mind space, the Chargers guy's just counting his dollars, making sure he's not paying someone severance or whatever nickel and dime stuff he's doing. And Cronky is like, or at least one of his people seems, I don't think, why would they just go to L.A.? That cannot be a coincidence. It has to be a brand, like some type of effort to establish L.A. is the Rams. Mm. The L.A. Chargers, they're there, but L.A. is the Rams team. Yes. I, it's pretty interesting. Well, I have you. I have to ask you. Uh -huh. So Anaheim's owner, finalist, he, 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 now he's going to sell the team. But The, the Angels? The Angels. So the narrative is that, oh, he's given up. He's like, yeah, I can't win with the Angels, so he's just given up. That's, that's, that's the storyline. Now, this has to impact the, the team and the motivation of the players. They're already having this this crap year despite having the two best but, but, but players. But the question is how happy were they with this ownership group if, if yeah if so someone if there's going to be a change and it's a and it probably will be upwards maybe it enthuses them possibly yeah so i guess it all depends right like if you're on a uh, let's say you're in the prison yard <laughs> and there's this guard who's just uh he's a they call him bulls he's a hard bull mm -hmm. if you hear he's retiring are you happy yes because there's a chance you're getting someone better yeah yeah, I don't know. By the way, Cronky, the fifth richest owner, uh, Spanos, 22nd. Sounds about I, well, Spanos, if he actually paid, yeah, I mean, supposedly he's a nickel. Did you dime. see what the Raiders are worth now? Valuation of like $5 billion. Remember, you, were, you documented how they were going broke in Oakland. And then I said that this, this uh, Gruden thing was brilliant because the $100 yeah. millions a rounding error, and forgetting before, obviously, the controversy was negative. It was just bridge them, distract and take enough heat, get enough attention to get us to Vegas. And they've gone from $1.5 to $5. You just know, somehow I could get paid like for those kind of insights. Yeah. I don't know. All right, here we go. Strength of schedule. Los Angeles. Oh, just L.A., I guess. All right, they're 29th on the list. So that means that effectively we think they're going to lose 1.4 games because of the schedule. Um, the Bills are below them even, 1.7 games. The Patriots, 1.7. And the one team worse than all of them, the Bengals, minus 2.3 games. Ooh. Now, the teams with attractive schedule, so that means going from hard to easy. So just to give you a little context, the Rams had the second easiest schedule last year, and now they have the 17th. So they're still below average, but it's a big move, mm -hmm. right? Um, the Giants went from the – they have the easiest schedule, 
and they had the second hardest. That's about as big of a move as you can get. We're counting that for three games of adjustment. Washington was six, or sixth this year, easiest. 32nd last year, they had the toughest. Lions, fifth to 28th. And finally, the Bears, fourth to 24th. Hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm going over, Rams. And just to kind of finish the point from AJ, wouldn't you agree, Fez, you have a, a team that for all intent, I mean, it's not like anyone's aging out. Like, is there a key player you're going to say he's old now? Like, Steelers Aaron, won the four Super Bowl. And how old is Aaron Donald now? I mean, he's like 29 or 30, but I mean. I thought he was like 32. No. No. Take a look. I mean, 31. 30, all right, huh? there you go. So, I mean, he's still been as for a D lineman, I think for sure. I mean, yeah. they said he played as well last year as he's played. Everyone's getting a year older every year. All right, that keeps happening. But what I'm saying is Stafford's a couple years from old being an issue. Cooper Cup's young. I mean, well, he's 30, I think. Yeah. But Jalen still, Ramsey's young. I mean, Ramsey's a couple. I mean, the Rams are in trouble in three years. Yeah. But right the Rams are, are they're in trouble if they lose any of their superstars. But yeah, you talked about that out. last year, but them being like a top-heavy roster, which makes them For sort sure. of uh, it, a wide range of outcomes. But I, I generally like the Rams. It, it's just all all these numbers in the, in the NFC seem tied to me. By the way, or good NFC coach. West, pardon me. Good quarterback. They go over. Yeah. It's that simple. I mean, but wouldn't you say, Fez, that usually if you have a defending champion that the idea that they're like the fifth favorite to win the Super Bowl, unless it felt like a fluky win. And I could make the case that them being the, I, I don't know, you guys may want to remind me, the division winner that got the you know four seed, but I thought they were dominant in the play. I mean, Cincinnati was a coin flip game, but they beat Tampa Bay. So, I mean, they got up so much. They, yeah, they, they, they struggled. They had played a bad game against the 49ers. What's the, uh, I, that was it. Yeah, but I guess if you win. 49ers are good, though. You know, 49ers. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, if you win and you don't cover, what were they? I mean, if they're close to the spread, they won by three. It was a close game. Yeah, maybe I'm just more I think. Go ahead, AJ. I was going to ask you what the offensive line turnover looks like for for the uh, the Rams because that's one thing that concerns me a little bit. So, McKenzie, we got our, our offensive line turnover factors. Um, do the Rams meet the criteria? Yes, they're one of two teams with an above-average offensive line that's retaining – less than half of their offensive line. We've identified this Ooh. as a trend. Two and 21, two overs and 21 unders. Teams with above average offensive line, like the Bucks and the Rams did, returning less than half of their line, like the Bucks and the Rams Under are. Underperformed by 1.8 games versus expectation. I invented the trend. You did. <laughs> I just memorized the results. <laughs> All right. Um, it's like McKenzie's like... So does Rams and Bucks qualify, McKenzie? True. Hmm. We'll be talking about those bucks soon. Yeah. I got to tell you something. In hindsight, <laughs> I'm happy I got my exposure on Seattle. I like Seattle over more. I'll press the button. Hmm? I'll press the button on you. On the Rams? On the Rams. Oh, after the stat. Yeah. That makes me feel better. He's using your own research against you. <laughs> interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> Um, get, get that man dirtiest player in the game shirt. No, 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 no. no. no just to say this, it will be one month that I'm going to persecute him <laughs> financially. I mean, what I'm saying is for, for a month, I'm going to just every angle shot I can take at him. I like that he did this, but he has to feel the, the wrath coming back. Late in December, <laughs> if, RG, if RJ bets you a team won't get the number two seed, I recommend you not, <laughs> do not make that bet. Quickly. 
Quickly, Fez. <laughs> We're on national radio. <laughs> it was a sweet Dead match. air, dead air. <laughs> All right, next division. Fez, why don't you start? Yeah, let's go the south. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a fascinating now, team. Now, this is one we all okay. three got Yeah, triple, triple, like, should I lead the way here? Yeah, triple best bet, I think. You know, I'm Actually. stealing RJ's best bet no, 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 because no. he gave it up before we were away in the week. So going Tampa Bay under, you know, this one's a no-brainer. Uh, what's the narrative on Tom Brady? How do you beat Tom Brady? Well, it's hard to beat him because he's super— Pressure up the middle. Yeah, he's super focused, and he's dedicated 24-7. While he's been in the Bahamas, something seems amiss in terms of that dedication. And, and the reports today are maybe some serious family strife, you know, to the potentially, you know, some type of— uh, I don't want to speculate, but let's just say that it doesn't feel like it was about fun. Yes. Yeah, so but it doesn't change, and no one does this kind of stuff. Five days at Bahamar. Baha- Mar- or at uh, the Cove at, at Atlantis probably change that. Giselle will be happy. But see, that, that's not what they're saying though. Mm. What they're saying is this, and, and again, they probably did a PR mistake by having to be a place that sounds luxurious. Yeah. But m- my sense is it was to get a, to a secluded place for them to do what they had to do. I mean, I'm Russia gonna, would have been better. Yeah, but places you'd be safe. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and so what I'm saying is, I still believe. Let's just say, let's just say hypothetically or speculating that they were talking about the uh, the d- uh, dissolving of their marriage, and it was about it was like a big summit to have visitation, lawyers, or that. If that was the case, or a last ditch effort that involved like a boot camp type marriage counseling, that from what I gather, that's what it feels like. It doesn't change if people don't do that during training camp. And Brady had a sense of entitlement that allowed him to do that. How much does that say about his mindset for the season? And how much does it say about even if he, if it was unavoidable, how distracted he's going to be? He's either distracted because he doesn't care as much or he's distracted because something else is so big in his life. And, and Scott had a great point. Like maybe we, we look week one, that Dallas game, Tampa, Dallas, where this, like where he brought up the Aaron Rodgers Jeopardy distractions. Was he going to come back? And then Green Bay didn't show up week one, but they did have a fine season and Rodgers won the MVP. Um, and the fact we speculated on Dak Prescott where it was physical, but that first game, though he played all right against Tampa, it was like, if you don't have time in camp to get ready, when does it show? Usually at the beginning of the year. Yes, but bottom line is, every week there's been another negative report about a Tampa Bay lineman. Their center goes out for the year. Now, a guy that might have been starting gets injured. You know what? It's just, and McKenzie's got the data on how these O-lines, when, when you have a really crummy O-line, you lose some guys, well, you might even get better. But if you have a, a good O-line and then it dissolves, that's a major, major problem. Um, and the markets, we talk about the market being semi-efficient, not efficient. The markets react when a Godwin gets hurt or an Evans gets hurt. Markets tend to like kind of slough off these uh, the, when the big uglies up yeah, the middle get hurt. I, I think this is more about durability of Brady. Mm. There's a sense that Brady will handle it. Brady got it covered. I think everyone's hearing this, and they can't imagine it affecting Brady. Yeah, but look at what, look at the Mahomes Tampa Bay Super Bowl. I agree. You know, like when when his line crapped out on him, he couldn't do anything in that Super Bowl, and he played great. I stumbled upon a phrase on SOV today. I said, Tom Brady has been different for all the reasons that are no longer the case. Hmm. 
And I think that's iconic, and that was strong. I think it's a good phrase. Is is dedication and all these things that made him different no longer seem to be the case. So why would he be any different? Now we're all good. Well, a lot of us are going to agree on this Tampa Bay pick. We all but, do. But I want to emphasize. In Wall Street, they, we love volatility. We love stocks that trade and are moving up mm-hmm. and down. Blue Star going up and down. We can make more money. So here's an example. A lot of volatility in Tampa Bay. You search around, you can still find 11.5 on Tampa Bay, minus 125 to the under. Um, As far as this wouldn't be volatility. Volatility would be price changes. This is there's a, the, the market has a, a far-ranging prices or wide-ranging prices, right? Yeah, that's a good point. It's... Um, yeah, but volatility is the wrong word. So a difference in opinion, maybe, would yeah, be. Or, would be. Or, yeah, just to say the mark, there's, there's, uh, there's mis, I don't know, to come up with a technical term, but let's just say this. There's a range of prices out there, and thus you can find bargains. Exactly. And Tampa's a very popular team. So there's a whole lot of, you know, second-tier derivatives where they're paired against college teams like Alabama, who's going to win more games. I personally bet Alabama plus money against Tampa. Well, I like Alabama a lot over 11. And I like Tampa Bay under 11, so mixing and matching them together in a head-to-head made a whole lot of sense. And I did play an Alabama—I did play a Tampa Bay under 9.5 wins, a double alternative under, if you will. And what was the take back on that? It was plus 350 when I bet. It's currently plus 320 at William Hill. Any thoughts, AJ? I mean, basically everything that you guys have said I agree with. I think that the turnover in this roster, after the Super Bowl you mentioned earlier, there was almost no turnover. Now Gronk leaves. Dominican Sue is gone. Jason Pierre-Paul is gone. Uh, Chris Godwin is banged up still. Uh, Antonio Brown is gone. Leonard Fournette weighs 300 pounds. There's just a lot of things that happen in this offseason. The offensive line turnover. It's it's not the same team. And just because Tom Brady's there doesn't mean that it's the same old team that's been there for the last two years. This is a different roster. I mean, even if Brady plays well, there's there's the real chance of the because whatever he typically did in the offseason, it doesn't seem possible he did the same level. It's got to be impossible. There's no way. So I, I, I you make good points. It's. I think this baby is starting to show the effects of the news, but even two or three days ago it hadn't. So this is one I think move quick if you like under. I strongly endorse betting it right now. In fact, I'd be shocked if this wasn't scalpable that you didn't see it go. You could probably get over eleven plus a dollar twenty-five at post. Okay, we got a Saints over. AJ, is that you? That is me. All right. And go ahead, bud. listen, the Saints have, have finished over 500 every year since 2016. Last year they were 9 and 8, and it, there was a ton going wrong for them offensively. I think they improve offensively, uh, and the, the schedule's easier for them this year. So, wait, a ton going wrong offensively. What went wrong? Uh, their number one receiver was gone. They didn't really have a number two now receiver. Now, the reports right now. Or he's in camp, but he's no better. Than yeah, I don't he, think Michael Thomas is going to be. I think Chris Olave. He the got guy a they, hamstring or something. Yeah, Olave was the Ohio State wide receiver they traded up to get him number eleven. So and reports out of, reports out of the preseason are he's just phenomenal. So I think it's a, yeah, I agree. The question mark, I guess. Hold on is, a second, I'm confused about something. Saints this year have the ninth easiest schedule. Last year they had the tenth easiest schedule. So. They have a pretty easy schedule. It's no easier than I'm, last year. But, the, the one that I looked at. That's the whole at. point. Is is the relative? It's all about the relative between years, right? Yes. Yes, and I, I, I think mine had fourteen and ten. So, but that that you thought the four slots was something to mention at the lead of the discussion? I think it matters. Okay. What matters more is Winston was five and two, and then he 
he was out for the he, year. He was gone, yeah. And, and so the team still won nine games, you know, essentially and, without him. But entering the year, they thought Winston was going to be there the whole year, right? Yes. And the win total last year, and I, I'm looking at it, last year it was we had 8.7, and this year we have 8.6. So the fact he got hurt and they did what they did is interesting, but like, how does this team look today relative to how they looked last year? Well, entering the year, entering the year, they've got a healthy Jarvis Landry and a healthy Chris Olave, which gives them weapons that they didn't have last season. Okay, but when you, if, if what you're saying is they had draft choices, the assumption in the NFL is you age about the equal amount downward as your draft choices bring mm. you upward. Now, if you have high draft choices, maybe you get better. That's the theory, right? But now the Saints did mortgage the future in a way for one extra first round pick. So let's accept that's an infusion you typically wouldn't have. But otherwise, it's hard to look at the draft and say that's the— Now, listen— I think it's the defense, RJ, that going into last year, we're like, Saints are going to have a real high-powered offense, but some questions on defense. With Winston, you thought? I think so, yeah. Yeah. The the feeling was Michael Thomas was going to get back, and he never did. But um, but the surprise, I think, was that that defense really was good last year. And but the Saints' defense has been good for ten years, or for like eight years. It's good. Not. I wouldn't say it was elite. It was borderline elite last year. It was really good. I would make the case if you went back and said last five years for the Saints, their average DVOA on defense, but not counting last year. So the five prior years. Man, I would say that last year, if it was better than average by a significant margin, I'd be shocked. You're saying you did. I think it was better. Yeah. Um, They're certainly on the field longer, and they have great stats. And they lost Marcus Williams to free agency, but they get Tyron Matthew in. So I I think that's a a wash at worst. Um, I I agree with that. They lost, is Armstead? They lost one of the good on the left tackle. Yeah. yeah, He went went to uh, uh, Miami. Um, with a left-handed quarterback, which is interesting. <laughs> um, I, I haven't heard anything that makes any sense to me. So I get Winston is back, though. So again, they won nine games with with Winston playing less than half of them last year. They, we think Tampa is down. I think we. I mean, we all just agree that they're down. Well, and the, the other mean, two teams. Well, aren't I, I think close. they would have won ten with Winston last year. And if they had just won ten and he was back, we'd say their well, over under was the their over under was going to be now. It's going to be you know ten or nine and a half. Well, it wasn't going to be 10. You're right. Nine and a half. Uh, You're right. Okay. No, I'm just trying to think. I, here's why I do like the Saints. I like that the team is making statements that they believe they're in it this year. Yes. I mean, j- just getting two first-round picks, not for a quarterback, but just to have a, you know, a left, uh, what would it be? A, uh, a left tackle and a wide receiver. Yeah, that's saying we are ready to win now. Now, you've got a coach that had one other stint, and he was not good. No. All right, with the Raiders. So how wouldn't you have if I would have said which coaches when with X's and O's are the most valuable entering last year, Sean Payton would have been in your top five, right? Top two. Correct. Yeah. Top two. Belichick Payton. So Andy Reid. Yeah. So McVeigh. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is we've lost how much is that coach worth? Probably a point and a half. Yeah. I what I'm saying is Do you agree with that? Go more or less. That's versus an average. So there's, specula- sounds, there's speculation. Here's the thing. I think after this is a team I'd like to see a couple games. I mean, every team you'd like to see a couple games. But I believe the difference in this offense will be the question. Mm. And, and if, maybe that's why this number 
was open so much lower. It was low, open as low as seven and a half. Is that the the feeling as well? If 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 Dennis Allen's a, is a point worse than average, and Peyton was a point half better. Now we get two and a half times the seventeen, and so we're looking at a game and a half. Yeah. And I think it was important for the Saints to to retain Pete Carmichael, who's the the OC that's been there since two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. So this is a guy who's been under Peyton for years and years. There's not going to be a, a change in terminology. There's not going to be a change in scheme. They're going to be running Sean Payton's offense. Is Kamara going to be out there week one? I, is that the I, feeling? I've got no pretty idea. much. No, I think that the feeling is he's going to miss some games. That's what I heard I before, and lately I've been hearing maybe not. Well, I think he'll miss some games for sure. It's just, is it this year? Because if, he, they're, oh. waiting for the, if they're waiting for the legal system, is right? Is that why? I mean, that's my guess. Mm. Um, and I also think it's big that if if Jameis Winston gets hurt again, they've upgraded backup quarterback, so you don't have to see Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill taking quarterback snaps. I mean, Taysom Hill was was competitive for the starting job. I mean, and Taysom Hill's not allowed to take quarterback snaps anymore, so they, they – they ended that experiment. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is entering the year, there was no sense they were coming in weak at backup. It's just it, – and the funny thing is if you look at Taysom Hill's record, I think it was 5-2 and two as a starter. Um, he was really good last year. Who's the backup now? And Andy Dalton. Dalton. Okay. He's one of the best backups, obviously. I mean, at some point we got to stop saying that. Well, he certainly wasn't for Dallas. Well, the cast of characters isn't very good behind him. Although Minshew is the best backup. Yeah, I agree. So – who, who, who's your best backups? Um, I'll give you all the minus two and halves I have. Which um, is good. Uh, Brissett. Uh-huh. Well, he's the star. I know, but he still counts. Uh-huh. Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel? Yeah. He's one of the better backups? Yeah. I don't I'll get read that him. I, Maybe but Blaine Gabbert. Oh, God, no. Josh Johnson. No, I accept it. I'd rather have a, a, these active younger quarterbacks that they're really, you know, like the Baltimore backup. Oh, uh, Colt McCoy. Tyler Huntley. Colt McCoy is as good as, as Minshew, yeah, I think. I th- well, no, I don't think he's near as good as, as Minshew. What about I, he'd Keenum? be number two, I All think. Right. I think he'd be number two. Keenum I put below above McCoy big time. Yeah, I got um, Foles. Yeah, yeah. Darnold. You haven't mentioned Geno Smith yet. or uh, right? Hoyer. Tyrod Taylor. Hoyer's like 42. I know. I, I put Tyrod. I mean, we got to see what happened with Tyrod. Heineke. Eh. I mean, Heineke's good it. for a game or that's two. That's it. Right. Flacco? Oh, I, I would put Flacco up there. He's got to be. I, I, got, I actually have Flacco as like a big drop off below those guys. I, I think he's washed. I think, Fla- I, <clears throat> I think Flacco will be better than Zach Wilson. That's what I'm saying. I, think I, I got him the same right now. So you have Zach Wilson as bad as like a below average backup? Yes. I have Zach Wilson a minus four right now, and I have, I have every other starting quarterback at least a minus three. So I've got him a good point worse than every other starting quarterback. Any thoughts on the Saints, McKenzie? Uh, just finishing up your point, they did have a great defense last year. It was number three by DVOA, which is pretty consistent. Over the last five years, they've averaged about fifth. So, oh, so. No, I even mean, with an offensive coach gone, I'd expect that to continue. You think about what? With an offensive coach gone, sometimes a team gets more defensive-minded in those cases. Now, the theory is if you've got an inept offense, it hurts the defense on get, the field too much. They get tired, yeah. Yeah, but if, you know, if it's a decent offense that's not, uh, that doesn't have a lot of big plays, it helps the defense typically, right? Um, and I, I also think that Carmichael being there because he was the guy who – it's not his – Tight end Harold Carmichael? No, Pete Carmichael, the, uh-huh. the OC – Remember, he's he's had he, uh, people say, well, Sean Payton's always called the plays, and he did, except for the year that the bounty gate happened. So mm-hmm. this is a guy who's had experience calling plays, 
Peyton's offense, but still him, him but, calling plays. But, AJ, plays. if we listen to what you're saying, this, this could be a pitch on why Sean Payton shouldn't – they should have fired him. Meaning you're kind of acting like he's irrelevant. No, I'm not. Well, everything you're saying seems like you are. No, I, I'm saying I was impressed that the Saints got to 9-8 and eight last year with the quarterback play that they were dealt. No, I agree, but Sean Payton was the coach. Yes, and I think Sean Payton was able to overcome that. I think now with full blo- like a full season of Jameis Winston. Well, we have no idea that's the case. No, I, but you know what? We can, I mean, we have no idea if, if Patrick Mahomes will play a full season. Well, but we said can't. we have a history that Winston is, is prone to injury. Yeah, right. At least lately. I, I I do endorse AJ's play. I like this over. I kind of do too. I just don't like it as much. I think the the, the price has moved. I mean, for me to play. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think if we get, but remember, too. The hitman gave this out back early in June. Wow. I mean, listen, every, uh, there was a lot of, I, to me, the biggest point here is the indications from the front office that they're super competitive, you know, that they're playing hard, that, they're, that they think. And they, they might be, even, that means they might even make another move. If, yeah. I mean, yep. or, I mean, it's just a mindset. Right. right? If, I agree with that. In Chicago, you got to worry, it, you know, is this a lost season? Not signing their linebacker. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next game. Fez, who do you have interesting in this? So we got um, – oh, you got Atlanta. I have a contrarian pick here. So Atlanta over four and a half. You know, Atlanta opened five and a half, and all the money was against them. Uh, feeling was they don't have a quarterback at all, and it's just going to be a well, rebuild. Is that feeling changed? Well, here's what's changed. And I, I think it has changed, actually. One, one key item has changed everything. So I've watched Atlanta in preseason. Uh-oh. And every time I ever watch Marcus Mariota, I get it's preseason. Not only did he not play all that effectively, but he always seemed like after every play was limping around the field, not 100%. He looks phenomenal. He looks as fast and as quick and as healthy as I've ever seen him. Because he's just starting to take hits. Well, and he's also willing to run the ball. In, Which is in problematic pre-season. about his well, health. But it's telling me it's fully 100% to start the year. So I'm buying. Wait, wait, what you're saying is he's, gonna, he's doing something that makes it inevitable he gets hurt. Well, but you're making it back because he's not hurt. It's four and a half. It's so you know what for, you, for, for a season with number to be four and a half, I need a quarterback. I need a I need a really, really bad quarterback like a where like do you a, ha- where do you, what starting quarterbacks do you have behind him? Uh I have I'm twenty fifth, so I have, I'm above what? Trubisky, All right. Lawrence, Fields, okay. Geno Smith, Trey Lance, Davis Mills, and Wilson. That's just a reminder of how shitty quarterback play you, is right now. You're sl- well, I disagree. Now that's a hundred percent healthy, Mariota. You're, sl- you're sleeping. You're sleeping on Davis Mills, by the way. I, I could well be, but I, I will I say could. I will say this, AJ. I agree with you. At the bottom, it's bad, but at the top, I'd make the point we've never had like the idea that Dak, or if you want to say Kyler Murray, or whoever's like your eighth, ninth. You're right. It's like because last year entering the year. I said every quarterback had a question except Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen only had had one good year. I mean, I could go to um, Burrow, blew out his knee, hadn't done. You know, you go up and down the list. There was one quarterback I was unequivocally positive about. Yes, Mahomes had a down year. I mean, relatively, every other elite quarterback had a good year. Yeah, Herbert, and you go up and down the list. Burrow, quantum leap, uh, a second good year from Josh Allen. I mean. My boy Herbs. Herbs. I mean, I'm telling you, I've never seen this many. Like, I could, you could almost make the case. See, I actually think Kyler Murray would be on that. So read your list. 
Mahomes. All right. Josh Allen. Okay. Rodgers. Uh, okay. Watson. When's Brady coming? He, Burrow. Uh-huh. Herbert. Uh-huh. Brady. Okay. Uh, Wilson. Uh-huh. Lamar Jackson. Uh, let's be, stop for a second. All 10 of them could be Hall of Famers. Yes. I mean, think about Not it. Not Deshaun Stats. Watson. And Stafford. No, I mean, if Deshaun Watson keeps playing like he he's playing, he should be a Hall of Famer. Dak Prescott, then finally, I, I don't think anyone's going to put Carr in the Hall of Fame. But you, So you have Murray over Carr. I have, well, first of all, you I have do, Carr over Murray. Carr's oh, yeah, 12th. Yeah. So you do realize Colin has had a big thing all spring that, that Carr's on pace for the Hall of Fame. It is. I, Carr might be the most disrespected quarterback yeah. in the league right now. He looks so good the last couple of he years. He was getting replaced. Well, that you're making my case for me. So. He was going to get replaced by so, Tom Brady. So, so, so no, he's going to get replaced by Mariota. So if if, if well, Carr but he didn't, it, but if Carr, it, but he did get replaced on some plays. They were they were they were. Is Gruden a complete? They, just, they were just running. They, they they yeah. They were just running plays. Do they run Brady, plays for Brady? You know, and the like. No. Well, so so maybe so Gruden must have seen so, stuff well, from Mariota. Well, first off, Gruden's. Uh, I mean, first off, how, how do we know how much? Remember, it was competitive to sign Mariota as a backup. He maybe promised him some packages too. But then there was even talk that Mariota might start for the when? Raiders. What, yeah, what but the people about? were down on on Carr before he like like the, there was a big talk about. It. Fez, listen, when it comes to the subjective <laughs> stuff, all right. I mean, what I'm saying is, I, I agree. Three years ago, yeah, but in the last couple of years, I haven't. Sensed. Can I bet Carr won't make the Hall of Fame? Uh, I mean, I got Colin's number. I don't know. I got it somewhere. <laughs> what? Why would that be? I don't know. <laughs> He's I changed think, it since then. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think you never called it, right? That's oh his, god, no. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be the weather. I could just. I could just. It's gonna be, it's gonna be the Los Angeles weather. It's, a, the, it's the same number Coach K gave you. Here's a voice. You, here's a voice message. Yeah, RJ. It's Col- yeah. It's it's Colin. Um, yeah, your guy Fezzik is calling. I don't know where who gave him the number. Can yeah. you do something about this? Find out what he needs and just give him the answer. <laughs> I, I read a uh, story on the the Athletic about Derek Carr uh-huh. and talking about the help that he's had over the last three years. And the Raiders EPA combined defense and special teams over the last three years before this is before last season was thirty second. Mm-hmm. And of forty one quarterbacks with at least three seasons as a starter in the last decade. He'd gotten the least support from defense and special teams, Derek Carr had. Mm. But how does defense and special teams support you other than, well, wins? Right. And they were 25 and 24 in those three years. Yeah. But I don't think I just think it's a, really I think it's a misperception of, of Derek Carr, is what I'm saying. Let me make my case for Atlanta. This is overwhelming. Go ahead. The rule of two. So you, I think you introduced me to this where you move the point spread up or down mm-hmm. two and see. I did. Okay. So. Oh. I was just doing it earlier this year with some of these or earlier this pod. So Atlanta's season win numbers four point eight. Let's move it up and down too. If Atlanta was two point eight, you're gonna go over or under? Over. Okay. Okay. Biggest bet of your life. If it was six point eight and sure you've been that. living in a vacuum and you hadn't paid any attention at all and you saw six point eight, yes. You would probably say, eh, you know, I kind of like, I kind of lean like on, uh, under, but it wouldn't stand out to you as like just being a ridiculous line. The reason I think you're right is because of this line move. In general, is if you say I'm going to play over the teams that got steamed up, or I'm sorry, under and over the teams that got steamed down, at some point, especially when the public has a chance to have their say, because the narrative is being driven how bad, I do think the extremes get too extreme. So I generally agree. Though I would say of all the bad teams, fundamentally I like Atlanta the least. I mean, like, what is other than their cornerback? You know, that that ended up being really good. 
they got a, a tight end that is really a wide receiver mm-hmm. that they took third. And it's like, this is a guy that if he's a receiver, he would have never went third and he can't block. Mm-hmm. So he's really a receiver. Right. So, and then they do another receiver, but no offensive line in the first round, but no offensive lineman. I don't know. It just feels like the team. And then they, the only reason they traded Matt Ryan was because they wanted to go for Deshaun Watson and he got offended. So they weren't playing. They, they, they extended his contract. Like his cap hit for Atlanta is like 40 million. So it just feels like that this is a cluster F, and I don't see why a cluster F I want to, you know, it feels like this team could go two and, you know, 14 or 15, I guess. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying, like, what is the anatomy? Is is a mediocre quarterback that's prone to injury, a, a rookie backup, now, this isn't the backup that got hurt. The it, Desmond Ritter is the backup. He's looked really good. He's it, oh, But he didn't hurt his foot, did he? No, no, no. Oh, that was Carolina's? Yeah, Matt, Matt Corral. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Ritter has, you know. Yeah. If, we, if Ritter's Ritter, playing, we're in Ritter trouble. On your list? Yeah, That's he, he, yeah. yeah, he didn't make the list. I'm not saying I like the under. I'm saying yeah. this feels like you're. It, this is like the Warren Buffett last puff of the cigar. This yeah. cigar is in the gutter. Well, it's actually the. It, 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 what, it's, I'm glad you brought that, that up. The under is in the gutter because they opened five and a half. And now people, the last puff was to play Atlanta under five. And now it went to, to four and no, a half. That's and I was not like, the, the analogy is when everyone was done with it is when you pick up the cigar. That's now. Well, now I'm fading the cigar. I'm going. No, no, no the all cigar. Right. Baz, all right. All right. This is Benjamin Graham. All right. It's, it's finance theory. The theory was Warren Buffett went a long time. He, he became a growth investor. But for a long time, he said, I want a company that's priced so low, it's been almost discarded. Mm. But there's one good puff left in that cigar. And thus, the theory is this thing has gotten cheap enough. It's like picking it up off the ground. Is there anything there? Because if there's anything there, they're going to go. Yeah, I'm going to puff over four and a half. I'm going to puff back to five. Yes. (laughs) All right. Next team. I've got, and this is a surprise, and a lot of people are going to say, why did you make this pick? This is Sam Darnold's team over Carolina. You know why? Because Sam Darnold's not going to quarterback this team. I believe, and I talked a little Cleveland, we'll talk it next week. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback that was wronged as much as Mayfield. I mean, this was a guy that was serious discussion that do they give him the uh, franchise contract, right? Middle of last year, it was should he be a $35 million, $40 million quarterback? And they said, maybe he's that middle ground that's like 32. But no one wants to take that 32. They want to get the big money. That was a debate, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's happened since? The Torres Labrum couldn't play, gutted it out, and so yeah. got thrown into the garbage can. Where would he be in that cigar or burning his forehead with it? <laughs> is, if the, is If he had just sat out from the point he hurt himself, there'd be some, you know, he might be a little soft. But I tell you this. He wouldn't be in the spot. I mean, he wouldn't have been discarded because he'd be right there with Matt Ryan and Tannehill. I, I, right there. I mean, I think he's. I think he's better than Tannehill. I, I th- I've got those three quarterbacks all in the middle, right in the middle, and I'm and I'm way sky high in Baker Mayfield versus other people. So and so, as are you. It sounds like. No, I don't know. I think most people agree with this. Mm, I mean, then why is the Carolina total six and a half? Because, because Carolina's non-quarterback roster is pretty terrible. McCaffrey's phenomenal if he and, can just stay have, on the field. Yeah, if he can just stay on the field. The guy who can't stay on the field. I mean, they're playing Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett, and the Lions pick him week one. 
Well, I'm not sure. I mean, how far off is it? I mean, the Browns have a top five roster other than quarterback, yeah. right? So, I, I mean, I guess my point will be that I think Baker Mayfield's a huge upgrade because I believe Sam Darnold is literally worse than an average backup. I've been saying that for years. Uh, his stats. I think at this point you've been proven right. And I, I also think, thank you. I also think that the fact he won this job so quickly. I mean, it, he won the job before the second preseason game. Now, isn't that interesting? Yeah. I, I thought he should have won the job around the time Tom Brady won the Bucks starting job. <laughs> and so, the, you mean before he was even on the team? Yes. <laughs> but that is, a, that is a great point that, you know, and, you know, Rule has every, you, you would think. Uh, he, his job's on the line. Yeah. I mean, his job, I mean, he, he, he's the favorite to be the first coach to be fired. I mean, and that's, that's my point was if, if you knew that your, your job was on the line and they said, okay, here's your two choices at quarterback, Sam Darnold or mystery, aren't you going to take mystery? <laughs> I would take a random player from a high school. You'd take mystery because it, you know Sam Darnold's going to get you fired because Sam Darnold's not changing from what he was a year ago. That's, that's Sam Darnold. Mystery, maybe he's good, maybe he's not, but you've got a chance, a puncher's chance. Sam Darnold doesn't give you that. You know what's funny? So, Fez, like four years ago, I, I gave you that exact argument that the uncertainty is value. as, And it's like McKenzie's feeding me my own numbers back in a haughty way. You're, every, it's like I almost feel like I've succeeded so much in influencing people, I'm not necessary anymore. Well, don't be doing that. I but. mean, <laughs> I agree, but it's so funny because – like they say it with so much certainty. Like they say their own stuff and it, they're, they're double. T- um, with, he sounded like an order right yeah, there. Yeah, what, what? Yeah, it was like. But, like a what? Like an. <laughs> you got to watch out for mystery. It's like Rocky. And he, you know, it was really a, strong. Apollo thinking, Creed should have fought Spider Rico, not the <laughs> Italian Stallion mystery. And then I'm, I'm thinking this sounds really good. Wait a minute, this is me. <laughs> I, did that seem familiar, Mackenzie? Very familiar. <laughs> did you know you were t- you were cribbing me right in front of me? I did not know I was cribbing you. I mean, we we've certainly talked about the idea of upside versus scratched off lottery tickets. So yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, that's just something. That- I mean, when you say we, you mean years before you came. No, I, I mean... Oh, that, we have too, but yeah. I mean, when you say we, the implication is, is that we collaborated on the content. No, no, no. I, I mean, a compelling I th- case here. Uh-huh. I got to tell you, because now all of a sudden, you know what? Rule's job's on the line, but I'm not convinced Rule's a terrible NFL coach by, by any means. Well, yet. I got to find out who made some of these decisions. Whoever decided to sign Sam Darnold a 50-year option should be fired immediately. Well, that's a player personnel decision, yeah. not a coaching but decision. He, he had that kind of power coming in, six-year deal. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, anyone from Houston knows there's a big difference. Yeah, that's you know, true. O'Brien that's true. and what that's he true. did. So there was one other thing that jumped out at me about Carolina. Is one is if you look at the PFF, I think it's PFF. Um, Mackenzie, double check that they they have them ranked last. So where's this? If you look at the win total, where are they stack ranked? I mean, because and here's the interesting thing: there's a seventh from the bottom. Is it seven? Yeah, Texans, Falcons, Seahawks, Jets, Bears, Jags, then the Panthers. So Jets are below them. Boy, Jets, no matter what they do, they're low. <laughs> well, the Jets, this was the worst-case scenario because if Wilson had just, like, you know, 
been knocked out for the mm. year. Then all of a sudden, but not Jimmy, for the franchise because if there's any chance right. that he's any good, they got to see him. Sure, but now he's going to be coming back week three with a limp. Maybe you know it's terrible. Or he rushes, and without or, the, yeah. The funny thing is, he had one of the best preseasons last year, and this year he had a bad preseason. Mm. So it's like he's even gotten bad in preseason. And now it gets no reps. I think all the comedy is playing with that girl. <laughs> uh, little Godfather quote. Okay. The 20, so Carolina had the 29th best luck. So effectively the fourth unluckiest team with turnovers. They gave up 44 points that they shouldn't have when you add up all the turnover factors. So they won five, should have won six and a half. I mean, so right there. So we're right there, and now we got a quarterback and we got McCaffrey back. And you got a, a, a bunch of influx of talent on the offensive line, which is that was the, the biggest question mark for them. It, like, if you looked at their presumed healthy roster going into last year, you would have said, this is a crap offensive line, but there's some except, good weapons except here. Except everyone said, Sam Darnold's finally going to shine mm. because he's got an offensive line. I, I mostly meant non-Sam. I knew Sam Darnold was going to be bad. That, but, but what I've, I'm saying is the, the, the theory was the offensive line was decent last year. That was going to be the big change. Every time Sam Darnold does suckies, it, someone else's career gets maligned. Yes. That's but, what I know. By the way, we're talking NFC today. All the NFC teams get nine home games. So that's important. So this all this strength of schedule that we're quoting is not 100% accurate because it doesn't reflect the fact that they get one extra home game. So everyone's schedule in the NFC is actually slightly easier than what we're so, reflecting. So that means the overs that you're giving out this week make you less physically ill than they will next week. Exactly. Okay. AFC overs make me want to puke. Okay. NFC overs, eh, we can find some. Last question about this. So there's a site called Inpredictum or something. I, I don't remember. I can never find it. It takes me four hours to find it every time. I finally bookmarked it. Um, they have an imputed line or imputed power rankings based on the lines. So there's a lot of theory about this is how many do you have to see. In general, I think they've come to seven or eight. They can get games in which they can say, you know, A plays B, B plays C, and all the different transitive The game things. of the year lines? Yes. All the lo- and I don't think that's – every game can't be the game of the year. So let's call them all look-ahead, the season yeah. look-aheads, right? Yes. And here's what's fascinating. If you look at Carolina, and Fez, compare this to your rankings, Carolina for them is number 24, okay? Mm-hmm. And they're minus two and a half points from an average team. Now, how's that line up with you? I'm 27th, minus three and a half. Okay, so in range, right? Mm-hmm. In range. Now, you've started dabbling. I don't know if you completed it with the offensive-defensive components. Yes, I haven't. I, 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 I got to take the next step with that. You might want to do that. Now, <laughs> here, here, though, is my question. Is Would you say Carolina has a better offense or defense? Oh, much better defense. Mm-hmm. Much better. Okay. Now, what this spread-informed rankings does is they look not only the, the games, the sides, but they look at the totals. So, in a way, they impute does the strength of the team seem to be offense or defense because, hey, if there's an average team and their average total is 41 – and if they're an average team and it's 49, obviously it's a commentary on the offense and defense, one in one direction, one in the other, yes. right? This mathematical equation 
said Carolina minus 2.4. Okay. They said that their offense is a tenth of a point better than average. And their defense is three points worse than average. Well, I've got the opposite. Is this including, or is it assuming Baker Mayfield in the offense? You know, it may not. Um, it may not be updated since then. Now that brings up an interesting point because the offense should presumably be a lot better, right? Now. Yeah, I agree. Now, uh, here's my point, though. If that's the case, how much of an upgrade is it? So let's let's be realistic. Let's not try to be funny. I think it's what at least three points better Baker over Sam Darnold, right? Yeah, you know, I have a two and a half, but I don't like my number. I got Darnold at minus two and a half, and I, w- I think he should be a minus three. All right, so you agree three with points. three. I like your number better. All right, so if we go three times 17, right? What do we got, 54 in there? 51. 51. 51. Oh, 51. Game and a half. Game and a half. So what I'm saying is, what was, how did Carolina's total adjust? It went from six to six and a half. Half a game. Doesn't seem like enough, does it? No, it doesn't. I think that now, the only question that the only question we have to ask is that when they're carrying Mayfield and that was a six, did that include a chance Jimmy G comes to town well, or how, Baker but, comes but to but town? But how could it? This would be well. It did I know, include I the chance? That, I'm saying, but did, would that have made sense? That means yes. Carolina was in the market for a quarterback. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is the six makes sense that the line would have been lower if they weren't. If if they didn't. I mean, as bad as we can keep saying how bad Sam Darnold is. They weren't going to have a total like Seattle. It would have been five and a half. I think it would have been five and a half. I'm not even sure about I, that. People don't like Darnold. I think what's crazy is last year they went into the season. Everyone loved Darnold when he started three and zero. Well, he was running for a touchdown. Every well, what game. I'm saying is, it's like we're acting like there's some like intelligentsia. It's got some big. De- Everyone's been wrong about Sam Darnold two data, pretty much except me. But we got two data points. Right? Now. I mean, pretty he much sucked I, with the Jets, and now he sucked with Carolina. He well, sucks. I mean, I would think each year's a data point. Well, fair enough, but yes. So what I let's just act like the market was going crazy the other way for Carolina. I mean, look at some of the lines at the end of the year. I mean, well, I guess to some degree he wasn't even playing. Remember Carolina's season win total going into last year was seven and a half mm-hmm. with Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I mean, right. You're making yeah, my point. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's, point been made. A, there's been a downgrade, but there's still people this year that were saying how shocked they are. He won the job. I, I guess what I'm saying is how is Carolina considered one of the worst teams w- without Baker Mayfield? And how is it that Baker Mayfield's only a half a game upgrade? Neither of them makes sense. This, I'm not sure their line shouldn't be seven and a half or eight. You make a compelling case, right? Yes. I mean, their defense. You got them as an above average defense. No, right? I actually don't. I've got them, but, but I, I have them as like minus two for the defense. It's close well, to that's zero. That's crazy. They were better. Yeah. So that means you think the offense is better. I got them. I had them. As, my offensive numbers. Remember, I'm tweaking this still. I have okay. the offense being worse than a minus two. So that mean, but then you would have them like at minus four and a half or lower, which isn't what you have them at, right? Right. So, yeah. Before Baker Mayfield, certainly the defense was better. I believe. Well, let's just look at DVOA last year, right? I mean, it'll be our last thing on this, and we'll move on. The D had to have been good last year. Well, then why would it be bad this year? They were fifteenth. Yeah. Defensive DVOA. So why would they have gotten worse? They have a young. Remember, they drafted all defense at first. I'm liking this over. Yeah. I'm sold. And thirty-first on offense with the worst starting. I'm going to upgrade Carolina. I think so. I think so. All right. I've done my job. Next teams. Who do we got Next here? Next division? Uh, let me Next see. Division, We've done yeah. Divi- We've yeah. Gone so just these. to recap, three Tampa unders. Carolina over, Atlanta over, and Carolina was mine, Atlanta's Fez is over Saints. 
And was there any green buttons? No on green it? buttons. No, no. I think all three overs other than Tampa are viable. Uh huh. So says AJ. Next up. Viable. I viable. I wanted to. I wanted to throw that in. Oh, because my my team was viable, right? That's right. For the record, I think the Bucks are viable, even though I like the under. All right. Minnesota over. Oh look. Is a crossfire. AJ, you make your case with me. Okay. Uh, and, and Mackenzie, jump in wherever you need to. Yeah. So Minnesota is a team that I, I'm I'm bullish on, and mostly because I think that they've got a really high floor. It's hard for me to imagine them finishing under 500 again, given their roster. Again, so they, they were eight did, and nine last year. They did last year. They fired their coach. You're saying it's imp- they fired the best ATS coach in football, by all accounts, a second best. No, Belichick. He was, he was above Belichick. Really? Yeah. He, he had dropped below the fifty-nine percent that Belichick is at. He was so, second. So, what was his number at the end of the year? Fifty-eight percent for his career when he got fired. And that was uh, where did it rank? Second behind Belichick. All right, so second, and he was first for he he was like at sixty-three yeah. percent, and then obviously dropped off. Now, did he become a bad coach? No. I don't think so. The, the the narrative is that he wore out his welcome with his players, which sounds like an indictment of the players. Yeah. I, but but I, do you consider an upgrade uh, an unproven coach is an upgrade over the second best against the spread coach of the last decade? I think that a more modern approach oh, at head wow. coach. We got Colin Jr. here. Well, I mean, is it, do you think that he played? So is Belichick? So it's going to be an upgrade when Belichick gets canned? I, no. Well, he's not modern. Well, let's let's add up. Let's count the rings between those two guys. And oh, the the rings corollary. Okay, Robert Ory, greatest NBA player ever. <laughs> but Kevin O'Connell, he's already got experience working with Cousins, and the recent track record of former Washington football team assistants going to the head coaching jobs has has been pretty good with guys like Shanahan and McVay. Well, so, we might be going a little deeper into the pool at this point, right? Uh, maybe. I mean, was he the pool boy? Uh, what did he have at Washington? What was he? Kevin O'Connell? Yeah. Was the offensive coordinator. At Washington back 10 years ago? No. Well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about what recent history. I'm sorry. But, oh, aren't you talking about the Mike Shanahan tree? Yes. So was he so part he of that? So he probably goes back a little, for, a little after that. You're right. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but they add Zadarius Smith. They add Harrison Phillips. They get Danielle Hunter back. So the defense, I think, improves now, massively. Do we, expect, do we expect Hunter to stay healthy this is the year? Uh, I mean, he's stayed healthy every year but the last year. Is that right? Yeah. And last year, in, in seven games, he had six sacks. I mean, I, he's an, a big-time impact player. So I think getting him back. So huge. it sounds like maybe why Zimmer shouldn't have been fired. Everything he's saying. I so didn't far. fire him. No, but you, you're celebrating it with the upgrade of coach. No, I think the offense there, is going to be better. There was talk that Kirk Cousins and Zimmer were almost an impact. Well, listen, if Kirk Cousins doesn't like you, you cannot work in this league. How do you like me now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was that supposed to be an indictment of Zimmer? That came and cousins well, sometimes were Sometimes it's just a bad, it's a bad fit. But Minnesota yeah. was average on defense last year. Now with those additions, I think they I mean they could be a top ten unit. And well, I mean, you get rid of one of the top defensive minds, you got to improve. Well, on then defense. listen. I mean, it, well, I disagree with you. So I'm giving you why facts. Did, why why did, I disagree? Why did the Vikings so suck last year? Why did the Vikings suck last year? Zimmer's so great. ATS. What was, was his ATS they, record last year? They eight and nine. Was they sucked? 
Well, I mean, they, they, they sucked enough that he got fired. Games. What was their What was their fourth quarter share? Eight of the Vikings' nine losses last year were by eight points or fewer. That's called circular logic, by the way. If someone makes a bad firing, you can't say that's why they were a bad coach because they got fired. Mm-hmm. Vikings were the fifth most unlucky team to answer Fezzik's question. They should have won one and a half more games. Oh. But if you think about it, one and a half games puts them at what record? So Nine and a half. So they were eight. It would have been nine and a half. That's good pregame research. Yeah, no doubt. But the question is that I hear all like, like let's put this into context because it does show the difference between that record and one score games and truly the fourth quarter win share. So AJ, what was your one score stat? Uh, eight of the Vikings' nine losses by eight or less. Okay, and how many of their wins was by eight or less? Let me pull that up. Okay, they had some close wins. Yeah. So. Now, that sounds like, oh, my God, if they had just split in those games, forgetting they had close wins, right? But, okay, they have uh, four more wins maybe if it's five. But really, the fourth quarter win share says one and a half, and they would have been nine and a half wins. So the idea that this team, if they just run it back, is going to, like, win the division doesn't make sense to me. No, the nine and a half makes sense, and guess what? Five of their eight. Their season win. Okay, so five of their eight. Five of their eight wins, eight of their nine losses. What's their de- what's their season win? Nine point three. So it's now? Like one and a half or so. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, AJ. I'm sorry. No, I was I was agreeing with you. Yes. All right. Um. So w- what's the current total? Nine. Nah, it's like nine point three. Well, what did you write 9. down? Nine point two. Yeah, we said all things in the middle are that minus one twenty five. So yeah. in between. Nine point two five. Oh, our guess is our guess is with him. You you want to bet a little bit? <laughs> Really? Put it in escrow. Water's warm. All right, all right. Okay, let's look at these. Um, let's look at the games for a second. All right. So, Cincinnati they lost by three. In hindsight, that's not a bad loss. Um, they'll get how good were they at the beginning. They lost by one against Arizona. Idiot kicker missed the one game-winning field goal. Then they yeah. beat Seattle by thirteen. They lost by seven against the Browns. Baker Mayfield beat them, and then they beat Detroit by two. Ooh, that's not a good look. But they were in control of that game. Um, they beat Carolina by six. Not much there. Uh, bye. They beat, oh, they lost to Dallas by four. They lost to Baltimore. Uh, they lost to the, oh, they beat the Chargers. Beat the Chargers by seven. Beat Green Bay by three. Now that was a nice win. Lost to San Francisco. Beat Detroit by, oh, no, they lost by two against Detroit. They split against Detroit. I think their win against Detroit was, am I remembering that wrong? I had them in Survivor. It was an absolute miracle. Yeah, Detroit should have swept them then, right? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and Steelers, that was that Thursday night game. Big Ben staged a courageous comeback, but Minnesota won. They beat Chicago by eight, 17-9. The Rams, L.A., as they're called on this sheet, <laughs> the Rams beat them handily. Now, this game was in, uh, in Minnesota. Minnesota, and they lost by seven. That's embarrassing. And then they lost by <laughs> – To tw- the Super Bowl champions? Well, they're apparently not very good. They lost by 27 against the Packers, and then they beat the, the, uh, the, the Bears. Was that the Cousins anti-vax game? The Packers game was, yeah. yeah. Sean Mannion lost by 27. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're saying 
I didn't remember this. So you're saying Cousins he had to miss didn't that game play. with COVID. Yeah, yeah, and they got smacked. And Zimmer didn't like it. Game on the <laughs> playoffs Zimmer, on the line. Z- Zimmer didn't like that. No, no. Old, old school, old school. Well, wants his quarterback to be able to he, play with the playoffs and his job on the line. Time to hit retirement, Zimmer. Doesn't matter how much defense you know. Cousins doesn't like you. Oh, this is the trendiest pick. Would you? I mean, I'm hearing more Minnesota winning the division. Because someone doesn't like Aaron Rodgers pooping, whatever he's pooping, Askawaska, whatever. And it's like, you know who could have been? Kirk Cousins a little underrated. Second trendiest. Eagles trendiest. Well, man, you know, I mean, we got you. are going to get there. here, don't we, from you? So, well, you're just hedging out of your anti Eagles bets with me. I got it in when it was like eight and a half. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, well, Fez thought it was eight and a half. Yeah, wow. Well. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. Oh, okay, so. Fez, where are you at on this? You got to see Minnesota's trendy, right? Absolutely. And first year, I mean, is it me or he's never called play? RJ, this is as clear as crystal. We wait for everyone to just keep betting. Oh, Minnesota's going to win the division. Blah blah blah. And then five minutes before the season starts, press the button. We bet five minutes before we bet under nine and a half. See, it's going to not stop. And Minnesota plays fifteen close games again, (laughs) and everyone who teases them wins every week. And they're going to they're going to go they're going to go nine and eight because that's what Vikings do. They have like no. Like, like, like every game's a coin lucky. flip. Listen, I tell you this: team rankings does a really good job on the preseason. They got the methodology. Mm. They've thought it, and they do a downgrade for every first-year coach. And you've talked about this. We don't know how good these coaches, especially if it's their first job. What's this guy's name? O'Connell. Supposedly. Oh, yeah, O'Connell. <laughs> no, Kevin O'Connell is actually his name. Like it's on his birth certificate. I assume. Well, you're assuming. I don't believe it necessarily. What's his background? He was he, his ethnicity. Are you asking if he's Irish? <laughs> Irish, Irish Thank you. I, I would guess Irish. Well, that, uh, that changes things. Are you wondering if he's drinking on the job? Because Shanahan is an ex- excellent coach, so I'm wondering if Irish. Well, he worked coaches. under McVeigh most yes. recently. He was the OC. Mick. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know what you. I don't even. Ju- I judge people by the character. Yeah. Their, the, 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 <laughs> the quality their, of their character. Yeah, and and their the performance. I don't care who you're. I'm going. I'm right before the season starts. I'm going to go under. Well, you've just gone under right now. I want to wait for nine and a half. What I'm saying is, you just went under That's when you fine. pressed the button. It's already nine point three, nine point two five, whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mackenzie, how do you feel about this pick? I was pretty neutral on it. I'm just. Uh... Isn't it funny how they're all throwing each other under the bus? <laughs> Every time Mackenzie, yeah. I'm so sorry. I mean, AJS, what do you think? What do you think about the North yesterday? And I said, well, everyone's going to pick the Vikings. That was my first thought. I that didn't is even what say. He said. I like the Vikings or I don't like the Vikings. I'm just like, everyone's going to pick the Vikings. If you have to pick an over, everyone's going to pick the Vikings. And the Vikings were the only over I could get to. Oh, everyone's begging off, too. Uh, You hear me complain about any overs? Yes. I like overs. I like. You got mad at me for pushing the button on the Rams. You said you're going to punish me for the next four weeks for it. Here was the difference. (laughs) Here's why you're going to be punished unrelentingly is because I was being so candid about me being ambivalent about the pick, is what triggered you to do it. And it's like, I tell you, we want to be as candid and forthcoming on the show. You might have noticed, talking to our guest here, you might have noticed AJ was all tight-lipped and all those drafts he got just depanced in. He was still trying to be all furtive and, and trying to hide stuff. And I was just talking out loud. Finally, I talked so much, it triggered him to make a, you know, go against me. 
and it was feels like it was in the wrong spirit. Why would he try to stop me? That's from not sharing? why I went against why you. Why would he sh- want to stop me from sharing with the audience? I went against What's you because of the research. I asked McKinsey for that research, and he gave me a number that made me happy. You asked him for what are you? He's not like your. No, I just knew he had that. I knew he had that. Pre-game had it. At pre-game had it. Pre-game had it. Who owns pre-game? You do. So you use my research. I used your research against you. Yes. And my candor with the audience. I didn't care about that part. No, yeah, you don't care about my opinion at all. No, I do care about your opinion. When I'm telling you I don't love a game, you're saying it has no effect on you uh, or a pick. It has no effect on you saying I'm going to go against that. Without that research, I wouldn't have gone against it. Okay, it was necessary but not sufficient. So what we're saying is without me saying that I didn't like this pick, even that research probably wasn't going to push you out. When did you stop liking the pick? When I talked it through out loud and we kept talking, I said, you know, I hear you. And then we looked at the Rams and I'm thinking, oh, my God. Then remember, I said right after my own research on the guard or, or on the line cohesion or lack thereof is when I said, you know something? I'm really starting to not like this pig. And then, boom, you hear the button fire <laughs> right after. And he's saying, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> what the hell? Now, here's the. That's point. not how I recall it. <laughs> well, luckily, it's not my recollection. Well, luckily, we have it on tape, Senator. But here, <laughs> here, here, he's like the guy in the Iron Contra that one guy died. You, you might remember. And uh, it was like every time there was a tough question, they leaned back to the lawyer. And on Saturday Night Live, they're like, what was that dead guy's name? They said, and um, you know who uh, actually told me that first was, and that guy, they would always blame him for everything. <laughs> now, here's the question as Fez comes back. He's an older gentleman. He gets discounts at the movie theater. So he has to go to the restroom now and again. But there's been four times in a long pod that Mackenzie has started talking. And two of the four within eight syllables of him starting to talk, Fez jumps out to go to the bathroom. Is that a coincidence? Random. <laughs> Does it feel random, Mackenzie? Don't ju- He's going to answer. Don't leave. <laughs> All good. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, I hate you, but I like my job more. <laughs> All right. Next game. Oh, what, what, oh, Minnesota. Yeah, we talked that through. I don't hate Fest. I like Fest. Exactly. It took him like 20 seconds to muster up the will to say that. <laughs> you, I would have I left it quiet if I didn't think that. I'm not, I got no problem letting it I be gotta, quiet. I got to be honest, Fez. This is maybe the squarest play I've seen. Beautiful. On the Bears. Yeah, it's a winning square play. Chicago <laughs> under six. You know, I love this bet. I tr- is it six? It's six. That does seem high. And... You know, the, the sentiment's bear, low. The, the Bears, you know what? The Bears could easily be the worst team in the NFL. Absolutely. I, agree, I mean, you look at you, b- b- the Bears' offense. We all know the Bears' offense is terrible, all right? But their defense capable, but their defense got gutted. Their defensive line got gutted. Here's a team that's not even pretending to try to win. I mean, they're not signing anybody. I just think that the attitude in Chicago is completely shot. Every they all know all the players that they're rebuilding. I get it. The players are going to play hard. But they regardless. got rid of an older. There's a younger coach coming in. Might be better. I, I would not surprise me if the Bears won two games and were the, easily the worst team in the NFL this year. And I see no up. I see no upside whatsoever. And further, no one talks about this. 
you know what I want? I want a scrambling quarterback that's playing in a dome in good weather in December, not in like th- three inches of snow in Soldier Field. Yeah, but both teams are playing under that snow. Yeah, but but Barry Sanders like was a guy that ran very well when he was playing in, on our official turf, and mm-hmm. he didn't run very well in the mud. Okay. And, I mean, the conditions are not such— but Do you think Justin Fields is an above-average quarterback? I think he's a better quarterback, and he'd be a better Everyone quarterback. Everyone is. Is he an above-average quarterback? I think— Because no. if, if you're below average, then if the elements depressed quarterback performance, that's a positive for the team, right? Well, yeah. It's just uh, no, lo- no, because— It's just logic. If one quarterback is— uh, however metric we want to use for If it. I have one quarterback that's like faster and quicker and can make things happen with his legs more, then if I'm playing on a mud field, that's going to mitigate Do you feel like every black quarterback strength. can only be a running quarterback? Justin Fields is black? <laughs> I think. Hmm. What do you think? Confirmed. Confirmed. Let's Google it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I mean, Did we Google him the same way we Googled Andrew Whitworth, though? We <laughs> We need to catch. Do you think Andrew Whitworth's black? No. Mackenzie, research that, please. I'm on it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I remember heard. playing his day him saying that he self-identifies. And I respect, listen, if someone says their name's Jane, I say Jane. Now, the, the whole day thing confuses the hell out Who of me. Who was the Bears' number one wide receiver? Is it like, is it No, Murray? no, no, I hear you. I mean, they got like no playmakers. They're not. I mean, even Justin Fields was a good quarterback. He couldn't move this offense. Now, here's what confuses me, though. This was a team that made the playoffs before last year. It's like everyone's talking about how bad they were, and they made the playoffs the year before, and they made the playoffs the year before that. So how? And I get that things turn over quick in the NFL. This is supposed to be an upgraded coach, right? Well, I mean, playoff, all joking aside. Yeah, but playoffs don't matter. They won eight games. So what if they make the playoffs? Well, they yeah. won eight games. That's got to be what... Well, I mean, first of all, playoffs is the goal. You can't win the Super Bowl if you don't make yeah, the but, playoffs. But, yeah, I understand. But, but I agree in general they were an average team. But yeah. an average team's average. That means you're better than half and, and uh, worse than half. I just don't know how this roster's got... Here's why I agree with you. This is the opposite of the Saints. The Saints have made a statement, we are competing. And Chicago is making a statement, we're deferring our, our competing ways because we don't think we're all that competitive right now. I think that is a thing. There's a reason that the defense, the linebacker wants out of there. Is it Rokon Smith? Yeah, Rokon, I think yeah. so, yeah. Pronounce that right? Yeah. Um, and I, you don't think that had to, and the, the, with the I veterans, agree. they're no, like, no, we're I getting agree. our paycheck, man, but like, don't get hurt. You know, you know to be honest, I didn't look too super tight at this one. Seeing the total this high, it doesn't. It feels square if the total was aligned with one of the lowest out there. It's not. It opened at seven. Mm. Yeah, that's one but of those. The team hadn't started making these moves that's yet. That's one either. of those you had to get to Boyd Gaming and bet on the kiosk before it went to six and a half. I mean, the sevens really disappeared. Yeah, but like if you fat. wanted to bet it, it, you can bet it. Yeah, you could get and six, you could get seven at the draft. First of all, you got here's the thing: you got to respect any book that will take a. You, you bet. get that? No. Hmm. You got to respect any book that will take a bet from the world with their opener. If they put that number out and they're taking any kind of limb, I mean, meaning if it's fifty bucks, it doesn't yeah, matter. Right. But I mean, I'm assuming boy was taking what a thousand, thousand. of these. Exactly. Okay, so Fez, I agree with you. I didn't give credit to the Bears as much, and if I could fade it. Or if I could bet the other side of it, or no, if I could bet with you against someone else, I guess I would. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I do think, you think this moves? 
Oh, I think it closes five and a half to the under. It's just going to be a freight train of money against the Bears. Okay, so I had under Minnesota. Now it's my turn for an over. I'm going over Green Bay. Now, as I've given this argument to AJ, so let me hit you with it. If I told you there's a team that's 13 and four, they have the MVP quarterback. He's returning. By all accounts, he should be playing as well as ever. And what happened in the interim is they got one of the top five cornerbacks in the league join their team. Top five corner. Sarah Alexander? In this hypothetical, but it's being spun just a little differently. Okay. And a top five left tackle. Because right, Bakhtiari Bak- yeah, yeah. did hardly play last year, 20-some snaps. He might come back. He's already practicing. He's already practicing. All right. I mean, just the last day or two. So you're picking up two Pro Bowl-type quality players. Yeah, cornerback missed the vast majority of the year. Now, you lose a receiver, a key receiver, a top five in the league receiver. Cancel. I think at worst it cancels, right? I mean, left tackle, cornerbacks as valuable as a receiver. I mean, in fact, yeah, I think Alexander is, and the and the no Alexander's considered a top three. Like it's Ramsey and maybe Alexander. Really? I mean, pay wise, it is. Mm. So my point is that that's an upgrade. It, two versus one, and now it seems like by camp accounts they got a receipt. I mean, that fourth rounder is supposedly doing really well. But my point would be, well, what is the total? Because they won 13, 13, and thirteen now. The idea that they're going to drop drastically. All I, I would say slow coach, down, by the way. freeze it, freeze it. Yeah, so if you tell me a team's won 13 in a row, all things being equal. Or 13 last season, not 13 in a row. 13 three times in if a row. If you tell me a team uh, yeah, yeah. wins 13, so uh, the only comp I can think of is New England. Remember when New England was like consistently winning and their season win every year was 12 and a quarter. They always made New England 12, right? That sounds right, yeah. yeah. So if we, what's cur- the current Green Bay number? McKenna? 11. Okay. I mean... It does eleven. It does feel like that people are glomming on to the Devonte Adams, and I'm not saying it's not meaningful, but let I mean, would you say if you could take any team to be the best defense in the league, and it's a lottery ticket, you get a th- uh, ten thousand if you're right. Who would you like? Give me the teams you would take in order, because I'm going to make the and AJ. Maybe you do the same. I would make a point. The Green Bay has to be in your top five. This is a defense that was coming on. They Alexander back, and they drafted very, you know, obviously the first, what, two picks were defense. San Fran and Green Bay are the number one. Those you two. would have them write 1A, one, 1B. One one yes. So if you have the MVP and a top five defense, I mean, how good does, does Roger, in, in a pretty good running game, does Rodgers have to be – does he just have With to have – Two the, good running backs because Corey Dillon's a good, very good yeah. running back. It feels like that you what, what usually would have to carry the team now just has to be competent to, to win – you know, to win maybe, comp, maybe a competent plus. Well, bad home field advantage. Oh, no. They don't play in – they're not the Chargers. They actually have a really good home field. Oh, really good. Yeah. I mean, it feels like everyone has just said, oh, they lost Adams. And nine home games. Oh, you know what? They only have eight, I think they only have eight game home you, games. You know, that's correct because actually Giants, Giants yeah. and it's in London. Yeah. Um, all that said, I think they're going to handle the Giants, wherever that game. I mean, not for sure, but right. Somebody, someone likes the Giants coming up. Oh, uh, it's me. Don't worry. <laughs> 
is, uh, is it compa- what's the counterpoint? There, there is none. It's, it's as consistent as consistent can be. Not to mention, you look at the division. I mean, is it this simple? They, you know, they're going to beat the Bears twice. They, I own the Bears. I always have. Um, they're going to beat Detroit twice, and maybe they split with Minnesota. So they're right off the bat, they're five and one. So if they split all the rest of their games, um, you know, that that they, they get to eleven. You know, right there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels like amongst the really good teams, they have the most consistent path to being good. Like, I could see them winning 11, but that would be 11 and 6. They would have as many losses as the last two regular seasons. Hey, I was push. trying to fade this team when they were at 9, and it's like year in and year out. And, you know, and the, more, the, the longer we go, the more I think they didn't get their full potential when McCarthy was coaching them, you know? I agree. I as agree. well. Plus, I mean... I don't know what it was, but Rodgers got unlocked. I mean, maybe it's the – I mean, have we ever seen the Shanahan system, which is undoubtedly brilliant, with a quarterback as one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time? Mm. He's won two straight MVPs. We did once. 98, 99. Broncos won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's fair enough. Though I'm not sure Alway was playing at that level at the end. Probably yeah, not. He, he, he wasn't. In fact, one quote, I still remember this. Well, he, you, you'll remember because they were playing the Steelers and right in the AFC title game on the road. And he said to his team. Oh, of course, Bill Cowher lost the home championship game. <laughs> well, he said, he, he, he said, if we run the ball well, we'll win today. And they won 14 to 10. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate Sorry. that. Bring back that memory. did not I did. fumble. I, I like that memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Your thoughts on this? I, generally, I, I'm neutral on the Packers. Um, I want to fade them, but it, it felt like the really square way well, to go. What makes you want to fade? Because they lost Devontae Adams. It's like it's like it's like uh, they lost Devontae Adams, and they don't like their best wide receiver now isn't even a number two wide receiver. Like it, they've they're just it's like almost like they say, oh, we don't need these guys on the outside because Aaron Rodgers is so good. Uh, do they? Meaning, I, I don't know. I mean, I, meaning I, if if the offense only has to be competent or let's say tenth best in the league, if the offense is tenth best in the league, they probably are one of the top three teams. Yeah, if their defense is is and predictability of defense is not as good as I offense. I agree with that. I agree. But with that. but still, we could say you know Green Bay, call them fifth best on defense, tenth on offense. That means they're a Super Bowl contender. Now, by the way, the ringer I forget the dude's name. He used to I think be at the Athletic did a list of who he thinks are the best defenses. And he had the Packers like 15. But he said, I understand I'm being very contrarian here. So there's defense does have a wide range. Well, yeah, and in DVOA, they were 22nd last year, obviously well, without Alexander. Well, the, 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 whole, the whole point, it, see, again, if last year told us this year, this would be easy. Sure. Right? So the question is, when is it? telling and when isn't it it feels like arrows are up with alexander but also but they lose a smith brother as you call them <laughs> yeah I, I think they'll recover all right what what and i don't have the uh, the wind share or fourth quarter wind shares and stuff like that but i know that they were they were five and one in games decided by a field goal so they played a lot of close games had they were good in a lot of close yeah they should have won i think 11 and a half well let's take a gander at that because i i, I my gut feeling is that's not correct they won one more game than they should have by our right, 12 now but that is saying agnostic to having Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So do we think maybe because remember Green Bay's famous for being up by 12 and there's a back door and they lose by a half. They seem to do that more than all the other teams. Part of it is they run the ball like when they're up 
16, they never adopted the Belichick step on the throat. They're like, yeah, we'll just run the ball and punt and win. You know, it does feel like to some degree Aaron Rodgers is saying if you can't come, it's almost like you'll appreciate this Mayweather against uh, the UFC guy McGregor McGregor is if you watch the fight and think about it, smart people have told me that McGregor fought about as well as he could and that Mayweather had a plan that made it where Mayweather or McGregor was going to look as good as he possibly could, but he, it would make it impossible for him to win that it wasn't giving him any shot to really have a knockout. But he wasn't trying to embarrass But him. he was going to get tired. But it wasn't just that. It would guarantee the win. I agree with you. I think it made it look like it was a more viable fight that made it look better for him. But it also made it where if he kept punching the way he did, he couldn't have the endurance yes. as a non-boxer. So he, in a weird way, he decreased the chance of the opponent winning, but he increased the chance of the opponent looking good. The opposite of what that MMA fighter did, getting smashed. But, but, it, but let's stay, hey, focus, Fez. Let's stay, <laughs> let's stay on point with the one point is Rogers makes decisions that feels like it increases the chance the other team's going to lose by just three or four. Yes. But it makes it impossible. It's so, almost like Philadelphia when they did that long drive against the Patriots in the Super Bowl and McVab, McNabb is like puking on the field. Belichick kept giving them five yards at a time, and it, it made the score close, but it made it impossible for Philly to a- win. Excellent example, yes. And, and that, that, that really makes sense. And, so, and I feel like Rodgers does that at the end of games. No doubt. So I'm not sure how much we can say that they didn't really legitimately deserve 13 wins, though the win share in theory accounts for that except for how good Rodgers is. In, but again, but if you go away from the stats, if I can bring yeah, up one yeah, game, yeah. Kansas City Green Bay. So well, remember Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing. That's right, and, they, and, and Green Bay lost. Oh, and, you're and Kansas game. City got held to 13 points, and and Green Bay would have won if Aaron Rodgers had been playing. At least, well, who knows? Kansas City might have did the same theory, maybe. Right, but I would say this: smart listeners are thinking, well, isn't that why maybe Green Bay lost to San Francisco? Is they allowed it to stay close, and mm. the and the block punt was that one in a hundred that doesn't use. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's not the right plan, right? That was just an act of God. Well, but if you're up by 21, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But then Aaron Rodgers might throw an extra interception, and he doesn't want that. So it's a very complicated issue. Over, and AJ with his acquiesce, his his silence is an acquiesce. I'll endorse it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. No bucking. No buck in here. Next game. Oh, next. We're in our last division. No, we nope. Fez has an over. In this I'm going to change your mind about something. Oh, my God. Don't be we pressed. Press the button. Button. We press the button wait, for me, RJ? Wait, Don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, no. You, you, should, you should really should listen. to. So it's interesting. He wants to press the button. You're trying to talk him off? Press the damn button. Go okay. ahead. I'll press the button. Go ahead. How's this sound? AJ wants to press the button. First, press I want to hear a choo-choo sound. Does anyone do a choo-choo imitation? Jump on the train, baby. Fez is 28th on board for lines over. Go ahead. Exactly right. So the Detroit Lions, I'm not going to talk about win shares. I'm not going to talk about biting kneecaps. I'm not going to even mention any players. I'm not going to talk bad coaches. I'm not going to talk bad quarterbacks and why we want to play them under. Oh, good thing you're not talking about that because you'd have a real hard time making an over. I want to talk about public teams and not being 28th in line. If you're 28th in line of 40 people betting something, you're a donkey and you're getting there too late. But if you're 28th out of 100, you're just fine. And the school of hard knocks, let me take everyone on a ride on that train to the hard knocks. The HBO show. The Detroit Lions are a HOT. They're a hot team. 
it doesn't matter that it's a loser franchise. Doesn't um, matter that, that the coach matters. coach is questionable. Doesn't it just doesn't matter? The quarterback sucks. Golf just doesn't matter. You know, coach is questionable. You know what? He's a questionable good coach. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's a bad coach. Yeah. Well, you're in a minority here. I mean, the sharps love him at this. But not just the bats, mm-hmm. but I'm saying they love his motivation. The what, bottom line. What, what the, don't you like? Are you still going up by that first? And then kneecaps thing? I, I have an inherent bias against new coaches in the first couple of years. He won three games last year. so and he, 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 They had the most covers of any team in the league. Oh, so we're measuring teams now against against the spread? Well, it, that's expectation, isn't it? They, if they, you take over a bad team, what's the better major? They covered against San Francisco when they lost 41-33. Which shows they, they still fight. Yeah, they're getting eight and a half. It's like they covered by half a point. Like, well, but, Steve, you sound like you're, you're eschewing. Uh, or in shoe, how do you say that? We're gonna we're gonna upgrade Detroit for that cover week one. I mean, there's several games like that over the course of the well, year. Well, if a team is willing to fight through all quarters, no matter how far they're behind, yeah, I think that's a good sign on the coach. I do. I I, I do agree with that. But but my handicap is simple. Okay. Everyone's gonna. Keep, then why are you still talking about ev- things that aren't? I'm true? gonna. I'm 30 seconds. No, 10 seconds. Everyone's gonna bet Detroit over. It's not even at seven yet. Play over now. And then right before they, they, they kick off week one, we'll go under seven, even money, and we'll just scalp it. Done. Hold on a second. <laughs> no, that, that AJ just pressed a button. That's good. What you're saying is, on one hand, how dumb the market is. Yes. On the other hand, you're saying since we're going to get closing line value... I'm batting it regardless because I'm like a zombified by the closing line value. No, I, the closing line value is fine if you scalp the closing line so value. So you're going to bet over six you, and a half and under seven. What what result are you happy about? Well, let me guess, seven. Yeah. I so mean, it, explain it, the math of that. The, 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 the math is right now I can play over six and a half, mm-hmm. and I think I can get minus 130. All right? So you're going to lay 130 on over. Go yes. On. And so at post, I'm going to be able to play under six and a half. And I'm going to get plus 140. So I'm going to so get, is get it a seven, or is it you're going to scalp it? Like you're um, going to do a scalp, or are you going to do a it middle? depends because the, the, I, I believe that half a game is worth 42 cents. So I'll take the better of the two bets. But when I make it purely on six and a half, it becomes very obvious that I can play over six and a half, lay minus 130 because it doesn't need to land seven or six or eight or nine because no, no, I can I just mean, make it, money. If it moves as much as a straddle, or more than a straddle, you're going to be able to scalp it. Exactly, and I'm confident that it will because everyone— so you don't like this game. You don't like it at I all. I don't like this at all. I hate overs. But so i got to play one of these teams right, over, right. and I and I missed the boat on Green Bay. I didn't do the analysis right. I don't like the Vikings at all, and boom, I hate the Bears. So this has to be my over I, because it's going so I love, I love higher. It. He's pressing the green button on Great. You, but, what do you mean you missed the boat on Green Bay? They've gone—they opened at 11.1. No, They're now saying, at 11. saying after you heard my analysis. I liked RJ's analysis. Oh, okay. So, if anything— you missed a boat on this one that's I'm moved drastically. Aware, but it's going to move more. And if you know a game, well, Fez is the best I know in the world, I guess, in line moves. It's fine. Well, I trust him on if, if a line opens pick them and it's at four, it's fine to lay minus four if you know it's going to six. Now you could say, but, but but what if you knew the true line should be three? I'm like, it's still fine to lay four if you know for certain it's going to six. You just have well, to. You bet. don't know for certain, but, but if you, you did, want to make a smart bet on right, right, and it, but you just have to make sure you don't sleep in and forget all. Oh, we got this Detroit dumb well, dumb the, bet the over. The real question, the real question isn't what happens if the true line is three. The real question is what happens if the true line is nine. Everyone who obsesses over getting the best number, mm-hmm. it's different getting the best number that's available now. You should make all efforts to. The idea you should have to get the best number that ever existed in the universe. 
in general, most people lose at batting. So if you have a rule that can straight, if you say, look at your clock, and if it's on an even number, don't bat that bat and never bat it, most people are going to gain massively from that. Right. Because losers lose half are going to be batting less. <laughs> yes. But in general, having the best number, is this a rule of an old timer that, that, uh, that ever existed? That it doesn't make any sense. The only real question is, and closing line value doesn't make any sense, to be honest, in the following way. If you believe that the line is, should be one thing and it's not that, it doesn't matter what it opened at. Now, someone could argue, well, you can't be so sure what your number really is, and thus the opener's an indication. And thus, if it has to be, if the bookie has to be so, or the opening people have to be so wrong that, you know, they were wrong to that degree, that decreases the chance that your number's right. I accept that. And usually it's best, if you can, to explain why that number may be wrong. And you could say, hey, I know the starting point guard is out and the market's unaware of this fact, so I don't need closing line value even. Or, or you know, the market didn't reflect this dude's worth four points and the line moved one point and no, hardly anyone knew it. So the it wasn't reflected. The best handicapper in the world in a given sport should wouldn't be constrained by closing line value. Yes. They wouldn't be constrained by best number. It would be about what's the number, what should it be? And I don't think everyone by definition is the best in the world, but all the other stuff is the way to compensate for your lack of skill as a handicapper. You know what? That's all very valuable because I need it. Everyone needs it, right? Almost. I guess if you're the best in the world, you don't. Phil Ivey, the Phil Ivey of sports batting, you know, the rules don't apply to him. I think these rules make sense, but they're all just trying to decrease the damage or they're trying to mitigate your uncertainty. Like, think about it. It's all, if you just knew what the number should be and it was off, you would bet it, assuming it was the only chance to bet it, whereas, you know... Off, yes. Right? Yes, like blackjack. is Blackjack's all mathematical. You can estimate with a fair shuffle exactly what your edge is in any one game with the rules and the number of decks that have been played. But in sports, you're just estimating your edge, and because so, so of that... let me ask you a question. Blackjack. Yeah. Let's say that there's a specific play. It's a surrender or whatever, right? And let's say it has a positive EV of 3%, exactly. Yes. If right before you make the play, they come in and say, by state ordinance, we've changed the surrender rules, and even the hands are being played, they will now apply to that, and they cut your edge in half from 3 to 1.5%. Mm-hmm. Do you still make the play? For half as much. Yeah. Oh, I bet for half as much, but I still make the play, yes. Yeah. Isn't that exactly like, oh, the line just moved? Yes. It's like there's all these factors that make it less attractive, but it doesn't really affect if it's attract or it doesn't dictate if it's attractive now or not. Yes. I agree. But all these people who seem so sharp don't seem to get that mm-hmm. part. But there, but in a weird- One, by definition, if, if I need to get closing line value and, only, and there was only one book... I could never bet a post because that is the closing number, right? Oh, that's a good point. Or I should bet. Or well, if you I should never, but in theory. Oh, or well, if I'm a max better, I should always bet a post because you, I'll move the number and then I'll always get closing line value from an, my bet. That brings up another point. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Let's say that you bet a post and there's multiple outs and there's more sixes. Let's say you're laying it. There's more sixes, but you get a five and a half. Did you just get closing line value? I... <laughs> Yes, but not enough to be profitable. No, no, but what I'm saying is if you if, if you bet the last possible second you could bet and the line doesn't change, did you just get closing line value? Versus the market, yes. Mm-hmm. 
So, but it's not 52.4% closing line value. So, you know, I talk about people, this is a really important concept. Let me spend uh, yeah, 10 seconds yeah, on it. Yeah, so baseball, I hear this all the time. So you, you got you got the you know the 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 dime line. So you, two teams are playing. They're both minus one hundred five. All right, dude bets on team A. They close minus one hundred nine, and he's like, "I got closing line value. I'm a winning player. I can tell I'm a winning player because I beat the closing number." But the problem is, is he laid minus one hundred five, and even though team A closed minus one hundred nine, the no vig line is team A minus one hundred four, team B plus one hundred four. Okay, with if there had been no vig in that line, and he laid minus one hundred five. So he's got the worst of it. Even though he beat the closing number, he didn't beat it by enough to beat the no vig line. You have to beat the no vig line to have a positive expectation. But hold on a second. Under that theory, you wouldn't let's say it's not key numbers in the NFL to overcome the one ten. You're going to need what a point? Yes. So you're saying if someone is thinks they're a winning NFL better, they better have closing line value of at least a point per game. Yes. Well, I disagree with that. But I haven't thought that one through. So, like on totals. But hold, on, hold on a second. I just want to kind of yeah. think this through, and then you can share whatever you want to share. Um, the closing line is the sharper of all the lines. Mm-hmm. Thus, if you bet before the end, in the line that it gets sharper moves away from you. In the long run, it's a sign that you're not on the right side. Yes, I agree with that. Now, the markets are imperfect. That's where it gets complicated. But because they're imperfect, if I'm getting, if, if the line moves in my general direction enough to get closing line value, if God made that closing line, then it seems like you would need to have that spread be enough to overcome the VIG. But if it's just directional, if it's just directional, why would we put the exact amount on there as if it's God's line? It isn't God's line. It's just our best. We're, we're using the market as a representation of the best unbiased estimator, and it could well be wrong. Yeah, in any given case. In any given w- case, it very well will be wrong. Yes. So I guess I don't understand why it would be accurate enough that we could say you need to overcome it by the exact amount if it were perfect that you would overcome the VIG. Well, if you had a big sample size of, say, 1,000, you know, you take the average on each and every one and you'd estimate, even though each each individual game could be wrong and the, a large sample, it should even out. So when you bet on, you've been betting more games on Sunday against the late moves than you ever had before. Yes. In a given month, four weekend, four Sundays, how many games are you betting like that? Three. Okay. So about a little less than one a week. Mm-hmm. And would you say over the last couple of years, how have you done on those games? Fifty-two point four percent. So not great. Not great. But good. Yeah. Or not, break even, I guess. Break even. Would you say? But in theory, you're on the right side if you hit fifty-two point four. Mm-hmm. So now the question is: Did those games reverse themselves after you bet? For, no, not the line shopping part, mm-hmm. but the actual. Hey, here's the market. Was the market? Did it move in your direction in the last minutes before uh, post? Yes. They would reverse themselves. Yes. Okay. All things being equal, example, Baltimore's playing in preseason. Mm-hmm. Everyone's betting Baltimore, right? The public's betting Baltimore. <coughs> Baltimore moves from Pickham to minus six, okay? Got to seven and a half. And then it, gets to, it gets to, exactly. It gets to seven and a half. That's 10 minutes before post. More often than not, in the final five minutes, money's going to come anti-Baltimore because the pros are waiting in the weeds for the very last minute. But. But it's not like the pros didn't bet some of those earlier numbers, right? That's, You're that's saying true. That those who are inclined towards it. Because on any given game, there's going to be a 1,000 pros on each side. 
I mean, assuming mm -hmm. that there's 20,000, whatever the number is, there's going to be at least hundreds. There's going to be hundreds of pros on either side. Yeah, so, and they usually, if they're pros, are going to know when they have the best chance to get the best number on a given team. And, but almost none of the pros are going to say, hey, Baltimore's great in the preseason. we got to lay the last minus seven here. So at so what point do you think the pros jumped off of Baltimore? I think seven. I think when it hit seven. So, But you think that even six points into the move, they were fine with it? Yeah, because as soon as it runs to five or six, they're like thinking, hmm, I might get, I might get seven. Seven's like 9% of preseason games land right on seven. Now, I get it. You can win by seven or lose by seven. Seven is the most common of all the preseason numbers. It's more common than three. Why? Why would that be? Because when a team is down fourteen, they still kick the extra point to go to seven. When mm -hmm. they're up a touchdown, they still kick the extra point to go up seven. But obviously, but that like, was back. I mean, up until Philadelphia changed it, uh, you know, three four years ago, every team did that in the history of time. That, right, but the but three, three was always more than seven. Because, but now the three is totally devalued because when it's seventeen to ten at the end of the game, it can no it no longer can land three. There's there's almost no way. AJ's down seven. And he's driving. He's going to win or lose by one if he gets in the end zone, or it's okay, going to so stay you're seven. Saying that you're saying because they're going to go for two at the end, there's going to be overtime situations that would have fallen three that don't. Yes, because there is no overtime in preseason, and teams don't want to tie. Well, there's overtime. No, they got rid of it. That's not true. I'm almost sure. I'm almost no, sure. that's not true. Because they made a big deal that that, that I'm almost I'm, sure they changed. The I'm PC. saying that I will bet you a hundred right now. A hundred. You want to bet? Well, I don't have it on me anymore. Oh, well, but that's so. fine. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet you a hundred. There's no overtime this year. Okay, so uh, in 2021, a rule change the first time since '73. Additionally, with the expansion of the regular season, 17 games. 18 week the preseason reduced to three games. Okay, so wow. So you're saying there was no overtime, but the game would just end in a tie. Yes. Okay, you know how I got screwed up there. Yeah, you went. Is I know that Detroit went for two late. Oh, sorry. They went for two late, and I was thinking where they were saying he could have went for one, but it would have just been for a tie. Mm -hmm. See, this you is like, you're, you're, you but you're in my psyche. It's like, like I was 99% sure I was right, but you were so adamant you wanted to bet back. And if you would say, I'll bet you 5,000, I'm like, yeah, oh, no bet. I'll be honest. I, w I was like, there's not overtime, but he sounded so confident that I just and sat I here. So why did, why did I only bet $100? You think? I don't know, but I was like, no, you're wrong. And I, but then I was like, maybe I, they changed it and I just missed out on something. No, I didn't know I was wrong, hmm. but I figured let's get some bets going where well, I'm not they so changed sure. This, they changed this last year? Yes. Yeah, it looks like last year was the first. Let's year, get yeah. some bets going. And, and, and the, point is, sure the point is, the point is, the point is, the point is, part of it is they never tie because they don't want to tie anymore. So they yeah. like, yeah. So either way, it has the same effect. You're talking if they went yep. for two or if they went for one, there wasn't overtime. You're not going to have the overtime three. Yes. Okay. And teams do all kinds of goofy things now to it's like they just go for two randomly. It's in the strangest circumstances now. So threes so just, just don't in land. general. But you, you don't believe that's the case. Do you think seven's more valuable in the regular season? No, three is much more valuable in the regular season. But but during preseason, we I looked at the distribution. But three is a lot less valuable than it used to be in the regular season. Yes, that's, I agree. That's, with that. that's true. But one, two, and three all land about the same in preseason. They all land like eight percent of games land on one, two, or three, and nine percent land on seven. Seven's the most important of all the numbers. Here's what we can know for sure. And Baltimore did win by seven, as you, you should, know. You should bet more with me. I think yeah. it, that what we've established is I've lost it a little. You've gotten better, and that uh, you're probably a favorite. <laughs> and I think more bets. <laughs> All right. Ah, the next sacrifice game. a hundred for a thousand. <laughs> Smart. The next game. Next division. Uh, well, it's the next team, and it's, you know, 
You're right. I was wrong again. It's not a game. Let's go east. It's not a game. All right, AJ, you've got mm, – let's think about this. Let's go with your Giants pick. All right. The, I'm going to go with the Giants over six and a half. First of all, easiest schedule in football this year, at least for, by the metric I look no, at. I agree with okay. that. Uh, and remember, they had the second hardest last well, year. Well, let's so get let's get the auditing. What's what's the total on the Giants, McKenzie? Six and a half minus one twenty-five. Seven. His oh. consensus. Oh, okay. Mm. All right, continue. Seven. I still like over seven. That's fine. Sorry. Uh, uh, I wish I liked the under. I would have fired right there, <laughs> but I like the over. Too. Uh, but Daniel Jones has looked really promising so far, and and I think it's the. I I really think there's going to be a big, and I know you're going to get on me about this, RJ. Whatever you think about Joe Judge's X's and O's, I think he'd lost the locker room. And it, Brian Dayball is a good a good uh, influx of energy for them. I and I think what you got to remember is the Giants were four and seven last year, and Daniel Jones starts zero and six with Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm. They upgraded backup quarterback Tyrod Taylor, who knows the system. Uh, and and like I said, I think the upgraded head coach is huge. If he brings some of the pre snap motion. Uh, some of that stuff that, that he had with Josh Allen to Daniel Jones, and it opens up RPOs, things like that. I think we could see Daniel Jones be a lot more effective. I like that they use three of their first four picks on O-line and wide receiver, things to help Daniel Jones. Uh, and Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously a difference maker as well. And then Wink Martindale takes over the defense, and I think this blitzing style is going to be a, it's, a it's going to be a big change from last year. So in general, a big change is disruptive the first year. Right, the Giants were bottom negative. Might maybe I think it's an improvement. They were bottom five. It might be a long term improvement, but in general, disruption is a bad thing. Like anytime you replace a coach, the coach better be way better because the other coach has continuity on their side. So for the first year. Even if the coach is clear, tell me if you agree with this, Faz. Let's say the coach is one level better. Probably continuity would have won by a smidge that next year. But the theory in year two and beyond, it's going to be a big advantage. Right. Right? So if Dayball, if Joe Judge is the worst coach ever, if Nick Saban was wrong, if Belichick was wrong, and Belichick was wrong again to rehire him, but Brian Dayball is so much better, who Belichick also hired, is... You'd be right. He could overcome the whole first-year thing. But I think in general, the first year, it's tough for a coach to be an upgrade. Unless the, he'd lost the locker room and people were just revolting. And by all regards, that kind of was the case with Joe Judge. I agree. Except Remember that Ditka team with the Saints when they just like, oh, at the very end? No, I hear a, you. But, yeah. but here's the thing. Joe Judge was already – Joe Judge just started talking in the wrong times and he got the narrative against him. There was no doubt he was going to keep his job. So until he got in a place he was and he just kept talking. But I will say this. The Giants at the end of the year were probably playing the least hard of any. I mean, I don't know if it was how bad the quarterback was, but they were probably power rated as low as any team in the last 10 years. Yeah. I still remember minus 12 and a half. I never remember having a team. You know, right there, Jacksonville. There was one Jacksonville team that was just Or the Browns horrible. won one game in two years. But they, they never even, they never yeah. cracked minus 11. The Browns were like that. that was, remember, they, they should have covered last week. So Bony if ball is as good as the worshiping ball, Buffalo Bill fan A.J. thinks he is, you're right. Though let's let Mike Lombardi maybe offer us some insight. He said, you know, Dayball did a lot of coaching before Buffalo, and there was a lot of mediocre quarterbacks at various stops that he never made any better. 
Now, could he have learned something later that now he's going to use? Maybe, but I don't think he's a... I think that, that Josh Allen, if he... I think right now... Uh, Dayball would be looking for a receiver's coach job if Josh Allen had played as bad as he played in year two and year three. And the real I don't disagree with that. So the question is, how much of it was Josh Allen and his personal coaching? And, you know, he has a guy he's running on the beach. and the th- you know, I don't know. And how much is Dayball? I think you give the Bills credit. They stayed behind him. You know, they still believed in him. I just don't know how much credit he gets for that. And how many playoff wins did the Bills have under with Dayball as OC? One. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were. Did they beat Houston? No, they lost to Houston. They lost to Houston. Oh, yeah, that's when he was given the – Josh Allen almost was trying to give the game away yeah. again, right? They won two in 2020. They beat the Colts and the Ravens. Okay. Lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I mean, now you could say, hey, 13 seconds. It's like – it seems like we've we've really ordained Buffalo as something they're not yet. But continue. Uh, well, as far as the Giants go, I think Wink Martindale taking over defense. They were bottom the five. The outcast? Yeah, bottom five in the Cast league. Cast off, in, I mean, I'm sorry. Bottom five in the league in blitzing last year on passing downs. I think that obviously up. And the Giants have a ton of talent so, on so, defense. So by not blitzing, that was bad. Yes, so if they just blitzed more, they would have been good. I think it would have certainly helped. Someone's got to be at the bottom every year, right? Even if the numbers keep going up, it just seems weird to say more blitzing's good when the Ra- – do you believe John Harbaugh is one of the most forward-thinking? I do. He just fired this guy. He did. Yeah. So, I mean, can we really think it was a huge upgrade? But uh, Wink Barndale, was, he was there for a long time and yeah. had, had some pretty good successes too. I, and then the league changed. In theory, this too high is not about zero blitzes. Now, I'm not saying that I know enough to know he's the too high right, but it seems like every team's moving in that direction. Maybe Wink Martindale's from a bygone age. Maybe so. But the Giants have talent on defense. It, the, the offense was so bad last year that they were rarely, they, they were rarely in an even decent position on defense. And this is, you know, Scott was talking to us when we were, when we were planning this out before, picking our teams. Scott mentioned Saquon Barkley. This is the first time in his career that he's kind of flying under the radar. I think Saquon Barkley is feeling like maybe he's the forgotten guy and he wants to get this money. I think Saquon Barkley— Who's going to pay Saquon Barkley? He's about to say something. Finish that sentence, please. He's about to what? I think if Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, this could be a big year for him. So you like Saquon Barkley to go over his numbers for like projected if, players? If Saquon Barkley stays healthy, I certainly do. He's not saying that he's – he doesn't have to well, – you're trying to get him into some prop bet? Yeah, I want to play Barkley on there. Yeah, but that's not the way okay, – You know what, if Barkley plays 17 games, I'll, I'll take that. Oh, damn, there's a new conditional bet. Well, that's what I said. If he stays healthy and he yeah. pushed the button. But but the number he has is based upon – No, he's making a point there. I'm, 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 will, I'm willing to say that if he plays um, – uh, you, you, you don't you have to – You just made 100, Fez. You're probably you're yeah, probably yeah, you're okay. well. But what do you think? But what do you think about the strength of schedule? Because Giants obviously very easy strength of schedule. Right? Well, I think the the biggest change you could ever have is by going from the hardest to the easiest. Almost knee jerk, just blindly betting that you got to be able to make money, How, right? You know, I I did an estimate on this. Let's say you went from the easiest to the hardest, or vice versa. How many points a game over the course or over the course of a season? How many points do you think that's worth? Three per game. That's exactly what I thought. That's interesting. Um, yeah, that's how I calculate it. So under that theory, um, and I've seen different strength of schedules that put points on it, and that's I, th- I remember that was the range. I wasn't sure. 
But um, under that theory, then, they'd be about three points a game. So game and a half. Over the course, you know. All right. All right, AJ, continue. And by the way, I thought you handled yourself well there. You said it in a way. I mean, you qualify I'm learning from you. But no, no, you qualify everything. But, you know, this time it was helpful. But go ahead. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm done, basically. All right, so now. Daniel Jones, I felt like he was going to turn it around last year. Now, this is easy to narrow, cast, or whatever, but he suffered a concussion in week five. In the first four weeks, he was the seventh-graded quarterback by PFF. Now he gets a concussion. He hurts his neck. He doesn't seem to play well if he's banged up. Mm-hmm. You know, collars like that. Banged up, he hurt. A lot but, of quarterbacks are like that. But I, my feeling is if Dayball is good, this could be an up year. Um, yeah, I like this over, too. It's just at six and a half, I'd like it. Seven yeah. is starting to get expensive. Yeah, I, exactly. I think you nailed it. If I can get play over six and a half, good bet. Seven, six yeah. and a half minus 125, you like? Yeah, seven. No, 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 thank you. Where is that at? Uh, it was it, it was on DraftKings the other day when I was yeah, starting it's, my it's research. Today so. though, yeah, today. I think it's still there. Just drive over well. the dam, go get it. <laughs> yeah, usually we get the updated numbers. Oh, no doubt, McKenzie's Philly on top of this. Over stuff. Philly, over is your pick. First. That this is exactly the same handicap as Detroit. I won't waste everyone's time with it. I think money is going to pour in on Philly, and here's why. Green Bay's going to win the North. There's too many divisions where it's just obvious what's going to happen. So, what's good? likes Minnesota. So, people, yeah, people are going to come in and say this is going to be the trendy pick. Like, oh, the Eagles, and they and they hear other experts. The Cowboys are favored, but the Eagles—that's the the value side. You want to be betting on the Eagles. And right before post, it's good. that that season wins numbers going all the way to ten. I don't even think you're going to have to pay vig. So, I I, I know we should have played over nine. Well, I, I get did it. Against you. I played under nine. So, yeah, exactly. so shame on me. And now I'm going to go over nine and a half and pay a lot of extra vig and watch it go well, to we, ten. We, remember, we forced overs. But I, I got to be honest with you. You're not li- working in the spirit of this. Is to say I'm only going to try to predict line moves. Well, that's just the, our spirit is to make money. Nah, that, the that's the whole to point. Give us a handicap outside of our comfort zone. I don't like any of the overs, so I, I, I wasn't going to come like in. Any over, I didn't want to be a stiff and you, come in and say this is stiff as can be. You no, keep, this don't is, refuse anything. This is value added. No, what I'm saying is you can't tell me that your little theories that add up to these tiny minuscule, uh, <clears throat> I guess things you got to overcome if you bet the over. That none of the teams are underrated to the degree to overcome them. Well, I liked Atlanta over, and I liked New Orleans over. I like two overs in the well, South, and even, I don't like any well, overs in the East. Hold on a second. You didn't even give New Orleans over. I endorsed it. Oh. <laughs> so because gotta, it was two of them. Anti- uh, I took the one I liked better. I have 16 teams. Only one is and what? And in 30 seconds, encapsulate for us the disadvantage of batting the over. The disadvantage, In the NFC. The, the disadvantage is that the average total is 8.55. So the chance of a tie. The chance of a tie means yeah, the your average. Your team is going to have a tie, and that one game is going to be the game that decides the total. That means the average total should be 8.45. Mm-hmm. Okay? Sounds very subtle. All right? It, it is very. In fact, it's hard to measure something less so it's subtle. So tenth, it's a tenth of a game, subtle. which is equivalent to 10 cents. So long story short. Some would call it minutia. When normalized, all right, if you're betting nothing but unders. Uh, can, quicker, please. 
you're going to break even. Mm-hmm. All right. So if it's ten cents. It's ten over. cents. So there's not one, not not a single team that's ten cents, or there's one team that's ten cents better than their market. It'd be, it, yes, it would be like me telling you you could bet on stuff, but w- would you lay minus one twenty if you're making bets? If, if 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 a sports book said, "Oh, we're dealing minus one twenty and everything," well, yeah, would you bet? Yeah. Here's the thing: I would do. You probably would bet. Is what you're saying? No, you'd find something. No, what I would do is. Oh, if they said 120 on everything indiscriminately? Yes. yes. No, but if they said I wouldn't unless the line warranted it. Yeah. Meaning the spread or whatever. But if they if if let's say the whole world went to seven or six point two team teasers to one twenty, mm-hmm. right? And I guess the whole world is, that's the best you can get. So let's say one goes to twenty five or something. Wager US. Okay. But what, oh but what I would say is that I think stretching the muscles that aren't usually like I think all long teasers just caught you, you know what I did the same thing with the Bears I didn't think it through whenever you shortcut to thinking I think you're losing analysis even if you just break even on those bets you're using muscles that's going to help you in other games so all I'm saying is maybe my I agree I agree with this so so where we have just where I'm going is like I got to hit 55 percent to break even on overs and I got to hit 50 percent to break even on unders and I'm being lazy I'm like. I'm just going to go over to the urn that's got the white marbles in it and pull out of that urn. And There's you're only right. There's two teams in there. I should, you're right. I should go into the I should go into the urn with the black marbles and find the good one. Now listen, True. some of this gets to be too much. When I played poker, I would love to find lines that went against convention, but I thought could win. And if I, even though I knew there was easier, here's the thing: you, if you want the easy life, be a bookie. Like in a weird way, there's dumb bookies that make a lot of money and smart bettors that go broke. If you're going to go to the betting side and be a pirate like AJ, you know, compensated by That's, major that, corporations. You know, that, is, that, that is a great example because when you raise and I got the A-10 of diamonds, I fold. Even though it's a, a, a world class player can play that and make money. And I'm money. not world class, but I just hate you know? the book. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, this was a bad line because it wasn't logical, but in Lucky You, when he says, uh, you remember the young guy, right? With, yeah. the, with Duvall's son. And he was saying, well, the book says, and um, and he goes, if you play, then it was a goofy line. He goes, if you play by the book, you might as well play on the internet or whatever, mm-hmm. which again was like, that was square, which is absurd. Though I was never a net internet player. Is it does feel like that all these drones that are like a re- it's almost like with the analytics crowd today. Most of these people couldn't come up with a fresh analytics angle if their light depended on it. But they're all saying they don't. He he's not a good coach. Pete Carroll's dumb. <laughs> you see that fourth down that he kicked on? He didn't go for it. Can you believe? It? It's like they don't even know what they're talking about, and they're obsessed with this. It's almost well, like- they do with Tony Larusa and the White Sox, but. For the most part, you're right. You think Larusa doesn't know baseball? No, he doesn't know baseball. He did at one time, no longer. You th- you, you think Larusa had a lobotomy? Pretty much, yeah. Do you, do you think you're? But Faze, you were one of the biggest perpetrators of this. There's a lot of great chess players that, when they get late into their seventies, can't play a lick. This isn't chess. It's some baseball's kind of similar in some. So ways. tell me a move he made that that so clearly is wrong. He he intentionally walks someone after he the, the batter was down and o two within strike zone. And they decide, oh, I'm going to intentionally walk well, him. What changed to make him do that? You're going to have to ask him. Well, but, I mean, do we know that something didn't change? We don't know. Because that would be, I mean, that would be mentally, like. He was away. asked about it, and he said, you see how he hits lefties? <laughs> and he Why would he give him enough pitches to go down 0-2? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the okay, question. So, listen, if that's the case, then, I, you know, I don't know. But, again, smart people 
uh, you realize Belichick does has more. I mean, this is a famous story. And again, Belichick's easy because he is a genius. But they said that the PFF gave us a, a presentation at the combine like ten years ago. So they were just starting, and there was like nine people in attendance. So they give the presentation, you know, 32 teams. And after the guy's going around talking to everyone, shaking their hand, five of the nine were from the Patriots. I mean, Belichick is combing everything to try to find, like when Mike Lombardi was a director of special projects or whatever he was there, he was doing, is he, I said at times that Belichick would say, I'm thinking that, let's think about something. If it's sunny out in these games that our left-handed punter, we should be punting into this corner of the right. end zone. And they spend three weeks, one guy getting a meteorologist or whatever it is to properly research this. So Belichick has it in his backlog of knowledge. The idea that who started this revolution? I've got one for you. Man on second. You're up five runs, bottom of the ninth inning. All right. You're, you're, you're up five. Is no, this is Fesic. You're up five nothing. You're protecting the lead. And the other team is a man on second and two outs. Okay. You intentionally balk. It's the right play. Why? Intentional balk. So give me the scenario again. You're up you have multiple runs. You're I up. never I never listen to your chats once. You're up five love nothing. You're right, so you got five nothing. What inning is it? Ninth inning. Right, bottom so of the ninth. last inning. Okay. Last inning. You is, is there any overtime? It's baseball. It's a baseball game. Okay, it's not yes, pretty. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So it's 5 nothing. man on second, two outs. Man on second, two outs. Or zero outs or one outs. doesn't matter. You intentionally balk him over to third. It doesn't matter. All right, you balk him to third. Okay. So balk is simply saying you're letting him go to third. Yes. Why do you want him on third instead of second? All right. I did not get this. All right, give me a second. Well, why don't we do this? By the end of the show, I'll give my answer. Okay. So as you guys are talking, I'll think on You got this answer? I, I don't know. I, I could take a stab at it. Yeah, I, you don't have a runner who can see your catcher. You can't see someone. Exactly right. There's a chance that the man on second can be stealing your signals from your catcher. He can't do that on third. And because if he, whether he's on second or third, his run's meaningless. There's no force outs. Just go ahead and let him go to third. This is why I was a wildly a, successful travel baseball coach. So. Jesus, but, uh, I am uh, impressed. Me, that's a, that was good for sure. But I'm going to question the premise. If he's on, you need to get a third out. That's all that matters, yes. right? And if he's on third, it seems like that the break that a runner gets from third to home is better than a runner gets. No, you don't think that. I mean, people can steal home before the, the pitch. But gets, his runs meaningless. Can, but but what I'm saying is the last out is what matters. That's all that matters. So there, I mean, him scoring doesn't listen matter. To, please listen yeah. to me. You can't see a scenario that a ball's hit deep into the hole at shortstop where you might have a play on the guy at third, but you're not going to have a play at first or at home. Now that's fascinating. I think it is. If because, you listen for a second, so, so so like so the batter hits a little dribbler down the third baseline. That'd be like a swinging bunt single. Mm-hmm. The guy in third tries to score, and maybe you could throw him out at the plate instead of throwing the batter. Well, out. I think in his I'm scenario, he's talking if the guy's still at second base. Yeah, I'm saying the guy that's at second. I think that getting from home or third to home is easier than any other of the base running things. And, and plus it's not in play as much as a guy. I mean, especially if the ball's hit specifically, if the ball's hit between short and third and you have a rangy shortstop, he could get to that ball and get it to third, but he's never getting it home. He's never getting it to first. So it like literally there's a set amount of plays. Maybe it's, Five percent. That I mean, AJ, you were the coach. all stemming from bad base running, obviously, because yeah. the runner shouldn't ever risk himself. But you're right. Yes, 
I mean, it seems like... I mean, yeah, but, it could be a hard ground ball in the hole, and the guy in second isn't going to go back to the bag, and he could get thrown out there. That's a good point. All right. Yeah. It's complicated. I like it. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, All right. AJ doesn't like that, I, that, back he to got, the, that he got it right, and then somehow it might not... Back, no, I mean, you're, back you're, to I, bench pressing your brain. Yeah? Even though this, I mean, all this thought makes us, opens up another window. We're thinking outside the box. I agree, and I hate conventions, or maybe it's that too. All right. So I'm just going over on the Eagles, and I'm going to scalp it back. Now, let me ask you this. If you had a bet, will Dallas or Philly win the East? And let's say that's the two choices, and you get 10000 bucks if you're right. The math of the current market says Dallas is slightly more likely. Do you think that's the case? No. So you I think, think Philly should be favored? I think it's 50-50. I don't think either should be favored. I think it's too close to call. The, to me... This is an example. I think we talked about this. Do you build the team? Do you build your handicap from the bottom up or the top down? Bottom up is how good's the left tackle? How good? Yeah. It seems like Philly has a clearly better team. I don't build it from the bottom up, but I don't see how you make the case Dallas has the better team. The bottom up people absolutely agree with you, Philly. Yes. All right. Okay. I've got under Dallas, and then we got the crossfire to end all crossfires. It's me, Andre the Giant style, against Fez and AJ and McKenzie. Go, McKenzie, go. Under and Dallas Scott. is, huh? And Scott. Oh, yeah. Not here, but in, yeah. in prox- by proxy. Yeah, Dallas, <laughs> Dallas season win 10. Under Dallas, my thinking is simple. There's the big question marks about how Dak is without his crutch of a receiver maybe that's legit yeah well yeah but if we knew if we knew for sure that that the um arizona was right then arizona we'd be pessimistic about no doubt when we were talking about them you could say well are we sure Dak's not gonna be fine without i don't know i think it's a question mark for sure i think the defense everyone's talking about how good the defense is there's something wrong internally. What was the dude that went to Denver, the D lineman? Randy Gregory. Gregory. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like it seems weird you're leaving Dallas for equal money or so. I mean, it wasn't like there was much more money or, or any more money. Uh, Zeke is still taking a big chunk. Of, I mean, it's all the bloat, the Dallas Cowboy bloat. It's like a rich family. It's it's like the magnificent Ambersons is the the rich family that's been ordering the shrimp for a long time. And you know what? They don't have the money for the shrimp anymore. Dallas feels like there's a bloat to them. And yes, it, and but last year the shrimp company messed up and actually only delivered them a bunch of free shrimp with all those turnovers. Yeah, right? and if you look at the turnover number, Dallas was the number one team in aggregate to benefit from turnovers. Number one. And it was 69.6 points, so 70 points effectively. I mean, that's over two games. 12 Uh, wins, make them 10 wins. And they obviously trended down at the end of the year. Again, these are, there's nothing, like, what's the most definitive? I'm not sure there's one thing. I think that we have a bad head coach. No doubt. I think we got a, a D coordinator that's been exalted that was run out of Atlanta. Now I know he's a head coach, but he, he taught he, he taught the Seattle cover three, and it's like that's out of the league now. So I know he kind of learned another defense, but how good can you be at it? I don't know. I, I'm not an X's and O's guy. What is the positive to Dallas? 
Is Pollard? I give you that. Well, Pollard's really good, but yeah. I mean, they, but 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 just because of what they're paying Zeke, you know, even if Pollard's better, they're still going to give Zeke sixty percent of the of the work, or we, at least fifty percent. We just started some research at pregame about. Oh, this is good. McCarthy has gone under his win total five of his last six seasons. And last year was the one exception. So, so what better time than get a bloated season win that's higher and play under, yeah? Yeah, and if you go with his last six seasons, he's gone under by an average of 1.6 games or wins per year. I, I, I love all this. Now, now, now fair disclosure, mm-hmm. I gave this out early in the summer. I said, boom, this. Uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, your, your handicap's far more wow. pronounced and, and, and um, researched than mine was. But, yes, for the same reasons. And what was the number at the time? Ten and a half. So, in general, playing these totals earlier is better. Because I, I think, if anything, the sharpness of the movement is, is unequivocal. That, that In general, there's just mistakes that get picked off. Sure. But I like under. Does anyone like the over at all for Dallas? No. Does anyone want to add any points to what was shared? The, you were talking about the roster from the, the ground up, and PFF does a uh, – they, they rank mm-hmm. the rosters – Philly was seventh, Dallas sixteenth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, and and I questioned. I mean, listen, Hurts. I'm not sure. I know that he was a hyper effective runner, and I know that they uh, want to talk about team. Uh, and again, I guess now we're more talking about Philly versus Dallas because I was going to make the case about the, the Phillies had intent to compete aggressively. I mean, that AJ Brown trade is a bold trade. Sure. For draft day, how do you even make it? Tra- mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was put together. They said very quickly. Howie Roseman is. Um, I mean, you got to give Philly credit. They just won a Super Bowl. They fired the coach, and they're back. And everyone thought last year they were one of the five worst teams. Remember, they were like nine to one to win the division or something. They were big long shots. If, if I were looking for something positive to say about Dallas last year, Zeke and Dak both played a lot better before they got hurt. Dak's calf and Zeke's whatever it was in his knee, their stats both dropped off the map after the injury. So if they stay healthy. When is Dak ever going to stay healthy? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, all the hypotheticals, it's like, what do we see on the field? I mean, it's the same thing we said about Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones may never finish a full season. League league average is 4.2. Over under for for, um, Dak yards per carry. I mean, oh, this I, year? I'd set it under 4.2. Oh, I don't for know, sure. For you sure. Know, I don't know if it's 3.98 or, you know, what's the number, but. I did see an amazing stat on StatMuse. It just happened to see it. I don't, that site seems to get a lot of attack. I can't seem to ever get their search engine to understand what I'm asking <laughs> for. But if you said who, yards from scrimmage since 2015, Zeke has the most in the NFL. Big holes. We're big big holes. Big holes to oh. run through. Yeah. Wait, listen, he was good yet when he was. He was very good. That was a bad contract. Who would you have thought? I don't know. The funny thing, it was only two backs on the list, and one of them was um the Rams back that hurt. Todd Gurley. Gurley, who's pretty much out of the league. It's funny, he's one of the guys like uh, my my guesses would have been Todd Gurley or DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins was on the list, but it was almost all receivers except for those two backs, which mm-hmm. is weird that one was number one. So, um, okay, here we go. Last team, and we've got a double crossfire. It's Washington. I have over. Fez at age. Everyone else has the under. The world. Boys, you can start. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going under with Washington. I talked about 
if you have a suspect coach, and I'm not sure we do have one, maybe an average coach in Rivera. I think he's average. I, I, I don't think anyone on earth thinks he's below average. I think he's, I don't think anyone on earth thinks he's top 10 either. I think he's I an know. average. I think, I, th- I think he's average, and I totally am not a believer in Wentz. So I have him as a below average quarterback. And the third piece, which I haven't used for any other team, the organization. I just think that the the Washington oh, football team. Okay. I, I think that the this. Ad, you don't like the the politics. There's a black the, cloud over the building. This reminds me of your handicap about the Browns a couple years ago. Yes, that one year. The, Browns the one year, the past twenty, the Browns went over. Was this was exactly the I, I talk about how the Browns were a losing organization and how the wise guys never evaluate properly how the players there just aren't properly focused, But they motivated. went over that and, year. Well, that one year they did go over. <laughs> well, and, that was the year we were talking about. Well, and I think, I think it, per- it permeates all the way to you know the, the home field advantage. When they play the Eagles, that's a home game for the Eagles. And I never think it's reflected enough that, that, that right. they, I, I they don't just don't think... have any home field advantage there. I don't, so the Chargers you like under? Exactly. Is that, that right? That one, that one factor changes. But, well, I don't want to tip my hand for next week's pod. Well, but if, if, if you like the Chargers under, there's going to be a real button of heads with AJ. Yeah, because <laughs> Herbert's right. such an attractive man. So let's just say this. If it was just Fez here, I wouldn't have to respond. But, AJ, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Fez. I'm in the Carson Wentz. No, season. don't say you're with Fez. Usually that's a great thing. That wasn't on that handicap. Carson Wentz had a great— I don't like the owner. Carson Wentz had a great running game, great offensive line last year, and still wasn't good enough to take a ready-made team to the playoffs. This roster— This sounds like it's almost a caricature of analysis. Is How was he compared to Heineke? That's the only question that really matters. Is it an upgrade or downgrade a quarterback? It's an upgrade. Okay. And how many games did they win last year? Washington won seven. Okay. So has what other areas have been hurt? Where's the downgrades at on this team? Well, Antonio Gibson, who has been their lead back the last couple of years, word is out of camp he's going to lose his job. Yeah, so but that sounds like a good thing. Yeah, he sucked, Meaning, la- he's, he's sucked guy, last year. If you have a guy that is status quo and someone supplants him, that means there's that, no change. The interchangeable run. Antonio Gibson was nothing. And, but I and, like the mentality of saying we're competing here. We don't care. Guys in his third year. You know, Chase Young got hurt again. You you heard that. Uh, I mean, he was hurt last year too. Yeah, he'll miss the first four games at least. And defensive health was a big issue all last year. So we we think that the in, the injuries are actually correlated year to year. No. Well, I, I mean, Chase Young's maybe. So if anything, the defensive injuries from last year is what the core of this handicap is. All the injuries last year, other than the Rams. Well, that D was bad from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some, they, 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 we, we thought that they'd have a top five defense. Well, because in 2020, That's why they were I, so good on defense. I bet the Redskins to win. Oh, I bet the Washington football team. I bet the Commandos to win the division last year because I expected I them agree. to have a top 10 defense, and they just were a complete no-show the so, whole year. It, was it a no-show, or was it the randomness of defense? Right? Combination it, of both. Yeah, exact, it's hard to so forecast. When you have good, when you have good team, good talent, you're going to air two out of three years. Or, or if you're going to air anyway, it's going to be the defense is going to be good. But some years maybe they're going to be twentieth. Uh, some years they're going to be fifth. Yes. I Same think, with special teams. Yeah, I think this deep. Well, but I think special teams are even more random. But except for the kicker, this going to Justin skew, Tucker. It's going to. Yeah, you like Tucker. We know that. I like that. Guy. Is it? it 
Oh, look, a Shanahan relative doesn't like Washington. Mackenzie. Yeah, Ooh. okay. Oh, poor my Uncle Mikey. They were mean so to him. So since Dan Snyder bought the team they in 1999. They gave him millions and millions of dollars. $7 million wasn't, wasn't enough for what he had that's, to endure. That's pretty powerful, that stat. That, this is good pregame research here. What is it now? The last 22 years, uh-huh. the Washington football team has been chronically overvalued to the tune of one win per year. Mm-hmm. Results versus season win number. So, um, how is that done? Let's let's say in the last, I don't know, five years, six years. How's it been then? Because in theory, this could be something that's established and then eventually priced in and then even beyond. Yeah, I right? think it's even worse. We'll last see. six years, they did have some good years in there. A half game worse than oh, expectations. Oh, okay. Well, you thought worse. Though. I thought worse, yeah. Is there any reason you thought worse? Yeah, just because it seemed like there's like it's been so heavily publicized about it, how you know this is an owner you don't want to play for, you know, that I'm thinking about. But the question is how good the team is. Yeah, right? I don't remember good Redskins. Well, I'm saying right now, I don't care about the that. Past I'm talking six about years, right now. Yeah, it's all versus expectation. So let's look at a few things here. Washington was a team that I think underperformed, and we know they underperformed, dra- or I don't know, eventually it wasn't drastic because they did have a win streak, but they certainly underperformed. They were the unlike. remember when they lost to Green Bay? And in that uh, in, in that game, there was there was a line that was, um, and that we can look up that exact game. But it was like at that point, Washington went on. A, all, Green Bay covered, and it was like Washington should have covered like crazy. And then Washington rattled off a number of games after. But let's just kind of delve into the idea of how overrated or or I think underrated they were last year. The thing about Heineke that we can't forget. This was a guy that apparently he was a backup in the XFL. Whatever league he played in before this, he was a backup. So he had a game against Brady, and and it was impressive. But when you have running quarterbacks, young, youthful, willing to take a hit, they look good for a game or two. But as time went on, the Heineke experiment was a disaster. Would you agree with that? I would. Wentz is a professional quarterback. Wentz is a top three draft choice, or what was he, number two draft choice. Would have won the MVP. If he would have won the MVP his second year. He's pedigreed. Now, is he a pro- is he perfect in the locker room? Is he going to take him to the Super Bowl? Probably not. Because if his main rabbi, the guy that was his supporter, uh, says, hey, now listen, the owner's the Rabbi. One- well, that's a phrase of someone who's going to guide him, someone okay. who looks out for you in a certain environment. Spell that word. Uh, R- rabbi, like Jewish R-A-B-B-I. rabbis. R-A-B-B-I. That's what, that's what yeah. I thought. Okay. You've heard that before, haven't yeah. you? And it's, it, it's like NYPD Blue always used that. It I was, yeah. No, no, I'm just saying is it's, it's uh, in any kind of bureaucracy, if you need a, a champion, right? Like someone to champion the young guy and like get him into opportunities. Reich was his supporter, no doubt about it, and he turned on him. Now, how much of it was the owner and the earner, owner saying, this guy can't quarterback for us anymore? But, hey, if you are a quarterback that makes an owner react that way, that's not a good thing either. Mm-hmm. But we're not looking for championships. We're saying, can he be a professional-level quarterback? If God was given a quarterback ranking, not it's QBR or PFF, if it was the true one, What's the over-under for Wentz this year? 20th. Okay. That seems a little pessimistic, but okay. How much of an upgrade is that with Heineke, from Heineke? 45th. 45th. What I'm saying, 
Yeah, I think that's probably right, right? Heineke can't be in the top 30. Well, he's not a starter this year. No one's even th- – did anyone even – Oh, you know, 40 – I'm sorry, 45 is too low because I, I put him at a minus – How many two. points? How many points? It's two points. Two points. Let's talk points. Two? two points. Yeah, two. So where would that put Heineke? Heineke would be with – right below Trevor Lawrence, 28th. Well, so why isn't he a starter? Well, there's 32 there's, teams, The right? question is why is Geno Smith – Do you think if he was a free agent, Heineke would have a starting job? That's a good question. If you, if, if uh, you, let me answer it for you. No. Mm. If he was at Seattle, would he be starting for Seattle? No chance. Really? Oh, I disagree with that. Well, that's just wrong. Yeah. Drew Locke is a first-round pick. This guy wasn't even drafted, was he? I mean, it was Heineken. I think, I think it would be a quarterback competition, and I'm it not sure who the, would win. It would be the one guy would have no chance to win. I think Heineke could win. What was it? Let's compare the stats of Heineke to, to, to Locke. I mean, let's just look mm. at the career. I mean, look at last year's QBR. I, I mean, let's look at something. Mm. Mackenzie, pull up something on this. I can't even fathom that. Could you? Did you get any sense that they're trying? A lot of teams are scrambling to trade for Heineke. Not Locke at all. didn't qualify for QBR last year. I'm probably biased because he did, because of the good games that he had before he like. He had the one league, good game, the league, right? Fi- yeah, against Tampa Bay, and the league figured him out. You're, yeah, you're right. I'm prob- I'm s- I probably have him too high. A lot of people were saying I probably have him too high. People thought Heineke. Was like, uh, was like Fitzpatrick that he could have super exciting games. He'd have some down games. He probably wasn't a good starter. I should have him more like a minus three and a half instead of a minus two and a half, and that would drop him down to right at the bottom of the starter list and, and right around the number. Like yeah, a, 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 you know, it's interesting. A, my instinct said forty five, right? I think my that's number, right. my number didn't say that, but my instinct said, eh, you know, slightly above average, but right, average backup. What was Heineke's QBR? It was th- 39.9. What did that rank? Uh, it was... 23rd last year. Yeah. 39 was 23rd? Yep. How did the QBRs he, go so low? He was ahead of Goff, Roethlisberger, Mills, Mayfield, Lawrence, Darnold, Wilson, and Fields. So Wilson? Zach Wilson. Oh. Um, it's amazing. All those guys have starting jobs. Hmm. I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. Oh, quarterback list. He's got Wentz, Sando. Mike Sando has uh, 20th. <laughs> All right. I accept that. Tied with Jalen Hurts. So 20th we seem to really lock in on. I like mm-hmm. that. And w- where did he have Heineke? He probably doesn't. Why? He was he's so not good. a projected he starter. He never entered the year being a projected starter. It was just... only the starters he did? Yep. Yeah, projected starters. I don't understand why. Did he have a list when he was starting? Because Fitzpatrick was a starter. Hmm. Oh, why wouldn't this talent ever get its starting job? <laughs> I'm not saying he's good, but I also I don't know, think you bring Drew Locke ex- is good You either. bring up an excellent point, because like when there's a quarterback competition, like Geno Smith and Locke, if Locke doesn't win that quarterback competition, like we have to downgrade him. So you're saying Heineke didn't win against Fitzpatrick? Yeah. yeah. But I think even more important, I, I think it would have been reasonable to be optimistic about him entering last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, it seems like that everyone gave up on him. But if the, this QBR stuff, the more I look at it, the more I don't like it. It just seems to always go against my instinct. And, and, <laughs> the eye test. Well, no, it's not the eye test for me. It's mm-hmm. the test of general performance. I mean, the thing about stats is you can put them in a blender and, and, and get a lot of different conclusions. But if, if you are right, and I agree with the number, three-point upgrade at quarterback, boom, right, so that's how, worth a game and a half. So right there. Yeah. All right. And, I, and they won seven, eight and a half. Now the question becomes, how about the schedule? So Washington had the sixth, or this year they have the sixth easiest schedule, and last year they had the most difficult schedule. 
So the jump from 32 to six. Game and a quarter. No, no, 2.6 games. Because we're saying, remember, we're saying from worst to first is three. Three points. Three, oh, oh, I'm sorry, three points a game. So maybe yeah. this is two points a game. No, 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 it's 2.6 if you do the math. Okay. But you're right, it is points per game, not wins. So 2.6 times 17. 42-ish. So another win. So let's get win conservative and, and say just one. Yeah, conservative, it's a win. So to me, that's my thinking. Here. So you got a game, game and a half, you got a seven-win team. Easier schedule, they win eight. Better quarterback, they win nine and a half. All right, that that is compelling. Now the question becomes, it almost feels like, and listen, I didn't like Washington until about three days ago. And the more I thought about it, it's like this is a, this is always the year, the next year on a team of disappoints. Because hmm. Washington was one of the five darlings entering last year. No doubt. Money poured on them to win we the division. We had them to win the division. Make the playoffs. Which is very ball. rare for a team that has a losing record the yes. year before. To, to get, well, Detroit, I think every year there's one or two – uh, I meant for like winning the division. Like oh. nobody, nobody's saying Detroit's going to win the division, but a team that, uh-huh. that was seven and nine, there were a lot of people thinking Washington might win the division. But they you know, I had the playoffs and won the division the year before too. Right? I, I, at, I had Washington at seven no, and nine, I, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ba- no, okay. Back to what you're saying. If I look at the books and I know who's doing what, the eights on Washington are, are the sharpest of the books. Circa has eight. All right. Every the, the square books have some seven and a halves, which would point to what you're saying. The bigger limit mm-hmm. books got hit with the over. I like bets, that. I like know? that. And and AJ, in a way, I know you're kind of making trying to make my point, but I think that if you won the division last year, the idea of winning it the next year becomes kind of reasonable. And but whatever the scenario was, there was a lot of support on Washington. They disappointed. And you know what? A lot of people don't want to bet him again. I mean, the, the, agree with that. Even Fez, you, you're a pro. When a team disappoints Mofos you, Mofos cost me big time. It takes you a long time to get over it. No, I, and I, you know, I wasn't as bullish on Washington last year, but I was, I was bullish on their defense, and that was massively disappointing. And we talk about defense being random. You know? if, 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 well, ra- more random. More right? random. If, if, if all you did was bet on the team a year later that was everyone's darling, that disappointed, you're going to do pretty well. I agree with that. So oh, that, that to me is my main thinking here. We got a better, we got a professional quarterback. We got a much easier schedule, except for the chase injury in general. It's, and again, we're talking. And this is a double crossfire here. You against AJ, against me, against Scott, against McKenzie, RJ. Against I, the free world. Yeah. And you made some very <laughs> compelling cases. Jeez, I, I I seem like I'm like learning to say, but somehow I made two uh, two mistakes. They're saying, RJ, you did good today. Good job, buddy. More, more of that, and you might actually stick in this industry. <laughs> There's house rules that casinos don't like to lose. Counting is bad. So last thing, I, I do want to hear all joking aside, but last thing, what is the counterpoint? If right now, Fez, you were making this play, what would it be? And 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 if it still were on the under. How it's do you buck very them up? difficult to reach into the urn that is the Washington organization and ever forecast success. That would said st- you had big money on him last year. Yes, I did. <laughs> so this is more of it's not about what Dan Gilbert did in 1989. I think I had big money on Cleveland the years they absolutely stunk. Remember I, week after week, it's like I do. there's no way they could be getting ten and a half, and then the, they have fourth and goal. They'd have first and goal on the one at the end of the first half. And they'd like throw a pick six. I still remember it was when Green Bay wasn't that good, and they Green Bay was like favored by thirteen, and it was a tie game. 
with like three minutes left. Green Bay scored. Cleveland got the ball and threw a pick six. I, I was so mad. It was one of the worst. You remember that game? Yeah. <laughs> so what, what would you? So if you had to bet right now, would it be over or under? I'm gonna pass completely. Closing thoughts. I'd be under. I wouldn't. I'm not as confident as I was when we started this segment. If I'm but being still under, honest. why? Uh, I, I again, I'm. I see Carson Wentz 20th in the league. I get that. I still, but we've talked about how bad the bottom of the league is. So when you put him in that bag of garbage quarterbacks, I, I, garbage I mean, quarter, what do you have? Like night? What was his touchdown interception last year? I think it was like like night. Was it 19 to five or something? It, are are, the, are is Washington a better organization than the Colts? Better organization? No. Then why did the Colts move on from How many wins did Carson they have? Wentz? How many cuz he's a problem. There's something about his leadership that wears thin. Now, when this you don't, don't the Colts have organizational issues also? They have no, a they have. they have a drunk owner. 27 touchdowns, <laughs> 7 interceptions. So junk if, quarterback. So if you have a guy who's now you're using counting stats. If I did that, yeah. you'd shit I'm on me. I'm saying by any no. What I'm saying is the idea that he's not a professional. Bad bad quarterbacks throw more than seven interceptions. Yeah, that, I mean this guy was the second pick of the. The funny thing was I don't know what happened to him when Dak and Phil. Remember Dallas and Philly like three years ago mm-hmm. played one of the last games of the year for the play for the division, and I remember Colin was such a Carson Wentz fan. But it was like Wentz was carrying his team on it. Like he was carrying a team on his back that year. He went from that to like they couldn't get him out of town fast enough. It never feels like it's about on the field. It feels like there's something. He's a loner. He's not a leader is what people say. Does that matter in year one? I think when guys, when you've got a guy who multiple teams now have gone out of their way to get out from under him, it's a bad sign. I agree. And when you put a guy like that who is not considered a, a leader into a questionable organization, which I think Washington already is, I, I don't think it's a good recipe for success. Except here's the thing. Gilbert is suspended from even participating with the team. Snyder. Oh, I'm sorry, Snyder. Why am I thinking Dan Gilbert? Oh, that's the that's When you said Gilbert, I thought you were oh, spot uh, on correct. It's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. I guess they have similarities, but um, it seems. But but I guess my question, so how long is he suspended for? One second. Yeah, I think he is, right? Because then and he's not testifying in front of God. If anything, he's going to go in maybe seclusion. You know, you look at just the counting stats, and it sure looks like just based on this, that 2020, where his touchdowns and interceptions were close to even money, that that was the aberration. Every other year, it's three to one touchdowns I mean, and interceptions. Look, in 17, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. 21, he has seven for the last five years. That's crazy. 21 7, 27 7, 27 7. He's basically a 24 7 guy every year. I mean, it, yet he's no. just over 500 for his career at playing on better teams than he'll play with this year. Whoa, yeah, but the Eagles weren't supposed to be a better team when they went to the Super Bowl. That was like supposed to be a seven-win team. I mean, he was going to be MVP of the league. He got hurt in like week fifteen. Yeah, something went. No, here's what we know. He was drafted second. They signed him to a second contract, a monster. So Philly gave him a monster contract. He he wore out as well. It was a shock when they traded him the first time. But Washington because it was expensive for them to trade him. Well, they uh, expensive. Like because they'd already re-signed him. Because they signed him, it wasn't easy to trade him. I should say, because of the salary cap yeah. implications. But he had a monster contract that Indy took on, yeah. and it's still the same contract he's playing under. So Washington gave up what a three and a two, and a two can be a one. So it's like they believe. 
I don't know. Everyone look, thinks they can fix the the problem. Look how hard it is to throw for 3,800 yards. We talk about playing unders. So here's a, a guy who's had you know quite a bit of success. Only once in his career has he gone over 3,800, which is a very modest number for most starting quarterbacks. That's an interesting point. Wow. Well, he's right. That second year, if he had played all 16 games, he would have gone over Well, that's the thing. A lot of times they don't. I mean, when you look yeah. at a career, right. he has t- over 20,000 yards, 140 touchdowns, and 57 interceptions, a passer rating over 90. And you could make the case last year was his second best year. Right, except for that all that MVP year, was any other year clearly better? I, his second to last year in Philly. If We're Trevor Lawrence had just thrown in one more pick six in that Jacksonville game, that sure would have helped him, like he, Lawrence did all year long. Well, he had a higher. I mean, comparing those two years, AJ, he had the same touchdown interception ratio. He had more yard um, second last year. No, he had uh, 400 less yards, but he ended up having a higher passer rating last year. So if he, if Wentz plays like a top fifteen quarterback, the defense comes around. Well, know, I mean, the team's going to win eleven games. See, that the condition. team is going to win eleven games. They're going to win the division, and we're going to talk about how stupid we were to not bet them again. Last thing, and we'll be done with the show. Tell me another team. Let's give me the couple teams at Washington's win total, and let's say what their upside is. Like if if it's ninetieth percentile positive. So Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh. Well, ironic, ironically, the uh, Washington is at eight, and then there's there the next well, team up is eight and, and a half. half. Seven and a half, we're saying, right? And then eights. Yeah, it's seven point eight. Um, yeah. P- Pittsburgh is is the best example. Pittsburgh, I truly feel, could win twelve games if their second round, if their second round wide receiver is yeah, he looks good. If he if he if Pickens plays at a level that I think he, he certainly is capable of, that defense could be really good. You've got a, a proven winning coach. Um, You're if high they, on drugs. If, if they can they get – they could, you know, Big Ben – Well, what would you take, AJ? Sounds like you think it's a 100-to-1 shot. What would you take on 12 wins for the Steelers? I, might be I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Fez can find an alternate win total. But Would you give me 10-to-1? Uh, yeah, I'll give you 10-to-1. So, want to do a uh, so 100 for 1,000? Hold on. I like this, but – Take a breath, dude. You sound, you make everyone nervous when you talk like this. So I like the the exchange. Go ahead. I think we're done. We got a bet: hundred to win a thousand, ten to one on twelve wins for the Steelers. Regular season wins. Yes. Who do you like on that? I think it's properly priced. Damn! If they did that so quick and got a, a no a no edge line, money, money pouring in on your Steelers. Seven and a half was the number. But all the vig was on the under. Uh-huh. That has changed now. Now the now the sharps are bent over. Well, I mean, it seems like the picket is re-eval- causing people to reevaluate everything. Yes. I mean, do you, six passes, six for six with a spike doesn't seem like enough. Receivers look good, though. I mean, yeah. Tom, listen, you gotta give. Listen, I don't know if Tomlin's gotten better. I know that there were so many years with Big Ben that they should have been. Super Bowl contenders and sure. they weren't, and now it doesn't seem like he makes a mistake. I give. I mean, he was young when he got that job, so maybe you know, give him credit. All right, last thing, what, what do you have on Rivera here, Mackenzie? I was just pulling up teams with similar win totals. So. Okay, so who's the teams? Pittsburgh. Who else? Pittsburgh's right below them. Cleveland's right ahead of them at eight wins. I mean, with with Brissett, or Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I could. I, I can't see him doing good. You know, it's we interesting. Talk- the point of demarcation: every team is lined at eight season wins mm-hmm. or below seven. 
there's like there's except Washington's at seven and a half. Washington's like seven point eight. So Washington's yeah. like like hanging at the bottom of the cliff of contenders of yeah. a team that could make the playoffs. And after that, you got to go down to Detroit. One thing you asked me to look at is franchises in the last five years. Where does their win total rank? Uh-huh. And the Steelers have by far their lowest win totals the last six years. Over the last 20 years, if you took a team that had their lowest win total of the last six years, they generally go over by about a half win. Allen Boston 101 team returns to its you know long term pre-game research. Exactly right. Pre-game Average research. pregame research. Okay, week zero of college football. AJ and Scott got their pod coming up. That will be released Thursday morning, if not a little earlier even. Dave Esler, though, a winner. That's all you can say. He's Diamond Dave. He's Uncle Dave. But that mofo wins. He's got a week zero bat. It's Illinois-Wyoming on the total. Let's listen. College football Saturday. I love and I bet the under 44 points in the Illinois-Wyoming game. Now, that's not many points for a college football game, but hear me out. Illinois averaged just 20 points per game last year, which was 111th in the nation, but it was really worse than that. They didn't score 20 in seven of their last 10 games, and that 20 points per game includes 30 against UTSA and 47 at the end of the year against an undermanned Northwestern team. You know, it's a Brett Malim offense, which we know is run heavy, uh, borne out by the fact that they were 31st in rush play percentage. So, you know, we're not likely looking at quick scores and chunk plays against even Wyoming, especially factoring in a returning production of only 54%. This is a Wyoming team that ran the ball percentage-wise more than all but seven teams in the nation. And when they do try to pass, they were 116th in completion percentage. That's not very good. That matches up well for an under when you consider that Illinois did hold opponents to 3.8 yards per rush. The Cowboys' offense brings back pretty much no skill players. And even if they did, this was an offense that didn't get to 21.7 games last year. You know, look at a total of 44. They're projecting a 27-17 game. Wyoming will be hard-pressed to get into the end zone twice, and there's little chance Illinois score 27. So I love the Wyoming team total under, but I also am all over the game under 44 points. So we got our three-year champion here, A.J. Hoffman. What do you think of this pick? I, I love it. I've, I've played this as well. I gave it out as well, 44 and a half, and you told me 44 is key, so this is the last bite of the apple don't go lower than 44. So what um, you're saying is Dave didn't get the key number. I mean, he can push, but you're going to win if it falls 44. Yeah, that's it. Thank are you hope are you hoping 44? No. I'm hoping 28. But if God came down and said right now, you can either have 44 or it's going to be let the game play. I take 44. I like it. I like it. Look out for yourself, buddy. But you know what? I like 44 and a half. I like this better because whenever you got AJ and Esler on the same game, at least you, it's not going to be a dumb bet. You know that much. All right, boys, we got our bets next week. Now, you got the college pod. Yep. And that will be out on Thursday morning. Yes. Crack of dawn. Actually, probably before that, we're going to record midday tomorrow. Yeah. So, and uh, in our normal feed, we'll back next week. Another In the same betting next week. In the AFC. You know, there's only one thing left. Hey. Let's be careful out there. Talk to you next week. Andra the Giant to Handicap Match. My son Square Garden Series. I don't know what to do. 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 I